warning. Pop culture leftovers might not be suitable for people who can't handle insane amounts of profanity, so you might want to fuck off. Pop culture leftovers might take its time getting around to its advertised content as well. If this is a huge problem for you, then you too can fuck off. Pop culture leftovers typically has a long run time as well. If you can't handle a four to six hour podcast, then you probably won't like us, and you too can join the aforementioned cock thistles and fuck off altogether in unison. Others who may not be able to handle pop culture leftovers include children under the age of 14, if you regularly listen to NPR, are a pregnant woman that has spent most of your first, second, and third trimester looking at stupid shit on both Etsy and Pinterest, if you tuck in your t-shirts, if you use a Bluetooth headset in public, if you go to motivational speaking seminars, if you have life goals, if you have self-respect, if you have a heart condition, if you're a huge pussy, if you're a huge pussy with a heart condition, or if your name is Melvin, TFS706, or TJ Lamb. Everyone else, please enjoy. Episode 301. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. And we don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over. Counterculture pushed over. Pop culture. Are, are, are you ready for the only podcast hotter than a human torch? It's Pop Culture Leftovers. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And, and we're the leftovers. The leftovers. Yeah. <laughs> you, you you came in fast. Yeah, I know. You were like that. Jump ahead there. You were like that micro machines guy that was the voice of Blur in uh, oh yeah the Transformers. <laughs> <laughs> and we're the leftovers. It's like wow. That is a compliment. Wow, it's like who's who's your voice pit crew? Because they're doing a great job getting you back out in your lane. Fantastic, man! Got all the lug nuts on real quick. No, and Jake's like, wow. I was like, okay. (laughs) I can tell. I took you by surprise. I don't think you even finished. I know. (laughs) There's not many times in my life where I can say that, though. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) There are a couple, though. Uh, those are stories for another time. You know, uh, we are not alone this week, Jake. Uh, we are joined by uh, somebody that you heard last week on 300. Uh, we're joined by Tristan Brown. Welcome, Shifton Tristan. Hey, Shifton Tristan. Yeah, um, you hear me uh, on episode 300, and you also hear me when you don't want to hear me. Exactly. <laughs> there, there, there are times where when Tristan calls me out, and maybe I don't want to hear him. But I, you know what? I always appreciated that. You know who who really surprised me on episode three hundred? Oh, I'm ready. Tristan, you got a guess? Maybe. Uh, let me think. Surprised you? Yeah, surprised me. Surprised you? Hmm. Uh. Johannes? Uh, yeah, of course, but that's not who I was thinking of. I was, was it Gilbert? It was Gilbert, Gilbert, man. It was fucking Gilbert, man. Gilbert came out the gate. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll tell you what, man. It was one of those things where uh, 
uh, he caught me off guard and uh, kept me on my toes. And the the next day, I checked my email. Gilbert sent me a very nice email. He he wanted to he wanted to make sure that you know it, he knew that he loves the show and it was all just a joke. He doesn't think I'm an alcoholic and all this. <laughs> and so I I really enjoyed. Uh, getting to know Gilbert. That sounds like getting to know Gilbert. Doesn't that sound like a uh, stupid fucking Lifetime movie or something? <laughs> yeah, getting some USA reality some, show. Yeah, getting yeah. to the, yeah, not Lifetime because it's the the ladies. They don't want to know anything about this guy. Um, but yeah, like a USA USA straight to USA movie. Like catching up with Chrissy. <laughs> is it? Is that a thing? Yeah. How do you know this? It's a show on USA. I saw a commercial for it. Oh, did you? You, you don't watch commercials. This is now you're blowing my mind. I don't watch commercials. It, it was like the three seconds before Raw a couple of weeks ago, probably. Oh, okay. Let's not go down a wrestling rabbit hole. Um, no, no. I'm just explaining how I actually <laughs> saw any advertisement. Yeah, I know. Hey, I want to thank... Uh, I want to thank, uh, we actually had some donations, uh, this past week, and I want to thank Scott Schutte, uh, Blake Perkins, and Mason Alexander. So thank you guys. You guys are fucking awesome. Uh, it's all going to the podcast because I have a new computer, Jake, which, dude, I didn't even tell you. Did I tell you about my new computer? No, you did not. I got a new computer, and my old computer was getting to the point where it would take six hours to basically get an episode ready to put out there so i'm home like during that time i'm home and i'm watching the episode kind of like the wave file just do its thing and i'm watching it level my new computer has this blazing fast processor that i'm not used to like i was still living in like 2003 with my old fucking computer um this new one I can get an episode. I can get an episode out in an hour. It is fucking wow. crazy. Like you holy guys, shit! I know it's a seven. That seven hour episode, I got it out in like less than an hour. Um, shit! So yeah. like a five hour one's going to be like twenty fucking minutes. It's oh, it's it's so unreal. I it's just I love it because like I'm. It's like a Sunday. It's my day off, and like here I am sitting around waiting for the episode to do this and. Then I finally get it out in the afternoon. I'm getting episodes. If I want to, I can get episodes out in the morning, which is incredible. So, yeah. So, <sighs> thank well, Time you. is money. So, I mean, that's yeah. a good investment. Yeah, it definitely is. And uh, right now, with I'll be honest with you guys, with my work schedule, it's a busy time of year for me. I worked 55 hours this week, and oh. it didn't leave. Wait. Yeah. Are you fucking serious, dude? Dead serious. Dead serious. Given the fact that you watch every fucking thing imaginable. That I is not, not know you had a job. Yeah, I know. It's but this week it's for the next 7 weeks I'm going to be super busy. So it's not going to be the way it was like with uh Brian's good pop bad pop, the way that I'm, you know, able to watch so much content. Um, yeah. It's not going to be like that for the next seven weeks. After seven weeks is over, I'm going to have a lot of time on my hands, and I'll be able to get back to the way things were. I literally only got to see one movie this week, and I got to see it today, right before we recorded. 
So mm-hmm. I'll talk about that in Good Pop, Bad Pop. But other than that, my Good Pop, Bad Pops are going to sound a little more like Jake's. So Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try and pick up the slack. <laughs> I appreciate that, man. Our, our guests are going to have to come in and tell me what they've been watching. I, I'm seriously worried that by the time Joker comes out, we'll talk about Joker a little bit later, by the time Joker comes out, that I might only get to see it one time. And, and that frightens me. This is something that, you know, like, I, I want to see this thing three times before we even record about it. I can't think of the last comic book movie that you saw only one time before doing an episode about. I don't think there has been. Yeah, wow. At maybe least Iron twice. Man 3, maybe the first one. I saw Iron Man 3 twice, I believe. Oh, no, geez. no, no. Wow. No, maybe I did only see it the one time. I think you might be right. I was scheduled to see it twice. But the first time I was going to see it, that whole that that it fell out. You're you're absolutely right. It was Iron Man three. Yeah, which is what episode two, episode three. two or three. Yeah, that's very. I'm hearing on. some great things about Joker too, and I'm hearing it's a rebel and it sticks with you for a while. And you know, it sounds like a yeah. movie that you have to revisit. Yeah, man, I'm hearing a lot of good things about it too. It premiered at at, at Venice. We're going to talk about Joker. Let's talk about yeah. Joker later. I. I'm, I'm dying to talk about Joker. I, I, I'm dying to talk about a lot of DC news coming out this week. Um, DC news, it's crazy. It feels like DC news has been more positive lately. And I know we got the Disney <laughs> Plus stuff coming, but the DC news has been more positive as of late than what we've got coming out of Marvel. And I think it's the bad stink that's been left because of the whole Tom Holland, Sony thing. You know what I mean? Did you guys see the statements by the Russo brothers saying that Sony's stupid to get out of this whole deal and think that they can go on it by themselves without Kevin Feige? And I'm thinking there's a lot more to it than just saying that. I, I, I think that Sony um, realizes how valuable Kevin Feige is. I think it's the fact that Disney totally retooled their deal. Yeah, it's that's too I was going to say the Russo brothers shouldn't be fueling the fan shit like that. That's yeah. kind of a shitty thing for them to do, in my opinion, to boil it down to such a, a simple reason that we all know isn't the deal. Right. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Wh- okay, what? so why isn't Sony – and we, we mentioned this when we talked about this weeks ago. Why isn't Sony getting a cut into the movies that, that Tom Holland would be appearing in? You know, I mean, it's that this relationship has to work both ways if you're going to totally retool this original deal that you had. You know, it's the funniest thing is last night I was actually having a couple of drinks with friends and a guy uh, who was part of the group, you know, he said, I work for Sony Pictures. Wow. And the first thing that comes out of my mouth is, why don't you guys work some shit out? <laughs> you know, why don't you guys work something out with Marvel? And he said... You know what? He said the shittiest Spider-Man film that we've had still made a shitload of money. He said, so the money has to make sense at the end of the day. Yeah. You know, and that's, and that's where their heads are. Yeah. You know, and, and I think there's, I think there's a sweet spot where everyone can be happy. It just seems that they're, you know, one side probably just wants too much. I don't know which side it is because I'm not at the negotiation table, but, but I mean, one side seems to be, keeping this deal from going on and it's unfortunate yeah because as, as you mentioned you know i mean 
give Sony a piece of Endgame, you know, give Sony a piece of the the, the team up films or yeah. something. I mean, it, give them something. That, it, there's negotiations here where everyone can be happy. Honestly, I think it's. I think that. I think that. Um... Oh, oh God, I'm blanking on her name over there at Sony, uh, Amy Pascal. I think that she was 100% happy with the relationship with Disney. I mean, we've even gotten quotes from her saying that she loves this, she hopes it goes on, doesn't want it to stop. Didn't she throw a sandwich at Kevin Feige or something? That was way earlier. This was they. They are they, listen. They are actually really good friends. They worked on the X Men movies together. You know, like Kevin Feige was part of that whole Brian Singer X Men universe before any of this Marvel stuff happened. Amy Pascal yeah. was also. You know, they they've worked very closely together. So it was one of those things where like they were sitting down, and he had notes. On what the, what could have made the Amazing Spider-Man much better and improvements and things like that. This was all stuff that came out in the Sony leak, but she did. She threw a sandwich at him. I don't know, like, we don't know how that sandwich throw went. Like, we don't know if she would fucking like, you know, she could have just, she could have just like threw it in his direction, like, you know, fuck you, you know, as friends do. And yeah, yeah. But I, I feel you got yeah. to be pretty chummy with someone to uh, throw a sandwich at him usually. Right. I feel bad with, you know, the only person I feel bad for in that situation is the bus boy that had to clean it up. That like, that's, <laughs> that's really like both of them are making money hand over fist. And I think yeah. that they're both very competitive and I think that's how that went down. But I, I do think that Disney is asking for too much in this case. I I really do. I think that they should have kept everything kind of like the way it was because at the end of the day, they don't own Spider-Man. Spider-Man is not they didn't buy the film rights. They do don't you know own the Sony film rights. Bought them for? Oh, back in the 90s when Stanley was selling them off, probably chump change. 7 million dollars. Yeah. Yeah, chump change. Jeez. Chump change. (laughs) Talk about an investment that pays off. Yeah, I mean. The word that, the word that keeps coming up to me is like, there's no incentive for Sony. Yeah. Like, just like you said, they can make a total shit pile of a Spider-Man movie, but at the end of the day, they're gonna make more money with that than they will after, you know, what the new cuts Disney wants are. Well, they had a, so they had, they had what's a, the incentive? They had a great year, too, with Into the Spider-Verse, you know? And they still oh, got yeah. Phil Lord and Chris Miller. Venom. Venom. They had a great year with well, Venom. Well, it's Into the Spider-Verse, Venom, and then the game, you know, the Sony game was tremendous as far as the success with that. Yeah. I mean, why would they give anything more? How is far from, like, how are they going to work... With all the MCU elements that were kind of thrown into those movies going forward, how is it all gonna? I've read theories and people are saying like, how are they going to not? Ex- how are they not gonna? 
you know, how are they going to explain not having Spider-Man in the universe anymore? I, I don't think that Mar- I don't think it's really Marvel's problem. I, I mean, no. a lot of people were saying like, oh, how are they going to explain that Spider-Man's not in the universe anymore? Blah, 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 blah. And going into like, they're going to use that whole movie, Doctor Strange, you know, into the mad, uh, multiverse of madness to explain, you know, it's going to end up explaining, you know, the multiverses and it'll change things and Spider-Man this, Spider-Man that, whatever. And I'm oh, like, Oh yeah, they're going to help Sony. Well, it's, it's not, it's not Marvel's problem. They've got a whole universe going. It's the biggest problem I think is with Sony right now trying to figure out how to eliminate part of the MCU that's been brought into their universe. The whole, this is what they, because the happy snap and happy and Aunt May, all that stuff. Yeah. All the Iron Man connections. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Brian. It's Did, been hold way on, more jarring. To take MCU out of Spider-Man and yeah. to take Spider-Man out of MCU. Well, listen, is did they see this coming? And I've talked about this before, but I'm going to bring up a different point. It was not called the decimation, if you remember, in Spider-Man Far From Home. They kept calling called the it – They called it the blip. But th- th- it might have been called the decimation when people were gone. But when people came back, they started calling it the blip. There was never any mention, I believe, and I could be wrong, and there's probably some nerd out there saying, uh, in hour 43, uh, in, uh, the hour and 43 minutes into the movie, they did mention the decimation. And I can't wait to hear from you, cause you sound like a fucking bucket of fun! Fucker! Um, but anyway. <laughs> It, like, I don't remember them calling it the decimation. And, like, there's certain words that you can't use in certain films. And it it makes me wonder, like, how are they going to handle the snap in future Spider-Man movies? It, it still has to be a thing. It has to have existed. Um, but does Brian, that? it was barely a thing in Far From Home, though. I mean – Something like the snap would have been something you talk about for decades to come, and they just acted like it was some summer occurrence last year. You know, I mean, it was barely even mentioned. Well, the blip was a big thing. You know, it people was, coming but, back, but meaning like, but meaning like the aftermath of what would really happen after that. I mean, they're all in Paris, and I'm not. I'm sorry, not Paris, but uh, um, Venice, and you know, on vacation, and and the world's just picking up as it normally did you know it's not even a thing really i mean they mention it but it's not the aftermath of that whole decimation thing Mm -hmm. wasn't really felt in my opinion okay but they're they're establishing a whole universe and my i think what my point is where i'm taking this is the fact that by the time if they are gonna have venom and spider-man in the same movie you have to time jump venom then correct time jump yeah well, that five years up because well, well, okay, because well, there was there was no snap. We we heard a rumor, we heard a rumor that the snap happened uh, was gonna, uh, that Tom Holland was going to show up in the first Venom movie. I've heard they actually filmed it. John Schnepp, before he died, said they filmed it. It wasn't Spider Man, but it was Peter Parker. Marvel said no, take don't do that, and so they didn't. Now. Since they're trying to build this whole universe, I'm betting in Venom 2, we 100% get fucking Peter Parker slash Spider-Man showing up. We already heard the rumor months ago, Jake, that Spider-Man was going to show up in the Kraven movie if that gets made. 
Yeah, I, I agree with that assessment. It is a hundred percent that that happens. Yeah. Um, Venom's not too fresh in my mind. Was Venom crystal clear about what year it took place? Because it might just be fuzzy I, I don't enough think so. in Venom that they could just pretend it's already post time jump without running into any problems. Right. You know. Right. And I was thinking, I yeah, it's just you've got Tom Hardy that took place in the present time. You got Tom Hardy playing Eddie Brock, who's a reporter. You think that he would have? You know what I mean? You think that there would have been a lot of reporting on said event? It's just. It's just. There's a lot of I think there's I think it's just easier to do a time jump by the time we get to I just feel like even a time jump is a slight acknowledgement of an MCU plot point. So they probably won't even bother with that either. But see, the thing is what I'm saying, like if I get that's the thing, it's if let me try to break this down. Tom Holland is now five years removed. Like, if that movie did take place in 2018, that... Oh, I I understand your logistics. Like, I get the logistics kind of jump rope you're doing, and I I completely follow that. And I agree that it would make sense to push Venom five years forward. I just... I don't see it being that big of a deal to Sony to, to have that plot point to be yet another nod to MCU after they're trying to kind of completely rip away. No, 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 no. I, I think just, I think for continuity for fans, they don't have to acknowledge it, but they can basically, cause the homecoming movie that, excuse me, the next movie, Spider-Man three is going to take place in like 2026 or whatever year it is. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There I, was it 2023, 24, I can't remember. But whatever years they choose, it's going to take place in that year. And so they if the Venom movie did take place in 2018, I was just thinking that they would have to move that that franchise forward. They don't have to acknowledge the snap or anything, but in order to kind of bring these two together, they would have to time jump Venom. If that is the case, if Venom did take place in... 2018. Yeah, which I I, I can't remember if that was ever very clearly established or not, if we saw a newspaper or any kind of date in the first Venom movie. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Because the easiest thing would be that they didn't, and they can just be fuzzy and say Venom 1 took place in fucking 2022 as is. Yeah, Yeah, it's just there's no acknowledgement of the snap or anything like that in those movies and you know how fans are i'm just saying like if people get upset about every little yes the thing that they can come up with the blue blob and you know guardians of the galaxy and you know didn't do anything and agents of shield or whatever i mean that i'm just saying like for continuity purposes it might be something that they consider so I don't know. Let, hold on. We haven't even, yeah, even started the show yet. We're talking about stuff. Here we go. Uh, I got, I got, um, I'm going to read, I got some emails that I, w- I did want to, I did want to read here. Um, and then we will be doing iTunes reviews. I got one here from, uh, a listener, Joe. And he says, uh, 
subject. Subject was Brian, which is me, Jake. I am the subject of this email, apparently. Um, <laughs> I wanted to reach out to you because of, oh, yeah, this is two ninety nine when I talked about my uh, suicide story. And a lot, yeah, people, some people are probably like, oh, my God, Brian, you run... Why, why doesn't that story commit suicide? You tell it so fucking much. I don't, you know, honestly, I don't tell it that much. I, I know we do have new listeners and there's always people out there that, that are going through something. So that's why every once in a while I will bring it. It's not like it's like I have it in my notes. Like, oh yeah, let's talk about, uh, yeah, we're talking about the suicide squad later. It doesn't mean I'm going to fucking go into that story again, guys. <laughs> <laughs> ah, fuck this apology. You tell that story every week if you want. <laughs> this goes on to say, I wanted to reach out to you because of the suicide story you told on your most recent podcast. I realize I do not know you, but thank you for your honesty regarding the subject. I'm sure you have been told this multiple times, but your podcast brings a lot of humor and joy to many people. Thank you and Jake both for the weekly podcast. I will continue to listen every week. And that comes from Joe. So thank you, Joe. Yeah, very nice, Joe. Thank you. I got another one here from Ricky. Um, Ricky that ends with an I. Cause is, is Ricky that ends with an I, is that always a, a female or can it be a guy? I know there's, there's Ricky Ticky Tavi. Was Ricky Ticky Tavi the little mongoose? Was that a female mongoose? Ooh, I don't know. It's not like they the drew gender it. of said mongoose. Yeah. They don't draw dicks on cartoon animals typically. Not often. Mm-mm. Not often. Ricky Lake is an ending with an I female Ricky. Yeah, yeah that, that, I think she was kind of like my basis for this. Ricky Lake from, from, uh, what was she in, uh, was she in that, uh, Johnny Depp crybaby or is it the hairspray? Oh, I know her just from she her was, talk show. She was in hair, yeah, hairspray and, uh, there was another movie in the early 90s. I can't remember what it yeah, was. Yeah, that was it, the John Waters hairspray, right? Mm hmm. I think, yeah. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, Ricky, boy or girl, whatever. Thanks for the email here. I'm going to read it. Uh, subject is thanks, Brian. Hi, Brian. I've just been listening to, uh, episode 299 and I'm sitting in my car crying at the point where you were talking about your suicide attempt in the past. I just wanted to say that you and the podcast have gotten me through some of the hardest parts of my life. Like in the last year, I lost my dad to cancer. And I really wasn't dealing well with it. But it was you and Jake that gave me something to smile and laugh about. I'm thankful every day for you and so glad you weren't taken from us that day. Keep being you. Don't ever forget how much you mean to so many people who love you. And that's from Ricky. So thank you, Ricky. Yeah, that's a great email. I, I mean, those last two emails, even more, like, fuck your apology. You tell that story as often as you want to. Yeah, I mean, if it's helping people, then yeah, absolutely. I uh, got a, this is from, uh, got an email here from Running Woman. Running Woman. Is that like an Indian name? Whoa, 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 Jake. No, I, I, I didn't react. Uh, <laughs> whoa. Your heart was not behind that whoa, Jake, that's for sure. It's from it's from uh, Running Woman, and the uh, subject is thanks for your podcast. It goes on to say, hey, Leftovers, I just wanted to reach out and express. And she uh, she capitalizes the word express, just the E. Isn't that a clothing outlet? It is. Yes. I guarantee you she goes there a lot, and it fucking auto-corrected to her express. I guarantee you that's what it is, man. <laughs> I 
<laughs> I love that insight into the uh, into the email. Dude, I bet you're absolutely correct, dude. She's fucking. You're going to Express, aren't you, running woman? I want you to send me a fucking email and let me know you're going to Express. Right? That's happening. That's the thing. Hey, Brian, are you ever being a private investigator? I should be a private investigator? (laughs) According to this email, it appears that this woman shops at Express. She totally shops at Express, man. Oh, man. She goes, I just wanted to reach out and express my gratitude for your podcast. I'm an ultra marathon runner, which means I run races of distances greater than 26 miles. Jesus. (laughs) 20, 26 miles, man. At one time? Greater than 26 miles. Like that's, that's insane. It's called, hold on, it's not just a marathon runner. She's what's called an ultra marathon runner. Ultra. They put ultra in front of it. That's like, you're not watching like, you know, um, Mighty Morphin Power. You're watching Ultra Megazord <laughs> Buttfuck Rangers. You know what I mean? You're like, <laughs> you're watching, oh my God, you know? So she's an ultra marathon runner. So she races, uh, distances greater than 26 miles. 26 miles is for pussies, right? <laughs> That's for pussies, man. She's an ultra marathon. This is fucking insane. I recently ran. Can you take a break? <laughs> Hold on. Here we go. I don't know, dude. <laughs> Listen to this. I recently ran a hundred K. That's. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> what is wait? Hundred K? That's ten times six. That's sixty freaking miles. She's oh my. She's probably like she's probably running as she's typing this. That's <laughs> that might that actually might be why the express is capitalized, not that she oh shops god. there. Oh my gosh! Yeah, um, mistakes oh. are going to be made when you're. <laughs> Running 60 plus miles while sending emails. Yeah, when you're hoofing it like she is everywhere. I recently ran a hundred K. I would just send her to this store, wouldn't you, Jake? When you, like, if you got, if you, like, let's say, like, you got home and you realize, oh, fuck, I really want peanut butter. I would just go clap and she would just, just boom, out the door. And then advantages to being with an ultra marathon runner. And she comes back, she comes back and she's got the, she's got the skippy. And I'm like, I wanted the GIF. I wanted the GIF. And she's back out the door. Oh, man. I just, and she's back and you're like, what, no jelly? Yeah. No. I just picture her dressed like Andre Agassi with the, with the, the, with the socks and the headband. You know what I mean? I'm just running all over the place. Uh, I recently ran a 100K that started at 4 p.m. and went overnight. I couldn't have done it without you guys. I, I passed the time listening to your shows. You really helped me stick with it for 16 plus hours of running. Most of which was in the woods in the darkness of night. (laughs) I like, I like the idea of of us helping, like no matter how much running, she could not escape us. (laughs) Oh, Oh my God. Like at that point, are you wearing like a flashlight, one of those flashlight things on your head? When you're doing that, or are you just are you bouncing off trees every once in a while? I just Some imagine parkour in there. I just imagine her running like in the dead of night through the woods, and all she hears is Brian making fun of Dan's pubic hair. <laughs> oh my god! Ah, let's see here. We, me and my sister were on a uh, a boat tour with uh, my uh, parents and my uh grandparents and there was we're on this boat tour this is like out in the caribbean 
And all of a sudden we look down and I, I look on the book. I go, Melissa, is that a pubic hair? And she sees it. <laughs> My sister's name's Melissa. I go, is that a pubic hair? My sister sees it and she starts laughing. And then we start talking about our, <laughs> what if our grandparents would have noticed it first? And then we started to have like this interaction as our grandparents noticing the pubic hair. And we started talking like them, like, I, I think that's pubic hair over there. Mm-hmm, yes, sir, it is, it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's me and my sister. It's weird. Um, let's see here. She, Your grandparents sound very polite too. Oh, uh, my my um, grandmother Juanita. She was such a, a polite. She she would just nod her head and say yes, sir. Mm-hmm, yes, sir. And she was just such a nice person. I don't know. I don't know what the fuck is wrong with me. Um, let's see. <laughs> the email goes on to say, you have also been there with me on all my long training runs. Thank you for your very entertaining and informative podcast. And that comes from Running Woman. So thank you. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you for running with us. God, how long do you think it <laughs> takes to fucking run? 100 km, 100 kilometers. Jesus. She just said 16 plus hours of running. 16 plus hours. Yeah, Jesus. dude. Yeah, man. 16 plus hours of straight running. Are you, do you get like pee breaks? Do you get to eat? Like what? <laughs> Dude, I think she just goes right there. Yeah, I guess you got She's to. out in the woods anyway, right? That's a solid point. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, there's got to be. There's got to be like little breaks that you take. You know what I mean? There's got to yeah. be. It's not like she's fucking Forrest Gump out there, you know? Yeah. I would hope not. <laughs> yeah. Let's see here. Got a, uh, got another. I think this is the final one. Jesus, you people and your voices and stuff. Robert Pangburn, congrats. This is a 300 congrats. PCL gang, I, I know you guys have most likely been inundated with emails and messages congratulating you guys on your 300th episode, and deservedly so. I wrote in before thanking you for helping me through tough times. I've gone through and I've shared uh, shared with you my life and struggles I have faced and struggles I have overcome. You guys have always been genuine and honest, and I couldn't ask for more. I think I speak for a lot of listeners when I say that you are all amazing people who care very much about your fans and always want the best for everyone who listens to the show. I don't know of many shows that acknowledge and respect their audience the way you do. You value all of us and treat us all like family. That is one of the biggest aspects of this show that has made it my favorite show to listen to. Your willingness to interact and acknowledge us as fans is rare, and something I think a lot of other shows should take notice of. So thank you again for an amazing show and always making me laugh and giving me great content suggestions. I consider all of you great friends, even though we have never met. I feel like you are all friends I can count on to help with advice and feel like I'm a part of a big family that may like to bust balls and tease, but in the end, it is all out of love. So thank you, and here's to another 300 episodes. Many thanks, Robert. Pangburn. So thank you, Robert. Great fucking email, man. Yeah, thanks, Robert. That is a great email. It's one of those things. Uh, people say, like, yeah, you know, you've done all this, but I've never met you. Guys, plan a trip to C2E2 in February to come out and meet us and hang out with us. I need to do that. You yeah. do, man. Tristan, I got to meet you, dude. I have to meet you. Like this is like a. If I can get away from the family, I yeah. will do it. Trust me. Yeah. There's, there's all these. There's all these people that I that I do want to meet, you know, before uh, 
before we wrap this show up one of these days, you know? I got it. We got I, I imagine you guys have a great time there too. We do. Oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> it's it's a blast. It's a blast. And I I I really want I want another big group this year. I mean, we had a huge group a couple years ago and then last year it was smaller, a little bit more intimate, but but it was it got to know people a little bit better, which was cool. But it would like I would like it to feel like a big grand thing again this year, maybe even bigger than that uh, than two years ago. So, but uh, definitely plan on it's uh what is it February twenty eighth through whatever I don't know whatever just look it up c two e two dot com yeah it's three days yeah it's February twenty eighth through March second yeah fucking stay all fucking three days come out we 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 go to the convention during the day and then we fucking. Then we, and then at night we just we go hog wild. We go out drinking. We we snort cocaine. We fucking uh, we, we fuck nineteen fifties cartoons. We fuck hookers. It's it's like it's it's like the Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> I must I must drink a lot. I don't remember any of these. Um, none of that happened, but. You know, you know what I want. To, what we need to do, Jake, is like me and you and some other people need to go like a day earlier, stay a day later, or something, and then fucking go to that amazing arcade out there. I haven't been there. Oh, the Galloping Ghost! That's such a fun place. Yeah, the Galloping Ghost. I want to go there. That, that would be a blast. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's it's really cheap too. Like mm. you would think something like that would cost a lot of money, but it's yeah. it's very cost efficient. Yeah. Yep. Yep, 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 yepers, yepers. Um, I don't know why I said that. Yepers. <laughs> that's, a, that's a weird transition to get us into iTunes reviews, but that's where we're going to go, you fuckers. Here we go, iTunes reviews. It's one star been building up they've been building up for a while these itunes reviews been a few weeks been a few weeks been a few weeks since we read up building up stacking them like a jenga we're gonna pull out some pieces now jake you ever play you you like to play jenga jake i fucking love jenga jenga's fun isn't it why is there always like those loose pieces and then there's ones that just they just aren't going anywhere it did how do you how is that possible just you know what i mean You, you poke at it you just there's the loose one, but then I, some, I don't know. I, I played think a, like a Doctor Strange movie to figure that shit out. <laughs> <laughs> I played one of those ridiculously huge Jenga sets. You know the really big blocks and freaking stacks higher than a person. Yeah, someone gets injured if the shit falls over. <laughs> why, why don't they just? Oh, really? Yeah, oh, yeah. Cool. I've seen those at like bars before. Oh wow, huh? Never seen. I had uh, what was it like? Uh, Truth or Dare Jenga or something years ago. Oh, I remember that where they had yeah. shit like written on the pieces. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, that's cool. Yeah, I saw a Donkey Kong Jenga one time where they had it. You know, it was the color of the yeah, stuff, the, like the girders Mario runs up. I've seen that one too. Yeah, pretty neat. All right, we got we got Slicer eleven twenty. Slicer eleven twenty. It's titled "I Love This Wacky Show" and it's a five star. It goes on to say. Love this wacky show. This little bitch is finally writing a review. 
There's a few weeks ago I called our listeners little bitches, and so he calls himself a little bitch here. Uh, this little bitch is finally writing a review. I stumbled on the show right after seeing Infinity War looking for some extra info about the movie. I tried several other podcasts, but they didn't do it for me. Then I found this one, and I was instantly hooked. The hosts, Brian and Jake, and all the guest hosts are extremely knowledgeable and really put thought and effort into whatever subject they happen to be on. If you enjoy in-depth reviews and deep speculations on the future of TV shows and movies, then this podcast is for you. Marvel, Star Wars, and DC have their own segments, but they talk about any and all types of movies and shows. They also rip on each other about the most insane, random, filthy subjects. It's extremely laugh-out-loud hilarious, especially if Brian ends up drunk before the end of the show. I look forward to it every week, and because it's a long podcast, four to six hours, it sometimes takes me a couple of days to listen to the whole thing, which is great. The longer, the better. Makes the work day fly by. Thank you for all. Thank you all for such an entertaining show. And that comes from Slicer1120. Um, Slicer. uh, Slicer, that's uh, in the... uh, Do you think that that's a Star Wars thing? Like uh, DJ? You think he's one of the... He's referring to himself as a uh, computer hacker in the uh, Star Wars universe, Jake? Uh, very possibly. My mind went to hackers, like a hacker name too, but I, I hadn't made the Star Wars connection though. So yeah, you're probably right. Hackers in the Star Wars universe are called slicers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, oh boy. You think we'll ever see another slicer again? Oh. You think we'll ever see DJ again? Well, that's a no. <laughs> Yeah. They had the they I had agree. the DJ comic book. Yeah, I don't think Del Toro's coming back, man. I don't need that. I don't need that. I love, dude. I love Del Toro. I fucking love Benicio Del Toro. But man, it wasn't it's the biggest. a little extra. Yeah, dude. <laughs> a little bit. Right, right. It was. Yeah, it was. <laughs> all right, man. We get it. We get it. You're going. Are you going method with this one? All right. Okay. Whatever, dude. It's cool. Uh, let's see here. Uh, next one is, uh, comes from Pimps and Toes. So it's not Pimps and Hoes, it's Pimps and Toes. So does he think this guy has a foot fetish? Oh, I do. <laughs> Pretty likely. Do you, well, do you th- maybe he doesn't have a foot fetish, but he knows other people do, and so he pimps out his toes to other people. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's capitalizing on other people's foot fetishes. Yeah, yeah. How many... Yeah, that how, makes sense. How many people... Going to town on your toes before it's uncomfortable. Hmm. What's the limit? Yeah. I'd say more than three, and it's probably getting weird. I don't know. I think it's getting interesting at three and four. I'm going to say it's weird at one, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Wow. Jeez, I didn't know you were so prudent and uh, jeez. Wow. You need to get a I was raised to, in the church. I'm telling you, man, get <laughs> I, I, no, see, don't even. Don't even. Even uh, whatever your beliefs are, you know, uh, God made sex. He did. He, if he didn't want you getting fucking freaky, he wouldn't have made it. <laughs> I mean, the race in the church comment made you think, Brian. Made me think Tristan was into things way more freaky than toes. What was that? I, you both are talking. 
I say when you say raised in the church, it just made me think he was like on some next level freakiness, oh, even man. crazier than toes. Most people raised in the church, they know they really know how to get freaky. Right? Yeah. So. yeah, you know what? <laughs> Saying raised in the Catholic Church isn't really um, promoting my cause here, huh? No, no, no. I thought worse than you the second you said it. I was like, ew. All right, let me put it. Let me put it to you in a way that you might understand. How many priests on your toes before it starts to get uncomfortable? <laughs> okay, three. <laughs> Okay, that'll be seven. Uh, what is it? Seven Hail Marys or whatever they call it. <laughs> I don't even know something what they like <laughs> something yeah. like that. I don't know. Uh, let's see. You can't stop listening. Pimps and Toes goes on say. I've never left a review for a podcast I've listened to before, but I guess I can say that I've never really found a podcast worth reviewing until now. This podcast is incredible. I listened to my first episode way back in 2015 with their Force Awakens review, and I've been listening every week ever since. I could immediately tell the hosts were genuine fans, and their conversations and discussions reminded me of conversations I have with my friends about things we are passionate about. Hearing hosts Brian, Jake, and their various guests discuss the latest shows and movies they've watched each week is one of the highlights of my week. And while they definitely discuss the big properties like Marvel, DC, and Star Wars, they also talk about things that most people might miss. Over the past few years, I have been introduced to some of my favorite movies and TV shows thanks to this show. Brian, Jake, love what you guys do. Keep up the great work. You'll always have a listener in me. Sound got a little Toy Story at the end there. You guys, little Randy Newman there. Yeah, a little bit. (laughs) I feel like, Jake, you were going to shit on this one a little bit, huh? No, I was going to say that these iTunes reviews this week are are almost nigh impossible to really, like, take a heavy dump on this week. It's kind of taken away from my fun. Oh, no, we're going to have fun here in a moment. Oh, yes. (laughs) Here we go. All right, here we go. Uh, Let's see here. Shell Zeman sends a... uh, gives us an iTunes review. 297 plus episodes and going strong. It's a five star. What I love about this show is that Brian and Jank aren't afraid to be themselves. It's obvious that Brian puts a lot of time into the show. The ever-increasing leftover army proves it. Keep the episodes coming. Army strong. And that comes from Shell Zeman. Yeah, I don't, I don't see anything too wrong with this one either. This is pretty good. okay too, right? Yeah, that was a good one. I have no problems with it as well. Here we go. Here we go. This next one is titled IDK, which stands for I don't know. I don't know, people. I don't know. Yeah. A lot of the, I see a lot of the, uh, little acronyms. A lot of people use the acronyms on, uh, on Reddit. If you ever go to Reddit. Oh, see, yeah, definitely. Yeah. The TIL. Today I learned. Today I, TIL. Yeah. I've been wanting to use TIL, but I think like most people might not get it might just be like a millennial Reddit thing. you got to be a Redditor to get the TIL. Yeah, you see a lot of the IMO. Yeah. Oh, ooh, the, in my opinion, ooh, what's that, Jake? What, yeah, what, 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 what is this that you speak of? <laughs> <laughs> this one comes from Big Dong J. Big Dong J. It's titled IDK. I don't know. It's a three star. It goes on to say, I used to love this show. Started with The Force Awakens. Now, I just like it. Also, quick observation. 
I find it ironically amusing that Brian's idea of a real man, he puts that in quotes, was two steroid freaks. I'm sure they're good guys, but come on, bro. Jake is solid. Unfortunately, I've witnessed Brian's ego go through the roof over the past few years, and it's gotten to the point where I cringe and turn off the cast once the yelling starts because it's so disrespectful and annoying. And I'm waiting for the day when one of your co-hosts tells him all about himself. A reality check is long overdue with four exclamation points. However, I do still get through the shows because of the content and Jake. Sorry, not sorry, but honesty is all we really have these days. And there's not much out there anymore, unfortunately. And that comes from the most honest screen name I've ever seen on iTunes, Big Dong J. <laughs> Oh my God, I think yeah. Big Dong Jay heard your uh, discussion with Dan West regarding Milnor and the Times. No, I think it comes down to, well, yeah, that and me and him yelling and all that shit. But I, I think it really kind of comes down to like that. I was, guys, I was like, I was raised in the 80s and 90s. Like, I, I think like when you're raised in the 80s and 90s, you do have kind of like this, uh, and I was drunk and I was having fun. I don't think that Kit Harrington is less of a man or Daniel Radcliffe is less of a man than than Arnold or, or Sylvester Stallone. It's no, a, you never put it like that at all. It was a fucking, I was talking about casting for Wolverine. I just, my Wolverine is 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 somebody that's a little bit more jacked. And half of it's just I'm drunk and having a just having fun, having a conversation. And so I mean I don't know. It's uh, the I, part that really annoyed me about this review. One of the many parts yeah. is when he like still assures us that he's able to make it through the mm. episode. Yeah. Oh, thank thankfully you're able to still make it through the episode. Oh, oh yeah, thank you. What a soldier! <laughs> oh god, we don't don't want to lose this puss hole. I, I just it's it's I don't know, man. It's it's, it, you, if you don't like me, you don't like me, dude. I, I'm not going to change. I don't like you. <laughs> it doesn't really matter. I mean, it really. It, I, I uh, and, and, and and for the people that think that I have a big fucking ego, you are out of your fucking mind. I have. I am one of the most, and Jake knows this, and people that are close to me know this. On this show, this show is my safe space, motherfucker. This show is my safe space. This is the place where I get to fucking be me and have fun and cut loose with my friends, you fucking asshole. <laughs> outside, in the outside world, I don't get treated, I don't get treated very, I don't, it's not like I get treated any special. And it's not, and I'll be honest with you, I'm, I'm really insecure about a lot of things. I don't have confidence like you would think I would, like I portray on this fucking show. I'm, I'm not that guy. On the, this show is my safe space where I get to be myself, you fucking piece of shit. So, uh, you know what, Brian? I think it's ironic that you're being called out for your ego by a, a named Big Dong J. You know, yeah, <laughs> a guy named Big Dong J. You know, you fucking know nothing about me. You know nothing about what fucking goes on in my private life. You fucking don't know shit. 
You just you listen to me and I annoy you. So you thought that you would come out here and say all this fucking shit and get I hope you feel better, fuckhead. I hope you feel better. Yeah, there's what, a what lot a of people. Like, there's a what, lot of fucking people out there. To happen, you too. There's a lot of fucking people out there that annoy the fuck out of me, but I don't get on fucking social media and let them know about it. You are the biggest fuckhead ever. I don't get. A, I'm not one of these people that tweet people on fucking social media and yell and scream at them. Never. I'd never do it. I have feelings all the time, but I don't fucking do it. And anything I fucking say on this show, it's because this is my fucking show. So fuck you, dude. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. I can't even understand the inspiration for writing anything like this. On no, I hope podcast. he fucking feels better. I hope you and your fucking big dick feel better about yourself. You and your huge swinging horse dick. I hope you and your fucking huge John Holmes dick that gets so goddamn big, so much blood goes down there that you pass out because your cock's so goddamn big. I hope that you feel so much fucking better about yourself that you got your thoughts out there. You He's fuck. like fucking Peter Jackson making Lord of the Rings. Get through it's this true. episode, you little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Sorry. Big Dong Jay, you're now on Brian's shit list. Yeah, fuck you, Big Dong Jay. <laughs> fucking pusshole. Shove those three stars up your fucking ass. No shit. Thank you, Jake. Thank you, Tristan. I, it, it's just, people think, you, 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 you listen to me on this podcast every week, but I swear you don't know me as much as you think you know me. There are people that listen to this podcast that interact with me that do know me. You don't know me, motherfucker. You yeah. I sound like Jay. You don't know me. But you don't know me, motherfucker. And you know what? I don't fuck around with people that have fucking big egos, to be honest with you. I, I put up with that shit a couple times. Yeah. I'm, I'm not friends with that person anymore. I am I, time for that shit. Jake, yeah, am, am I, I didn't sit here for 300 plus episodes. Because of your giant ego. When do I fucking brag to you about anything that's going on with me? Oh my god. I am, (laughs) there is, I like, my, (laughs) my life is not perfect, guys. It's getting better. I've made a lot of changes recently, but I get, I don't even get on the podcast to brag about anything. So. I don't know. I don't. Fuck you. Fuck you, big. Fuck you and your big horse dick. <laughs> <laughs> like I was saying, man, he, pro- he probably films that dick like Peter Jackson in Lord of the Rings, man. Puts it against the small wall while, while the rest of them is over by the big wall, you know. Yeah. <laughs> the hob, the hobbit, uh, like, uh, perspective. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's all camera trickery. That's funny. It's all trickery. We got one here from, um, I'm sorry, guy. I, I, I'm sorry to our listeners there that I had to go. It just, you know, I didn't know. I I never know how I'm going to react to these until we do it. Like, there's times where I'm, like, thinking about this one, and I'm just like, "Ah, I'm just going to let it go. And then there's times where I'm like, Brian, are you going to get riled up? Are you going to get riled up? Yeah, I got riled up. I got riled up. So, um, Deservedly so. uh, Leftovers of the main course is the... uh, uh, the reviewer. 
That's the reviewer's mm-hmm. note. Clever. Uh, it's uh, titled Essential Pop Culture Podcast. It's a five star. As much as I look for, you know what, Big Dog J, knock it down to one, you fucking pusshole. You and your three. Oh, I give the two extra because of the content, and uh, one's for the content, and the other is for Jay. <laughs> Fuck you, you fucking piece of shit. Anyway, sorry, moving on. Yeah, I'm giving my star back to Big Dog. You can have it. <laughs> Uh, Essential Pop Culture Podcast is the title of the next one. Uh, it's from uh, Leftovers of the Main Course. As much as I look forward to pop culture event films and TV shows, I look forward to the PCL reviews just as much. And that's their review. That's awesome. You know, I've, I've, we've heard a few people say that kind of thing. That always really blows my mind, right? Yeah. That, like yeah, uh, We're on an equal level as the actual like event film. Yeah. Like they can't wait to like they they've watched this movie that they've either that they've loved or or, or hated, and they and they want to know what our thoughts are, and that they they, they want to come on here and like listen to what we have to say, and not only what we have to say, Jake, but how we're going to break it down, which is cool. But that, but that, again, that's just humbling. that's me stroking my own ego, you know. But I know. even to someone with as big of an ego as you, Brian, that's got to be a little <laughs> bit humbling. It is humbling, man, because we're just two regular guys from central Illinois that don't deserve any of this. So, um, yeah, people spending eight to 15 bucks to go see a movie they wouldn't have seen otherwise yeah. just to hear us babble on about it. That's true. I didn't even think about that, dude. There are people that are like, well, I wasn't going to see this movie until I realized that you guys are doing an entire episode on it and I want to be able to listen to it. So I'm going to go see the movie now. Yeah, that's that's that kind of shit really blows yeah. my mind. Uh, we got one here from uh, Infectious Nexus. I like that one. <laughs> <laughs> and it's uh, titled Take My Podcast Review Virginity. It's a five star. Uh goes on to say, episode 299 is the epitome of why I listen to you. I originally came for TV and movie reviews, but I stay for the tangents, personalities, and sincerity. By mixing Brian's passion, Jake's knowledge, and my favorite guest, Rebecca's perspective, this podcast thoroughly entertains me, and it comes from Infectious Nexus. Episode 299, an episode that Jake wasn't on. <laughs> I know, I know. At least he threw my name in there. I know that. I, I, when I first read that, that, that first sentence is the epitome of why I listened to you, I was just like, okay. I was about to ego rage out. <laughs> And then, and then it was, oh, Jake's knowledge. Good. All right. Jake got, Jake, <laughs> not only did he, he you, yeah, we got some Jake acknowledgement. That's good. That's always good. So the, I mean, my knowledge was nothing that episode. Nothing. Though, so maybe that's yeah. what he's saying. Yeah. Uh, next one uh, comes from, uh, Mario Jr., which I was originally, when it's all kind of squished together i was going to be like the next one comes from maria jure and then i was like oh that's mario jr <laughs> and i literally just realized that moments before i said it it's titled not bad it's a five star and it goes on to say i was looking for some podcasts that were going i know i i did the whole swervy thing didn't i I think you did the swervy thing. No, How's your title not bad and you yeah. give someone five stars? That's true. I was looking for some podcasts that were going to discuss Endgame, and this one was the best one. I've been listening since May of this year, and it is the best place to get news and discussion on all my favorite pop culture topics. One problem, they kept saying they were going to talk about Stranger Things 3. Then they just never did. Would have loved oh, to hear shit. that discussion. Jake, <laughs> see, the problem is, Jake, you haven't finished it. You probably never. I don't even think you liked it, which that's a huge problem in itself because it was a great season. Don't understand. Yeah, this. Oh, I, yeah. I still haven't yeah. finished yet. I so you know, I have liked what I've seen more than I liked last season, but yeah. it's still like pale. The season. Oh one God! 
the final, I think it was like, I see, I, I loved it. I loved it. And the final, I'd say final three episodes were some of the best in the, in the series. Oh my God. Stranger, Stranger Things, uh, season three, that was one show that I did not want to end. Usually you you watch a show and you're like, okay, I got the gist of the season. I'm ready for it to conclude. That was one show. If it had 20 episodes, you know, I would have kept through. Dude, I, I'm right there with you, man. Like I actually fucking, I love the season so much. I went and bought the, the Hopper shirt, the fucking Magnum PI fucking Hawaiian oh, shirt. That's, that's hilarious. Dude, fucking 40 bucks at Hot Topic, but it was worth every fucking penny. And you know what? If you come to C2E2, I might just wear it. Nice. <laughs> I might just wear it. <laughs> nice. Is it actually like a licensed Stranger Things shirt? Yeah. Yeah, it's a Stranger Things shirt. I would think so. Huh? If it was sold at Hot Topics, I would think so. Yeah, it, when you said that, that's what made that kind of ding off in my it's head. It's the exact same shirt that he wears on the show. It's the exact same design. It's a Stranger Things shirt. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of awesome. Yeah, it's fucking dope. Uh, and for everybody going to C2E2, if you do go to C2E2, I'm going to bring some original Michael Cannon art. I will give out as much as I can. And then I also am going to be giving out some pop culture leftovers magnets for like your refrigerator and stuff Ooh, like that's that. That's dope. I want a magnet. I I had one sitting down at the table for you last week, Jake, the whole time and I forgot to tell you about it. It was like right next to you. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's me though. Also not shocking. Yeah, not shocking that I forgot. You know what, guys? We've spent fucking an hour not talking about any content, but that's why we have the disclaimer at the beginning. So all you little fucking babies it took him. It took him an hour to get you the advertised content. Well, that's that's why I have a disclaimer at the beginning, because we live in a world of pussies that are just <laughs> they just want to fucking argue and complain about everything, don't they, Jake? Jesus Christ, what what the fuck? Yeah. It's, no it's, stone left untouched when it comes to what we're going to complain about. Exactly, exactly. Oh my gosh. So you know what? We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and we're going to do some good pop, bad pop, which is going to be like a, in my, in my opinion, it's going to be a short one this week, guys. Cause like I have not, I don't know, dude, I'm even more confused about this Spider-Man Venom continuity. If we could break that down. Oh my God. We spent yeah, 20 minutes it. on that yeah. shit. No, let's not do that. Let's not do that. Let's take a break. <laughs> we'll come back with good pop, bad pop. And, but you know what? I've got plenty of news that we can talk about. So we're going to talk about all the news that came out this week. We'll be right back. What was that noise? It was like a train or something. <laughs> I didn't know if like it, it was either a train or it was like Stevie Wonder starting to play the keyboard. Like he just, <laughs> you know, what I mean? like the tune up. <laughs> is, is is Paul Schaefer there? <laughs> what, what the, what, if you could rent Paul Schaefer for a week, would you, Jake? Like, just if you came home and like as soon as you walked in, he starts playing. And it's yeah. Oh yeah, I would walk in the door and be like, hey, "Here's the world's most dangerous band." Oh my god, that would be so. Jake, for one week, if I had enough money, you know, like you, you ever watch Fast Times at Ridgemont High, where Spicoli fucking wins the money and he rents Van Halen for like his birthday party and he blows all his money. I, if I got a bunch of money, I would just rent Paul Schaefer for a week to like <laughs> set up camp in my living room and I would just like yell out songs at him and have him play them all week. 
Oh, yeah. I'd let him call me Dave for the week. <laughs> oh, the, oh, my God. I would film it, Jake. I would film it. I, we would pull up a desk and we would have you over there, like, tapping a pencil on the desk. <laughs> and then, Basically what I'm doing now. And you're flipping those cards, you know? Yeah. You get top ten list. Top ten reasons why it's so fucking bitching to have Paul Schaefer playing his goddamn keyboard in your living room. Oh, my God. I would invite people over. Top oh my ten reasons. Top, top ten. 10 reasons why Big Dong Jay's a fucking dick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Paul Schaefer. Paul, I think, is, this, is this the most we've ever talked about Paul Schaefer? Oh, easily. <laughs> you know, as a kid, I never got the joke that um, the number one thing on the top ten list was never funny. Oh, you never got that? I mean, I was six and shit, you know? Mm. I was always just so, like, yeah, yeah, anticipating yeah. what number one would be, and I would, I could never get over how it was more often than not the Wait. least funny thing on the list. Was it intentionally not funny every time? Yes. Was that? Oh, I, I never caught on to that. I always just thought he just missed the mark in the first one. Every once in a while, it would just strike you as funny, but it was more times than not not funny. Yeah. Yeah. Number eight was always like a good one, you know, one of the early ones. Well, I never actually like charted which were the funniest ones. <laughs> just, just the earlier ones were always, you know, pretty good. <laughs> and Tristan's like, in my experience, it's always been number in eight. Eight, you, you can't go wrong with eight. Seventy-three percent of the time, eight through eight or nine was the funniest. Are we on break or are we recording? No, this is not a break. This we're uh, totally okay. still fucking recording right now. Oh shit. I, oh shit! I am just no, no, not oh shit, <laughs> not oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to have you open up about your uh, Catholic experience here in a moment, <laughs> and totally think you're off here. Hey guys, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Hi, I sound like Morgan Freeman. I bet most of you do some online shopping with Amazon. It's just so easy. I myself logged in today to buy adult diapers. No, I'm not embarrassed. I have zero shame. And I really don't give a fuck what you think. I'm at that age. You'll get here too one day. And don't think that you won't, you naive asshat. One day you too will be just like Jamie Lee Curtis and shitting your body weight and Dan and yogurt, and the next thing you know, you'll be on Amazon ordering adult diapers saying, holy shit, that freckled face fucker was right. Anyway, the whole point of this is to tell you that popcultureleftovers.com has an Amazon shopping link. What that means is when you click on the link from their website, it helps the show. It doesn't charge you extra at all. You just shop like you regularly would, and Amazon takes care of the rest. It's easy and convenient. Just like these diapers. I literally blew up this diaper while recording this ad. Hashtag truth. All right. Hey, we are back. Guys, we are going to, before we jump into good pop, bad pop here, we're going to settle the age-old question. Who's better, Nelson or Hanson? Oh, man, that's a tough question. I mean, both are kind of one-hit wonders, right? I don't know, man. You had Nelson. You had Nelson. Nelson had After the Rain, and then they had Can't Live Without Your Love. And then then Hanson was just known for the mbop, right? Yeah. No, Hanson also had Where's the Love. 
Uh, where is that song in my brain? <laughs> I don't know that yeah. one. I think Mbop and then I think Christmas covers. So yeah, I don't know. That's a that's a tough that's a tough battle. If I mean, we gotta go if we're going with hair, we gotta go with Nelson, right? Yeah, even that's kinda close. I mean, no kids has some pretty good hair. No, the mains. The fucking mains on Nelson. Jesus Christ, Jake. Those fucking blonde manes that they had. Like they look like Remember uh, the Linda Hamilton Beauty and the Beast TV shows? Remember Fabio? Yeah. It's yeah. like, it, seriously, like these guys, their hair was just absolutely, just incredible. Just glorious fucking manes of hair. Yeah, they look like they belong on like the cover of a romantic novel. Yeah, they totally Like yeah. Fabio. <laughs> Fabio, yeah, that's where he got, is that where he got his start? They were drawing him on the covers of the, of the sexy lady books that lady ladies read, do, do, do ladies still sexy read? Sexy lady books. <laughs> the, the books that ladies read in the tub and then you know flick the bean to. You know what I mean? Did, the pages are all wet and shit. Hey, you know, do, do women still read those? Is that a thing that women are still doing? Have you ever read one? Oh my god! I like. I think like I got a hold of one when I was a kid. When I was a kid, I, I was like, "What are these all about?" And I started to like read it and I was like I was like oh my god these words the, whoever the author here is just doing a great job at describing sex and he called a woman's breast her mound uh, her mounds of pleasure and I was just like wow <laughs> I've I I will never <laughs> I will never say that out loud which I have done just now but I was just kind of blown away by uh by by the words of this wordsmith in this book. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think those things are still popular, honestly. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they were... I mean, books are kind of dying out more and more. I wouldn't be surprised if that was one of the hottest selling genres of books these yeah. days. Yeah. Well, Fifty Shades was like the resurgence of that stuff, so I'm yeah. sure there are a lot of copycats. I think it's all gone to kind of like fan fiction now, where people write fan, fan fiction of like different people fucking each other like here's a uh, fan fiction of uh you know zach morris and ac slater fucking each other you know and there's people mm, that, that's a thing P oh totally oh, of course yeah it is it's a huge thing yeah you ever watch impractical jokers you ever seen that show with the I've, well i've seen it uh, yeah yeah occasionally well, yeah. there's fan fiction of those guys fucking each other i'm not oh, even wow. i'm not even kidding you yeah like when they're not playing Jeez. practical jokes on each other they're playing with other things on each other in wow. the in the fan fiction like like their anuses <laughs> <laughs> you weren't clear enough <laughs> crystal now <laughs> nelson versus hansen we don't have a, <laughs> we don't have a winner i'm throwing my gloves in, onto the hansen corner i'm saying nelson man we gotta, we gotta get the tiebreaker here. We got, who, who are you going with, Tristan? I'm gonna go with Hanson. Oh, shit. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna stick with Hanson. And, and maybe, I don't know. I remember the first time I saw the video, the Hanson Umbob video, and I swore to God that the lead singer was a female for weeks. Like, I had no idea that was a male. Yeah, you'll have that. I also yeah. think Umbob was a number one song. And I'm not so sure that Nelson ever hit number one with when, anything. When 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 Tristan heard that 
the lead singer was indeed a male. He was like, mm, what? <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, they're going to jump into good pop, bad pop. It's time for more leftover reviews with good pop. Good Pop, Bad Pop is where we talk about the things in the previous weekend or weeks that we either watched or read. Sometimes we rate these things. And if this is your first time listening, we'd like you to be familiar with our rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. All right, guys. I want to talk about two things here real quick. Um, uh, the Deuce season three started on HBO. And as you know, like I am a big fan of the Deuce. The first season of the Deuce actually was my TV show of the year, a, you know, a few years ago. Uh, absolutely loved it. Second season dropped off quite a bit and didn't even come up in the Tuppies last year. So... Um, do season three started off and we're in 1984 going into 1985 and David Simon, who you will know from the wire, he is also the showrunner behind the deuce. This is the show with James Franco and Maggie Gyllenhaal. And it's all about, it starts off in the seventies and it's all about kind of like the rise of the porn industry. It's about New York city, uh, back in those days, we are in 1984, 1985, uh, we're past like the whole pimp era in New York City. Um, as far as I've seen so far, it's all about like the rise of pornography on VHS now on video. Mm. And this is the worst that we've seen in New York City. <laughs> this is at the height of crime. And we're seeing a lot of that in this season. Not only are we seeing like, you know, the height of crime, but, like they're showing you what they're doing to try to eliminate the crime in the city. There are, kids, young kids that are going around and just robbing people. They're surrounding people, beating them up, taking their money and running off. And now this show is kind of like showing us like this is based on real events and they're showing us really kind of like what happened. Um, not all the characters are real, but like some of them are. And it's kind of showing us how they're trying to break down um, uh, the crime, how they're trying to stop the crime in New York City and what they're going to do. And, and now it's all about getting information, um, trying to you know, trying to ask questions and, and get to know, uh, who the criminals are and things like that. it's, it's, that's fascinating. But also what's fascinating about this season is the whole like technology. And they kind of introduced this last year where they showed us like the first VHS and like the VHS was so old, Jake, that the remote had like fucking cord that went to like to oh, that's fucking yeah. awesome and so now it's all about uh this is like the beginnings of porn stars like porn stars showing up to conventions and signing their autograph and getting pictures taken with fans there was and they show this in the first episode this actually happened there was a building that was rented out by the consumer electronics show which we now know as ces and then they were on the lower floor on the upper floor was all the porn stars. And what would happen is like all the people came in for CES and went upstairs to check out the porn stars. And this 
first fucking episode, like the first 30 minutes, I was just getting acclimated to getting back into the show. The last, I'd say last 20 minutes of the episode were phenomenal. I am all in on this season. David Simon is killing it again on the deuce. And I hope that this third season really lives up to what I felt like the first season did. So I am going to actually Tupperware the first episode of the Deuce season three. And if you haven't watched this show, I know the subject material might not be like the most family friendly or like, you know what I mean? It's, it's yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's HBO. They yeah. know what you're signing up for. Yeah. Like guys, this, this really, this is stuff that really happened. And, um, um, it's, uh, it's it's Maggie Gyllenhaal is fantastic in the show. James Franco plays two roles. He plays two twin brothers in this, and uh, I I highly recommend this one. The other thing I want to talk about real quick is I did watch the BH nine hundred two one zero season finale. Um, Beverly Hills. That's over of, already. Yeah, it was six episodes. It was six episodes. Oh. They only planned it for six. It has not been renewed for a season two. But my God, if this show is not fucking fantastic in that sixth episode, <laughs> there was a huge fucking twist at the end. There were twist after twist after twist, but there was a huge twist at the end of the episode that just left me fucking reeling. And I was just like, I literally said, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, as I was watching it. I could not <laughs> believe it. I fucking love this show. I love this show. And I hope it gets renewed for season two. I'm on the uh, third episode. I haven't finished the season, but I definitely I catch up. How, what do you think it so far? Oh man, I love it. It's um, so good. I don't. It's um. It wasn't what I thought it was going to be. You know, everyone's kind of playing exaggerated caricatures of themselves. So, um, but I think that works. You know, mm-hmm. and it's something that you know I was a big fan of nine hundred two and oh growing up. It's something that really resonates with me because it's just so nostalgic and i see that I, I like to see them making fun of themselves i like to see them kind of making commentary on the industry and also in their own careers and personal lives it's a pretty cool show it's a very very good show and i hope that yeah. it does get renewed and that they do come back and it's uh so fantastic so yeah tristan i know you have a lot you have a lot to talk not, about this uh, week, not, not a lot, but yeah. um, you know, I have some stuff. All right, uh, jump into some of your stuff. Uh, let's see. Um, one thing that I wanted to talk about was uh, um, Wu Tang, uh, the American Saga, which I know Jonathan mentioned. Um, I think uh, I'm sorry, Joseph mentioned um, on episode 300 just briefly. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I started watching that, and it's I think three episodes in on Hulu. And that's a, that's something that I would definitely recommend as a high tasted. Um, basically, it's a biopic for the Wu Tang Clan, and it's not of the caliber of like a straight out of Compton type filmmaking quality, but like it's it's a very very entertaining show and it's very unique. Um, it's created by the Reza and also um, Alan C, who also did the uh, the Superfly remake that I think you liked last year, Brian. Mm-hmm. Um, Stars Ashton Sanders from Moonlight, and also uh, Shamik Moore, who's the voice of Miles Morales in Spider Verse. Yeah, okay. Dope. The guy from yeah. the the guy from Moonlight was that the that was the, the middle, middle middle one, the, the middle yeah. kid, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the middle one, yeah. And he's fantastic as as the RZA. Yeah. Oh, and, he was so uh, good in fucking Moonlight. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, you know Shamik Moore, he's. I mean, I'm so impressed by that guy because you know he plays. 
you know, this kind of square, you know, nerdy kid and dope, and then he's Miles Morales. And in this show, he plays um, Requan, the chef of the Wu-Tang Clan, who's the grittiest, most thuggish member of the group. <laughs> and it's so believable. Like, wow. I, I kid you not, if you're familiar with Requan, I mean, this guy really embodies him. And Shamik is just fantastic as far as morphing into this this figure. And um, the Wu-Tang Clan in general, um, there's a, uh, they were like the first rap group to kind of bridge hip-hop and comic books and that you know fantastical sci-fi stuff that i was always into and so that's why i gravitated to them um the ghostface killer who's uh one of the members he's he was the guy who introduced me to iron man when i was a kid because he's such a big iron man fan his first album was called iron man and hmm. one of his monikers is tony stark and the method man you know he always referred to uh ghost rider and johnny blaze and all that stuff and so these guys are the first rap group that that caught my attention as a kid given the fact that they were so heavily influenced by pop culture and comic books and kung fu and all that stuff um method man i mean he has over ten thousand comic books so you know it comes up it comes across in his lyrics and and the cool thing about this show is that it's not just a, a gritty uh paint by numbers drama it incorporates a lot of the comic stuff as well so like there'll be like uh, animated sequences all of a sudden in one of the episodes it turns into a first per- person um, shooter game you know like they'll they'll play around with very unique um, stylistic filmmaking techniques and that's one of the cool things about it the Wu-Tang Clan they're kind of like a comic book team because they're these very uh, different rappers you have the, the crazy and the comical old dirty bastard you know you have the, the cerebral and the 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 serious just uh you have the leader who's rizzo who's also into kung fu and all that stuff uh they're all so different and they combine to make this super team and that always reminded me of of a comic book superhero team and it comes across in this show you know they're all very separated they're all they're all living their various lives and eventually fate just kind of brings them together then they become the avengers which is the wu-tang clan yeah exactly yeah Yeah. (laughs) and so yeah and i mean they were the first rap group that had a freaking video game i remember i mean they had a video game where or kind of like street fighter where you could fight using the uh the various uh members and you know the the show itself you know it's uh i remember that fucking game dude yeah i'm trying to remember remember what it was called yeah it was shaolin something yeah maybe uh, yeah but um but yeah i mean they're it comes across in the show just how unique they are you know just mm-hmm. how where their minds go when they write their rhymes and you know how they're so heavily influenced by comic books and kung fu and all these things and um the leader of the show or i guess the leader of the group is reza obviously and he's the creator of the show and you can see the story mainly focuses on him you know, he was being pushed into the drug game by his brother, but he's so um, adamant about going a different direction and staying away from the streets and going into music instead. Mm. And even though his brother's heavily this into the drug game, he uh, Rizzi keeps being drawn towards um, beat machines and, and recording and music. And he's the one who gets all of these guys together. He finds all these crazy personalities and puts them together into this group. And it's fascinating. And um, I was actually referred to this show by a coworker. And this guy's a 55-year-old 
non-rap fan, and he told me he was really enjoying the show. So I wow. know it would resonate with people who aren't even familiar with the Wu-Tang Clan's music. That's crazy, man. It, I, yeah. I have a question for you about it. Um, yeah. I mean, it sounds like you're mostly putting a positive spin on it. What is keeping it from being a Tupperware for you? The fact that it's... I guess I'm just very stingy with the Tupperwares because I don't want to say this is the best thing I've ever seen. It's not the cleanest, meaning like... You compared like, it. I, I you think, compared it to Straight Outta Compton, which is a Tupperware. Straight Outta Compton. Yeah, I think of Straight Outta Compton, and I think that's glorious filmmaking right there. Yeah. That's like you know, F. Gary Gray did something really special there. Maybe it's not fair for me to do that because this is a TV show, but it is a it is a really really high tasted for me, and, and and it hasn't really gotten into I guess the the music component yet. There's still not the group yet they're still they haven't formed the group yet so maybe that's why it hasn't really taken uh taken a hold of my taste yet but just so far just the way it's set up it's a very very high tasted to on the verge of being a tupperware i don't i don't want to call it a tupperware yet because i haven't stuck with it i guess yeah maybe that's fair i I guess yeah are are they dropping this is hulu dropping this week to week or is this all uh it's week to week it's week to week they did the first the first week was like the first two episodes or three episodes yeah and now they're doing week to week it keeps showing up it keeps showing up on my front page and it's one of those things that it's like you need i need to start watching this it's like so yeah yeah occasionally i mean one thing that i could say that's not very good about it like um there's a there's some very good cast members in it, amazing cast members like Shamik Moore and the kid from Moonlight. But some of the guys playing the Wu Tang Clan members, like the guy who plays Method Man, mm-hmm. I think they could have done a little better because they got a, they got an actual rapper to play Method Man, and uh. and, and and he's not a very good actor. <laughs> so I think uh, that's probably the hardest one to cast. Yeah. too. I I think Method Man's the one that most people know how yeah. he acts and know how he speaks and know how he yeah acts. yeah i mean he's in the deuce right brian he's in the deuce yeah he played yeah. uh the first two seasons he was a pimp yeah yeah so um that's i think that's one negative point for me is i think that the casting could have been a little bit smarter as far as just making sure you got great actors all around because right now the cast is kind of like a mixture of great actors and mediocre hmm yeah, yeah, I oh man, you ever watch just like a like a real low budget movie where you know that they had enough to cast like some like major stars and then then they get a bunch of nobodies? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they run off the budget on the it, on the other people. Yeah, so that's Yeah, it's pretty glaring when you watch those types of movies. It's like, "Oh, we've got this person, this person, this person. They're well established. They have well established careers and then they get just like random people and you're just like you can't really get into the movie because yeah. you're seeing the seams. You're seeing like, I, I'm not buying this person. And yeah, Method Man's got to be a really tough one to cast. I was thinking like when they were doing Straight Outta Compton, I was like, how in the fuck are they going to cast Ice Cube? And then of course, <laughs> then of course you they get this clone. Exactly. We get O'Shea Jackson, yeah. his fucking son. And it's like, you can't do any better than that. So yeah. Yeah. But I mean, that's what I mean. Like straight out of Compton, F. Gary Gray was approached by Easy E's son to be to play Easy E, and you know, F. Gary Gray was firm that you know, no, you can't act, so I'm not going to cast you in mm. that role. 
you know? Yeah. So, I mean, I think smart casting decisions is what makes the difference. What happened? What, what happened after like, – this is cool that this, this show is getting made. But, like, after fucking Straight out of Compton, like, exploded for Universal. Universal had a huge year that year. I think it was the same year that they had Jurassic World come out. And then they had Straight out of Compton come out. Universal was just, like, king of the box office that year. And – we kept hearing like, oh, we're going to get so many of these fucking rap biopics. We're going to get, you know, I was like, okay, uh, yeah, can I get a public enemy biopic? Can I get, I want to see, um, fucking Beastie Boys? Like, I, I wanted, I wanted them all. Tribe Called Quest. What? Tribe Called Quest. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I think that's what set in motion, you know, Bohemian Rhapsody and stuff like that. Just music biopics in general. But you're right. We didn't see a, a flux of hip hop. Um, biopics come out after that. And, yeah. uh, I'm wondering why. But, I, I, but at the yeah. same time, I, I would rather them do it right than to just rush things out because True. I did not like that Tupac biopic at all. Oh, yeah, that was fucking horrible. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I would rather them have tabled that and just waited until you get the right team and the right, the right script and production they, didn't they uh, get the actually, same guy that played did. Tupac and Straight Outta Compton to? No, no, no. It was a different guy. Okay. But the guy that they picked. I mean, and this is also just poor filmmaking, in my opinion. You get a guy who hasn't done anything. This guy had no resume, and just because he looked like Tupac, they cast him, and that's yeah. very amateur, in my opinion. Absolutely. You need someone who's going to carry the film. Who well, who would ever think that fucking? Uh, you know, Taron Egerton would be playing Elton John for crying out loud, and he did it, and he fucking nailed it, in my opinion. So right, but Taron Egerton, uh, he also has a resume too. I mean, we yeah. know the guy can act. I mean, and this guy who played Tupac had nothing; like he had no film history. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like you don't really have to just look like yeah. the guy. You know what I mean? You got to yeah. get an actor. That's like, oh yeah, oh yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, it's it's more about. I would rather you just be a, a person that's great acting chops. Than someone who looks spot on like the person you're playing. Oh my god! I, I think like the the yeah. it, the one time where it was kind of like the best of both worlds was when we got a movie called Ray, and we got Jamie uh, Fox. Oh, yeah. Oh my god! Like yeah, yeah, yeah. As Ray Charles, like that was. I think like you know you think like Walk the Line was like mm -hmm. that was the one that set it off. But in my opinion, like the better of those two uh, of those movies that we've seen has been Ray. I, I don't think we've ever seen anything even come close to Ray. That movie was so good. His life story is just fascinating. Like insane, yeah. It's just he just has Ray Charles just had a fascinating a life that we can't even I can't even comprehend. Like, yeah, that movie was just amazing. So yeah, good. and catapult to Jamie Fox. I remember that year mm -hmm. was his year. I mean, he was he was nominated for Collateral as a supporting actor and oh. nominated for Best Picture. There, sorry, Rebecca, best picture Rebecca, Ray. Collateral, another Tom Cruise movie that you need to see. It is <laughs> Collateral is so fucking good. Oh I, yeah, I own that. Yeah, movie. Michael Mann. It's Michael Mann, right? It's Michael Mann. Yeah, is, yeah. That's so good. Yeah. So goddamn good. Um, yeah, but um, Wu-Tang, American Saga, that's something I highly recommend. You do not have to know anything about the Wu-Tang plan to enjoy it, and I feel that um, they're getting their proper due. Nice, nice. What else you got, man? Let's hear one more thing. Um, 
Bill Burr, Paper Tiger. Oh my! Oh my God! Oh my God! Okay, okay, we gotta like I I want you to talk about it, but we can't go too deep into this, dude. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna mimic any of his material. Oh my god, dude, I watched this as well. I watched this one as well. I'm a, I love Bill Burr. I listen to the Monday yeah. Morning Podcast. I love Bill Burr. I love FFs for Family. Fucking, dude, I gotta see Bill Burr perform live before I die. That has to happen. Yeah. Talk to me, man. Yeah. I'm sorry. Talk to me. Um, did anyone, I can't recall, did anyone review Dave Chappelle's Sticks and Stones? Uh, Dan West. Dan on 300. Dan, yeah, yeah Dan was talking about it. I, right? I watched it. I watched it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so there's a lot of similarities here. I mean, totally. Both Bill Burr and Dave Chappelle are just comedians who are fearless. Dude, be have, careful. Be careful with this one, I'll, Tristan. You gotta be hey, careful, dude, man. This hey, is, hey, it's not my show. They can crucify me all they I'm want, just right? Saying, I'm, right? I'm just saying, this is PC. Yeah, this is PC. Hey, I'm gonna give Tristan's this, like, I won't be on next week. I'll say whatever. I'm gonna give the disclaimer that Brian did not... Brian and Jake do not stand for anything that I'm gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it, man. Go, um, it's all yours. The all floor right. is yours, man. Alright, man. So, um, so, both Dave Chappelle and Bill Burr, they're both fearless comedians i think who are kind of attacking this outrage culture that we have right now where it's like they're making material just to deliberately offend people or at least to at least call out um the notion that we can't say certain things and i'm a guy who doesn't agree necessarily with everything that they say you know i don't agree with some of the stuff that dave Chappelle said in sticks and stones i don't agree with some of the stuff that bill Burr said in paper tiger but the jokes right at the same yeah they're jokes and yeah. i feel that comedy is just a place where you need to have some freedom i think that yes. if it's not funny don't support it yeah. don't laugh and don't support it you know dave Chappelle has a, a, a moment in his special where he says you clicked on my face <laughs> so this is what you're getting <laughs> you know and uh I feel that comedy is just a place where we shouldn't censor. I, I don't think it's fair to say we can make fun of all of these different groups, but don't, don't touch that group. <laughs> you know, we can make fun of all these different people, but don't talk about these guys over here. Yeah. And I feel that if it's tastefully done, and as long as it doesn't excite violence or harassment or any sort of egregious behavior, I feel that it's okay, you know, to at least make jokes about something that's tasteful, as long as you're not inciting something harmful against a group you know if you have a certain opinion and you can make it funny and i think a lot of things can be made funny that are uncomfortable you know if you if you're gifted as bill burr is or, or as talented as dave Chappelle, and you can actually artfully formulate jokes that that can convey your opinion but not necessarily um cause uh discrimination or, or feed a hateful culture I think it's warranted. I think it's okay. Yeah. And and both of these guys say things that I don't agree with. Bill Burr has these jokes against Michelle Obama. I love Michelle Obama. I'm a big supporter of Michelle Obama and, and the Obama administration. But he had these jokes against Michelle Obama, and I thought they were funny. <laughs> I mean, I laughed, and, and I'm like, I don't agree with you, but it's funny. I mean, this guy knows how to get his material across, even if you don't agree with him. Mm -hmm. You know? And... uh and I feel that, you know, we're, these guys are, are doing a great job at kind of towing the line, but not just saying things for shock value. They're not saying things just to piss you off. They're saying what they honestly feel. And one thing I think that Dave Chappelle does tremendously well is that he 
walks you through his thinking. Like he'll tell you why he feels a certain way to where you almost say, okay, I don't agree with you, but I see why you feel that way. <laughs> you know, I understand why you're, why you're coming at it this way. And, and that's, yeah. that's the skill set. You know, yeah. these guys are both, I think, geniuses in their field. And for as much as people even, talk about freedom of speech, dude, I think like this whole, I'm telling you, the way people are reacting online, the way people are, I think you're, tra- people are, re- are reacting to comics. I feel like comics are scared to tell these jokes, and I feel like you gotta have the Bill Burrs, you gotta have the Dave Chappelle stepping up and making a stand for comedy. And at the end of the day, these guys, at the end of the day, I think Bill Burr would gladly shake Michelle Obama's hand and have a good laugh. Well, he, and, and it's not anything insensitive. It's nothing, you know, racial or it's nothing just insensitive that he's saying. Yeah. It's basically yeah. just his opinion about certain things. And, and yeah. I don't think Bill Burr is, he's not pro left. He's not pro right. He's just saying what he feels. Oh, I've heard him. Know? I listen, I listen to him on the Monday morning podcast, dude. I, I, yeah. I I've listened to him. Like I know kind of like I know I know about him and like I know what he says. Like yeah. he's he's very he's ve- like he's he's very yeah, he's not pro left, right? He's just very Bill Burr. Dave Chappelle's the same yeah, way, the exact exactly. same way. They're they're not aligning with the certain yes. side. Some things they're going to agree with, some things they're not going to agree with on right. the, as far as I remember uh, like he was like you know, perspectives go. Years ago he was like Let's just give this administration a chance, blah, 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 you know, and like, you know, he's, yeah. being, you know, you know, he didn't know, he didn't know what's going to happen. So he's just like, let's, yeah. but that's just how he is, you know, he's just, I, 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 the I, SNL monologue from Chappelle. Yeah. 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 He was, he gave the, he said, let's give the Trump administration a chance. And yeah. a couple of years later, he's like, we gave him a chance. And all right, let's, <laughs> we know, need, let's, let's, let's pull back from the politics, guys. We got this is not the, this again, is not, we do not again, talk about is, that. This is not a, this is not something that PCL is standing behind. This is just my own personal opinion. People. I know, but, but I don't like it. I don't like, I don't like talking. I don't like political shit brought up on the podcast. But the point is, the point is. I'm telling you, I'm going to have some I, fucking I cunt. I'm going to have some fucking cunt on the next yeah. fucking episode with an iTunes review. And it's going to be your fucking fault, Tristan, because of this shit. I don't want to fucking three deal with stars. it. I don't want to fucking deal with a fucking three star review from some fucking cunt from Iowa that's bitching and moaning because it it got too political fuck you it never gets political on this show jesus christ it never does Dumb joe's typing right now as he reads some fucking anyway, twat um, out there. i just want to say that i think the the overall theme here is that even though i guess you can deem it political it's not they're not being political. They're just saying what they feel. Yeah. They're not aligning them. So they're not supporting a certain side. I mean, they're pissing off everyone. They're kind of like in the South Park vein, you know, where they're just basically saying what they feel regardless of who it pisses off. And I think comedy needs that. I think that yes. comedy needs to have yeah. a haven for comedies, for, for comedians to be able to, to tell their jokes and express themselves regardless of what they think people are going to feel about it and one thing i want to bring up is just netflix uh um, is a is a form that was heavily promoting both bill burr and um dave chappelle and i think that is what's going to separate them apart from the disney pluses the apple tv pluses yeah. because apple tv plus and disney plus let's face it they're never going to allow this shit on their their streaming form hell no so so i think netflix is always going to have um a safe haven for 
for comedians to come and, and say their material. I think that, I think yeah. Netflix is the place where comedians want to have their special now. Except for, I know Jim Gaffigan did the Amazon thing. That was kind of experimental. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, we'll we'll see how Amazon works out for Gaffigan. But like, yeah. as far as everybody else, I'm talking like the Rogans, I'm Chappelle, uh, even Theo Vaughn. Like they're all doing well. Netflix is the big ones. You're going to have your stragglers, but you're going to show up on Showtime. I get it. You're going to get your Steve-O special there. But, you know, like, I love, I love Steve-O. Don't get me wrong. And his special is fantastic. But I think Netflix is the place to go for, for your, for your comedy now. And it used to be HBO back in the day. Yeah. I agree with that. Oh, when yeah. I think stand-up comedy, I turn on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. And I think that's the advantage they're going to have over their competition is that Regardless of how much money Disney has, regardless of how much money Apple has, certain people are not going to want to fuck with them because mm-hmm. they're going to be censored. I yeah. Apple yeah. is Apple's doing family friendly only. They that was one of their mission statements early on. I don't know if that is going to be well, what it is. Well, Brian, being day. a music guy, if you ever listen to Apple, um, their uh, their the music stations, they're all bleeped. Mm. You know, they they don't even let you it's know like, cursing. It's like you know, buying a CD, like buying a CD at Walmart. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. But I mean, you can buy it buy an iTunes CD, and it's oh yeah, you can. Yeah, you totally. you have to purchase it though. But I, Tristan, Jake, this Tristan's not just saying this. This was something that we've actually talked about on the show before. That when they dropped news of the Apple service, it was originally going to be family friendly. So I don't know how family friendly they intend on being, but that's, that's what I've always heard about the service. Yeah, I, 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 I believe it. And you're right. I mean, anything can change if, you know, money talks and if they see an opportunity, they might, they might change their tune and they're going to change their tune long before Disney plus ever. will. yeah. Yeah. I, well, yeah, I, yeah. I think Disney is going to be able to, I think it's It's, it's really going to be interesting. Uh, once we get HBO max going, when they're all up and running, when everything is all up and running, man, it's really going to be interesting to kind of see and hear about the subscription numbers at that point. By the mm-hmm. time we get HBO Max, by the time NBC Universal gets their stuff off the ground, you know, CBS All Access, fucking Amazon, Netflix. I mean, it's it's crazy. We're going to be talking – some of the stuff we're going to be talking about in the episode, um, there's a lot going on with streaming services right now. Um, we are going to be talking about, uh, it, was that all you had for the Chappelle? I don't want to cut you off Chappelle and Bill Burr. Bill, I get, honestly, I'm going to give both of those specials a Tupperware. I thought they were, I'm going to give them both a Tupperware yeah. too. And I, I haven't laughed that hard in a while at a stand up special. And I'm not the type to laugh out loud, you know, in public, but I, I couldn't help myself. I was walking down the street, listening to Bill Burr and just freaking laugh yeah. hysterically. Crushing People thought it. I was probably crushing crazy. it in England. In England, yeah. which is very in England, yeah. yeah, very reserved and like, you know, you oh my know. god, and the Chappelle special, I mean, yeah. I was I was cackling like I I was <laughs> I, I can't describe what those specials did for me. I was like, okay, there's hope here as far as comedy is concerned Thank because you. these guys exactly. are fearless. Cuz you got and that's you got to take comedy back. You can't let like, I get it, man. Like, I, I believe a lot of these movements are so fantastic, but don't fuck with my comedy and don't fuck with what, uh, don't fuck with what a comedian can say. They're fucking jokes. 
And I, and I support a lot of these movements. I, I'm not ashamed to say, but at the same time, as long as you're not being insensitive yeah. and inciting some sort of violence or harassment towards right. certain groups, yeah. you know, and, and you can be funny and, and, and that's what it is. You know, being a comedian is a skill. Like if you can be like, uh, you know, uh, let's say a George Carlin or, or a Dave Chappelle or, or an Eddie Murphy who can, who can craft a joke to make people laugh, even when you don't believe in what they're saying, that, that's a skill. Yeah, absolutely. I think like, I think the world needs a, God, I wish George Carlin was still with us. We need him right now. Oh yeah. We need fucking, yeah. I'm in, I, I, we need fucking Richard Pryor. Oh yeah. You know, yeah, these yeah. are, it'll be interesting to see. Um, there's been lots of buzz that we're going to get an Eddie Murphy Netflix special coming Eddie out. Murphy? Yes. Oh, yeah. I'm I think he already, I mean, it's already official, right? He paid, he got like $60 million for Netflix. Yeah. He's, uh, here's the thing. He's going to be doing stand up comedy again is what I'm hearing. That's one thing. It's like how I, I hope he's been going around and doing just some small. Well, did you, small did you see his coffee with uh, getting coffee with comedians um, episode with Jerry Seinfeld? No, I, I have not. So, yeah, it's a, I recommend it. So he basically expressed, you know, how he's going to start getting into the clubs and he's Good. going to start working his Thank material. Thank goodness, because he needs to. That you can't just, you just can't. Fucking! You can't just jump on stage. After you can't. Years. That's not how comedy. <laughs> dry. That's yeah. not how comedy works. You need to go yeah. to different parts of the country. You need to test different. You need to test what works and what doesn't work, and then you need to put it all together finally, and then then do your Netflix special. I know you're Eddie Murphy. Did you guys hear about at TIFF, uh, the Toronto International Film Festival? They premiered uh, My Name Is Dolomite. Oh, how did no, you? I have not heard that. And I hear it's. The best Eddie Murphy shit that we've we've gotten in years. I hear it's fantastic. Awesome, that's awesome. Yes, yeah, I'm I'm glad to hear that because the same director that's doing that movie is doing the Coming to America sequel as well. Oh God, which um, I'm so worried about that dude. I'm worried about it too, but you know what? Um, everyone that's that's working on the show, or, I'm sorry, working on the film is having nothing but positive things to say about it. I mean, they got Ruth Carter from Black Panther doing the costumes. Um, it's, well, everybody's it's coming back. To, everybody's coming back yeah. from the original cast, too. Louis Anderson was saying how he said he feels this movie's going to make a billion dollars because he said he thinks this this is coming out better than he ever expected. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, it's it's it, everybody's coming back. Like, uh, the... Everyone. The, yeah, the original... Love interest. Even James Earl Jones. James Earl Jones. Fucking, uh, dude from Good Times. What's his name? Um. Oh, uh, James, John Amos. John Amos is coming back, dude. Wow. So. Yeah. I thought he was dead too. <laughs> Me too. Apparently not. John, oh my god. Remember, did you, did you John Amos fan? I remember him from fucking Coming to America, Good Times. And Roots. And Roots, dude. Roots. Yeah. Did you know, like, and I don't think they do it anymore, but every fucking, this is, you may think of, this is fucking weird, but every Christmas they used to pluck and play Roots on the Hallmark Channel. And I would watch Roots. I love Roots. I would watch it every Christmas. I do not want to watch Roots during Christmas. <laughs> yeah, it seems like an odd Christmas thing. It's yeah. the only time, dude, it's the only time they fucking played it, man. It's the only time they fucking played it. So I would make sure that I watched Roots and I would watch all like, they had the different Roots generations. 
You know what I mean? Like you went through like the early you went with you went with early Kunta Kinte, and then it was like then you went into uh, you know Chicken George, and then like later on they went into like what is it, Roots Generations or whatever, where it was like later. I dude, <laughs> I uh, Degrassi years, dude. <laughs> Roots Degrassi High. No man, it was the roots, only the college years, dude. It was the only time that they fucking I knew that they were playing Roots. And so I was like, it's Christmas time. I'm watch- it's Roots. And so I'd watch a Christmas story and, and Roots. <laughs> <laughs> it's, the, it's the only time. <laughs> it's, it's the only time I knew that they were playing it. So I would, I would wait around every Christmas and watch it. It oh, was boy, the times before <laughs> streaming and what you had to do to watch certain things. It's You're true. This was the early, this was the early 2000s. And it was like, um, <laughs> back when I, I, when I couldn't just order something off of like Voodoo, a red box or whatever. There wasn't even HD back then. No, no, there wasn't. So it was like, <laughs> I would wait to watch Roots at Christmas. It's not, it's, it's, it's like, it's, it, it makes more sense to watch Die Hard at Christmas than it does yeah, Roots. Yeah. Does Christmas just feel empty now ever since that that doesn't happen anymore? It's kind it is weird. <laughs> it is weird, dude. It's like, I need my LeVar Burton fix. So I do kind of like, I kind of watch, um, Star Trek and like pretend that maybe he's going through some stuff, but like, it's not the same, you know. So. <laughs> <laughs> Pretending that Jordy's going through some stuff. Yeah, no, like I pretend. I pretend. Well, he's on a ship, right? So, <laughs> Lord knows what, what's going on with Picard and Jordy behind the camera. Right? Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> This is fucked up. <laughs> oh, yes, the Tupperware Bill Burr. <laughs> nice try, Chris. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a family tradition over here. For uh yeah, it's can you imagine me with a family, Tristan, me and my white family watching Roots for Christmas? <laughs> Gather round the fireplace, children. <laughs> this is oh god. Oh, it's terrible. It's terrible. Um That's terrible. I, I do you <laughs> um did you if you have if, if, if you if you have any more good pop bad pop Tristan we can talk about it here in a moment um I want to talk I just want to direct all the hate mail to Tristan com and not PCL Thank you thank you no I I'll, I'll hear about it in an iTunes review and I will thank you for it later so I don't give a shit whatever um, three stars I used to listen to PCL because they refused to talk about political stuff and then, yeah. Until this episode. Until this episode. Yeah. Which we didn't even really get too political in. All we just did was like name no, drop a couple people. So, uh, speaking of streaming services, um, Apple Plus is going to be, uh, launching their service on November 1st. And they debuted the C trailer, uh, S-E-E, uh, starring Jason Momoa. Uh, and this is going to be an eight episode sci-fi drama series. 
It's going to star Jason Momoa and Alfre Woodard. It's a high-concept series that takes place in the future where humanity has lost the ability to perceive the world with sight. Everyone is blind. Uh, it will follow the story of fearless leader Baba Voss, played by Jason Momoa, the father of twins born centuries later with the mythic ability to see who must protect his tribe against a powerful yet desperate queen who believes it's witchcraft and wants them destroyed. So basically this is a future where for years and years and years, centuries now, people have not been able to see. And so sight for some people is just kind of like a myth. Like they've heard like uh, stories of people that used to be able to see and now these two twins have been born that can see and you have a queen that rules these lands or whatever uh, and she believes that uh, it's witchcraft and she wants them wants them killed. It's uh, this series has been uh, penned by Stephen Knight from Peaky Blinders and Taboo, um, also last year's Serenity film. Uh, and also Francis Lawrence is going to direct the series who did the Hunger Games. Guys, we saw the trailer. I uh, sent you both the trailer. And um, I wanted to know your thoughts. Jake, I'll start with you. What did you think about uh, the trailer for C coming to Apple Plus? Um, I'm going to just give it a middle-of-the-road taste it. Um, I was super impressed with the production levels and the money obviously spent on this show. Um, I thought the scenery and cinematography from what we saw in this teaser looked incredible. Um, I kind of rolled my eyes a lot during the second half of this trailer. I thought the Queen character came off as very campy, cheesy, B-sci-fi movie-like. And that was kind of a little bit against the feelings that I got from the first half of the trailer. Um, as soon as like she recites the line, like, you know, the babies can see, bring them to me. I'm like, what the fuck? Like this seems so sincere and grounded. And now it's turned into mighty Morphin power Rangers villain type levels. And I don't know, that character seemed just like way too obnoxious of an evil queen villain character. You know, you know, it reminded me of Jake. What's that? Was, uh, the evil queen in Willow. Bring me the Daikini baby. Yeah, bring them to me now. <laughs> it was just such a tropey oh, moment yeah. that I couldn't believe I was seeing in what seems like a very interesting original world building concept. I I was very confused why we went to the paint by numbers evil queen villain story in this. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I'll definitely check this show out, but. I don't know. I, I thought this trailer was just middle of the road. Taste it, and the second half was nearly a toss. It. What did you think, Tristan? I'm gonna echo what Jake said. Um, it's visually stunning. You can see that Apple's putting a lot of money into their programming, which is great. I mean, this looks like this looks very cinematic, and um, you can tell that there's just tons of money being dumped into this thing. I can't say that I'm thrilled to watch this show. I just can't say it. You know, like I, I watched it and I thought, okay, you know, if nothing else is on, I'll check it out. <laughs> you know, I'm going to give it probably a middle of the road to taste it as well. I mean, one thing I have to say, though, is if everyone is blind, you're in a society where no one can see, why are you spending time 
twisting your braids, Alfred Voter. Like, why are you, like, creating hairstyles and things like this that people can never fucking see? Oh, my God. What a great point. Like, you... Yeah, <laughs> I never even I, I mean, thought of that. If, if no one could, if no one could see, I'm not shaving. I'm not yeah. doing my hair. I'm not doing shit. Right, dude. I'm not even getting dressed. You know what I mean? I assume it, everyone would be bald in that society. Like you just, yeah. it, it, what use is the hair? Just get rid of it. Yeah, and and also eyes are very sensitive. I mean, they're in the woods and shit. A twig can poke your fucking eyeball out any time. You couldn't even see it coming. So wouldn't everyone have their eyes covered or protected too, since they have no other fucking use? Yeah, no shit. Know? No shit. Yeah, your eyes are kind of like, damn, you're fucking, you're poking holes in this, <laughs> like, poking eyeballs in your scenario <laughs> that you just brought if up. If you're walking through the, if you're crawling yeah, through the woods, you're going to get your eye fucking poked out. There's tons of fucking sharp things in the woods, right? Yeah. I mean, you, you might, have you to might, protect them, cover them up. You might run into big Don Jay's dick in the woods, <laughs> for all you know. Might pop Hope your fucking eye eyeball out. <laughs> fucking. <laughs> I, yeah. I am going to, here's the thing, guys. Like, I... This name carries a lot of weight for me. It's been written by Stephen Knight. That name carries a lot of weight for me. I'm, I'm a big fan of Stephen Knight. Um, I'm going to give the trailer itself a high taste it. But I think this, and honestly, I'll be honest with you, I think it, just from the trailer, it was some of the best acting <laughs> that I've seen from Jason Momoa. Just from the trailer, I know it's not a lot, but like I was really impressed. I was like, this just this doesn't even seem like I'm watching Jason Momoa right now. I'm gonna give it a high taste. I think it's a it's a it's a pretty cool concept. I think the concept itself is is pretty cool. The fact that uh, nobody has been able to see, and now you've got like the the two twins that are able to, and uh, you know you've got a small group of people that are trying to protect them and. And uh, I, I, I'm going to give it a high taste it. And I think that because it is Stephen Knight, this, this season, this series could actually be really tremendous given his writing. This guy is, in my opinion, just talented as fuck. I think yes. he's great. So, and it did, lo it looked cinematic as all hell. I was just like, oh my, it, it feels like you're, watching a trailer for a movie you know so yeah apple plus definitely I agree put, with some, that. put some money into this but um i'm a big fan of stephen knight i put a lot of stock in that name and um we'll see what happens here i am excited to see this are you guys going to be subscribing to apple plus it's going to launch on november 1st and they're coming out with a four ninety nine a month, which makes sense because they really don't have a lot to offer us besides this series, um, the morning show, morning show, and then also the Haley Steinfeld show. I, I know that there's a few more. I, I actually got an email from Snoopy in Apple. Space. Snoopy in Snoopy space. in Space. Yeah, I won't be watching. Right? I don't know. I'm. Um, I, I will be subscribing to Apple Plus. Um, it's kind of a catch twenty two though. Um, they're also giving you a free year with the purchase of an any new Apple device. Yeah, and it's oh. time for Michelle to get a new phone, so sure. it'll just kind of go hand in hand. We'll have Apple Plus for free for a year. I haven't been awesome. able to uh, like. 
I, I'm on an old Verizon plan. And so if I, like an unlimited plan where they don't throttle my internet, it's just, it's an amazing unlimited plan. And if I fucking, uh, you know, get a new upgrade, I lose that plan. So I've had to either get, I, I get hand-me-down phones <laughs> from, from. Yeah, you've been in this situation since I've known you. Uh-huh. It's cause the new plans, if I get the new unlimited Verizon plan, they will throttle me after so many gigs. And they will throttle my internet speeds. And I'm on an old grandfathered plan to where I can fucking, I, dude, I, I never get on Wi-Fi. I'm just always on my fucking LTE 4G. I'm, I never get on Wi-Fi. Fuck Wi-Fi. I'm like. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, so. But I'll lose, I'll get, my, my speeds will get throttled if I fucking upgrade, so. And they're always, they're always offering me everything. I'm surprised if fucking Verizon don't come over here and try to suck my dick. Dude, I'm getting fucking text messages Shit. all the time from Verizon. We'll give you this, we'll give you that. I'll fuck, I'll, I'll fuck, I'll love you long time. Dude, fuck off, man. I'm not doing I'm it. I'm surprised they don't send people over to fucking throttle you around at this point. <laughs> no shit. Fucking big, big Don Jay over here whipping, <laughs> whipping that big dick out saying, Hey, let's have a roll in the hay, man. Big, big Don Jay. What the fuck is that shit about? Are you 12? Are you fucking 12? Big Don Jay. Are you a fucking 12 year old? My name's Big Don J, and I'm going to comment on someone's giant ego. What the fuck, dude? That's like, the, the fucking irony there. Yeah. What the yeah. fuck, man? Big Don uh, J. he's very egotistical or he's a goddamn liar. Jesus Christ. Get the fuck yeah. out of here. Fucking pusshole. Um, Apple Plus launches November 1st, $4.99 a month. I'm definitely going to be checking this one out. Like. I'll t- I'll check it out. I don't think they're going to have the content that Disney Plus has. Well, no, yeah. Um, but you, you know the money's there, though. So the they're money. Gonna get, they're going to get something worth watching, I think. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's big news this week, right, that um, – oh, God, I'm forgetting the guy's name. Um, one of the big Apple chairmen left the Disney board. Hmm. God, I'm forgetting his name. But yeah, he was on both boards. He was like on the creative board for Disney Plus, and because of Apple streaming, he had to resign from the Disney Plus board. Oh wow, mm-hmm. a conflict of interest there. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Did you see that Disney Plus launched for free in the Netherlands two months early? I did. Yeah. I seen, like all the screenshots of everyone um, posting about it and everything. It looks really cool. Does that mean though that? What we're seeing is also going to be what we're seeing internationally is going to be stuff that they're carrying over to the U.S. because X Men the Animated Series is on the Disney Plus over in the Netherlands. Does that mean they, they've announced that that's official now? Okay, they that that they're so it's not just an international thing. So it can't they can launch it on U.S. subscription services because. If if we're talking about streaming services and international stuff, here's the thing. Like people overseas, like over in Europe, were able to watch the movie Annihilation on Netflix. We here in the States had to go see that in the theater. But we did get to see it early if we wanted to, if you're an Alex Garland fan. Now, um, Titans was on DC Universe, which was not available in Europe, but – 
once the series was completed, European Netflix got all of Titans. So I was just curious, X-Men the Animated Series, are we getting it here in the U.S. or is there some kind of like restrictions? No, I, I thought um, Disney Plus, like on their Twitter, made an official n- announcement about all the 90s cartoons that they were going to be featuring. Hmm. And X-Men and Spider-Man and all their Disney afternoon stuff were all brought up in that. Very cool. Yeah, I was just curious. I had no idea. Yeah, I, I'm ready for an X-Men, the animated series rewatch. It's, it's been quite a long time. And that was I, Spider-Man, too. Those were both excellent animated series that Definitely. were... And they did a good job of – they were one of the earliest animated series, I think, of where it mattered watching previous episodes. It wasn't just one yeah. and dones over and over again. Yeah. Yeah, there are a lot of continuations. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll be excited to revisit both those shows. I said it on episode 299, but I did the Disney Plus for three – I have it for three years now. I did Same it. Same here. I, you did it as well, the three for two? I Oh, I got it like right before midnight before it ended. Nice, nice. I, I, uh, yeah, I was like, I was like waiting for that email from them to send it to me. And I was like, I've got to do it. It's just a bargain because like it works out to be like $3 and 90 cents a month or something ridiculous at the end of the day. So I'm excited about it. I'm also excited about just revisiting a lot of old Disney classics as well. Yeah, very much the same. It's going to be hard to even decide what to watch. Yeah. Disney Plus Day One. Oh, Disney Plus watch. Day One, I'm on the Mandalorian stick, dude. Yeah, but that's an hour. An hour later, what are you watching? Oliver and Company. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. That's a good yeah. one. Billy Joel yeah. classic there. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen that since the 80s. I haven't seen that since it came out. Yeah, I loved that movie. Do you think uh, Do you think it's going to crash? Do you think they're going to... Yes, 100%. I think they'll intentionally make it crash so yeah. they can just to have the headlines. Right? I think, yeah, positive yeah. spin report it crashing. I think, like, yeah. Disney is kind of like Nintendo with, like, running out of stock on fucking consoles. Yeah. I Any of these big things that are connected to internet streaming these days seem like that's the trick they pull. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, it was so popular that it crashed immediately. You know, oh, it's almost the like internet. Yeah, you should take the next day off work, not the first day of Disney Plus, but the second day. Big, that's my re- recommendation. Big Dong Jay's dick is just so big that I fucking <laughs> I couldn't handle it. So big, oh, I can't take that. Oh my god, it broke everything. Oh, I'm so I'm so tight. I can't take all that in. Big Dong, Big Dong Jay, you big bad boy with your big dong. You're a fucking, you're a fucking infant with your fucking (laughs) stupid fucking iTunes name, Big Dong J. I got the big fucking, are you fucking kidding me? You fucking, you fucking juvenile with your fucking juvenile name on iTunes and you're gonna get on here and call me out for my big ego. My, my big ego. Your big dick, right? Big huge dick, <laughs> fucking gargantuan cock. Get the fuck out of here! I hope you make it through this episode, just like the last woman you were with. I hope she made it through your big dick. <laughs> fucking oh my god, she she, she it's it's amazing. Like she fucking she gave you a blowjob, and then she also she she also got her tonsils removed at the same time. 
<laughs> Twofer. Twofer. Thank you, Big Dong J and your big dick. <laughs> Who needs insurance when you got Big Dong J? Who needs Big Yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. I'm choking on something. Oh, don't worry. I'll stick my fucking big dick in your mouth. You're choking on some big dong must be like four rooms away. He's got his fucking big plunger of a cock down your throat. (laughs) Fucking asshole. (laughs) Fuck you, you fucking juvenile piece of shit. Go fuck yourself. Oh, you probably could with your huge cock. Your Your fucking belt penis that you could fucking wrap around through your legs and shove it up your own anus. You... Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm trying to figure out. Yeah, the so I'm excited for the Mandalorian. <laughs> it's like a running gag at this point. <laughs> oh man! Yeah. I couldn't even have told you we were talking about the Mandalorian. <laughs> I uh, I, this is the last thing that I have. No, hold on, I, I, Jake. I I don't know what you got for good pop, bad pop, but I do know what you should be talking about for good pop, bad pop. You've been watching Demon Slayer. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I did not have that on the list, but I would. I can talk about it. Oh, wow, you sound you sound so excited to talk about it. <laughs> no, I mean, I, it's it's been fantastic. It's probably maybe the best anime I've seen this decade. Um, wow. You know, I I know a lot of people that kind of roll their eyes when you're dealing with anime and just don't watch it, never have don't think it's something they would enjoy but i honestly i think this is one of those transcending series that if you've never watched the anime if the last one you watched was you know freaking who knows i'm trying to think of what one of the cartoon network popular ones was yeah fucking Um, like cowboy bebop or something cowboy bebop that's a perfect example like if that's the last thing you saw and then you haven't dug anything since i mean you need to check this out um just to put it into perspective, I know Cartoon Network just bought the rights to this. They they paid quite a pretty penny. Yeah. They're actually going to debut it on Toonami, I believe, in October. That's awesome. So if you don't have – if you're not into the Funimation, you know – and I get it. If you're not an anime fan, why are you going to pay for a streaming service just to check out this one show based on a recommendation? And that makes sense to me. But don't miss the boat when it shows up on Cartoon Network. Uh, we'll surely bring it up again before it premieres to, to remind you. But, yeah, if you're already getting Cartoon Network, you're doing a giant disservice to at least not watch a couple episodes of this thing. And I definitely recommend you watching two episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, first episode is very good, yeah, but it's pretty much all set up. Yeah, And then the second episode is the one that will really just smack you in the face with what this show is trying to do. Um, you know, on paper... Um, a lot of the storyline and a lot of the plotting may seem very tropey, may seem very paint by numbers, but man, the presentation and the emotion behind everything is just on another level with this yeah. show. Yeah. Wait until and, you get uh, to like, I mean, I, I can't even remember what episode I'm on, but I think I'm only three episodes behind. I, I, I've had a lot going on, especially the last you know few weeks I've had a lot going on. And I haven't been able to sit down and, and watch anime. I think I'm only I'm only one episode behind on Doctor Stone. I am loving Doctor Stone. It is yeah. So I need to get good. on Doctor Stone. I, I've read like the first thirty chapters of that in it Shonen is, Jump, and I and I love it. It's um, phenomenal. I don't know why I haven't watched it yet. It's phenomenal. It's so good. It's so good. Um, 
Right. Oh, man. Uh, a warning out there. I mean, a lot of people have that weird thing where if it's a cartoon, they associate with, with children's programming and they just won't give it the time of day. Yeah. This is not. Demon Slayer is not a children's program. Fuck no. Um, it's violent as shit, too. Yeah. Yeah. In the first 22 minutes, you're going to see lots of death. Lots of serious impact from that death. Yeah. Like, lots of heavy fucking shit going on Jake, here. I've never done this before, but I pre-ordered all the fucking figures that are coming out for... Yeah, TV. you know, I saw that you did that before I'd seen a single episode of the show. Yeah. Kind of rolled my eyes at that, not going to lie. Okay. Now I'm like, fuck, I'm jealous. Dude, I... I'm And, and some of these... They're gorgeous fi- figures, They're too, gorgeous I mean. figures, and some of them are sold out. Like the the Netsuko is sold out, you know. As far as I know, like on the Crunchyroll app, on the Crunchyroll site, this Crunchyroll store. But like, dude, I fucking it. This show, it's 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 a very like I I've fallen in love with this fucking show. So I was like, I got to get these fucking figures. I want something of this show, you know, to own. So oh, dude, it's a great buy. I think it's a great investment at this point. I mean, yeah. I think this show, as soon as it hits the masses. And oh, is a Cartoon yeah, Network dude. show and not just one of these streaming shows. Yeah. This is going to be – it's going to be everyone talking about Everybody's this show. Everybody's going to be talking about Even if you don't watch it, you're going to know of it. This show is going to be huge. Demon Slayer is <laughs> the shit. Demon Slayer is the shit. Hey, um, guess what's getting shipped to me between September 25th through the 27th? What's that? My Sega Genesis Mini. Oh, that's nice. Oh. That's nice. I decided not to buy the Sega Genesis Mini. I hemmed and hawed about it, eh? but I bought this really fantastic collection for the Switch just a few months ago for like fifteen bucks. That has fifty Sega Genesis titles on it, and it's really only missing about four or five titles from the Mini. So I, I just can't justify, yeah, buying the Mini as well. I just don't have a Nintendo Switch, which. Honestly, over the last six months, I kind of wish I do because it seems like it's a pretty solid system, which their previous system seems like they kind of, I don't know, it feels so weird. Like they kind of abandoned. Nintendo's like Star Trek movies. It's like every other one is good and every other one is shit. That's wild. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Demon Slayer, what are you going to rate it, dude? It's a Tupperware for me. And I'm intentionally not really talking about the story and the plot. I mean, you've talked about that before, yeah, you know? Yeah, I Honestly, I, one of the greatest things about this show to me is just the, the different places it goes and the different beats that it takes. And I think it does a disservice to even, like, tell you the base plot. I think this is just a show you need to watch. You'll, you'll get what it's trying to do within one episode. It's a dope show. Like, I'm telling you, it's guys. It is amazing. It is really good. And the animation, like, when they go into action sequences and when they, he does, like, his water elemental fucking stuff. It just, it's fucking gorgeous. It is fucking gorgeous. Oh my God. Yeah, it, it's not, it's not too many animes where I, I actually care about the well being of the characters and their safety and what will happen to them in the future. But like the main character's sister is like such an interesting character. Like I feel so much emotion towards that character and yeah. what's going to happen to her. I, it's just <laughs> such a crazy show. I yeah, the relationship between him and his sister is just one of the things in this show that later on as you're watching the series you will get you will well up. I uh, um it's it's very Oh, emotional. I imagine. Yeah. I, I can't imagine it any other yeah. way at this point. Yeah. Um 
I got one more thing that I'm going to talk about. Then I'm going to let you guys kind of like finish this out with good pop, bad pop. I, I just want to. I went and saw Hustlers today. This was oh the, yeah, yeah yeah the one movie that I get to see. did did you get to see this Tristan at all? I did see it. You did awesome. Yeah, uh, inspired by the viral New York Magazine article, and I. What's crazy is I remember this article. Like I remember the story when it came out, and like it blew the fuck up. Like it was all over like the front pages of like everything. And so I, I, I remember reading about this story. So like when this movie came out and I found out that it was based on this article, I was just like, holy shit. Um, it's uh, Hustlers follows a crew of savvy former strip club employees who band together to turn the tables on their Wall Street clients. And it's directed by Lorraine Scafaria. Uh, as far as I know, she's, She's done a little bit of directorial work. She directed a TV movie. She directed a few episodes of New Girl. I think three episodes of New Girl, uh, the Zoe Deschanel uh, series. Uh, this one stars Constance Wu uh, from Crazy Rich Asians, uh, Jennifer Lopez um, from The Block. No, she's just – I'm just uh, – she's still just Jenny from The Block, isn't she, isn't she Jake? <laughs> She's uh don't don't uh what was it pay no what is it what did she take don't don't worry about the diamonds that the rocks she's got no the the rocks that she got right was it the rocks that she got the rocks I'm still I'm still don't Jenny from the, the block used to have a little Jenny now I got a lot something 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 yeah that was her yeah. uh, also stars Julia Stiles Julia Stiles uh not really um she was once I felt like in the early 2000s she was kind of like a there was a push there, dude. There, yeah, definitely yeah. a huge push for Julia Stiles there in the uh, yeah, early two sure. thousands, and then and then she then like we didn't see her for like uh, what felt like half a decade, and then she showed up in a Bourne movie, and we we're like, I remember her, and and, and then she shows up, <laughs> then she shows up in this movie, um, yeah, yeah. So uh, this movie, um, Tristan, I, I'm actually gonna start, I'm gonna rate this one first. I. Uh, Recently saw a movie with a bunch of women that get together and they fucking form like a, a, a super group that goes out and, you know, takes advantage of, uh, of, uh, how do I say, that goes out and fucking, they, they, they build an empire. They build, an, let me just say it that, they build an empire and, uh, the movie was called The Kitchen with Melissa McCarthy and Elizabeth Moss and Tiffany Haddish and, uh, it was a, it was a steaming pile of crap in my opinion. I tossed the fuck out of that movie. Thought it was horrible. This movie, we've got a bunch of a group of women uh, that are uh, exotic dancers that go out and uh, take advantage of uh, Wall Street uh, people in Wall Street and um, take their money. And uh, I took where the fuck out of this movie. It, they, they, I, the Constance Wu and Jennifer Lopez are just absolutely incredible in this fucking movie this is this is how you tell a story my biggest problem in in here's the thing my biggest problem with the kitchen is not the was was not the actors i thought elizabeth moss was great in the movie i thought donald gleason was fantastic i thought uh, melissa mccarthy was good tiffany haddish was she's not ready for that type of role in my opinion i think she's got a I think she's she's great at the comedy stuff, but I think she's got a long way to go when it comes to kind of like doing the dramatic stuff. But it was the storytelling in the kitchen that was not good. It was just not good. It was just 
th- there was no, we didn't see like that rise to power. It was just like, we're going to do this. And the next thing you know, like they did it. And then now they, they run the neighborhood and it's like, okay, whatever. This was like, this breaks everything down. Like when I, when I watch this movie, I'm thinking of movies kind of like, like Goodfellas, you know, where you see like somebody come from, from nothing and they, they get into like this criminal element and they, they get all the riches and you see how they're right. living. And yeah. this is like, yeah, this is like, this is, uh, you know, yeah, I'm kind of, I guess I, in a way I'm comparing this to Goodfellas without all like the violence, of course. But, um, I, uh, this story blew me away. Tristan, I want you to talk about it and we can kind of talk about it non-spoilery as we can. Okay. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I, I wasn't familiar with the actual story. I mean, I knew it was based on a true story, but I had no idea what this was about. I just kind of went into it blind. And in the first half, I really liked the first half. The first half is um, just showing kind of the standard sort of stripper hustle, you know, where, where they, you know, they go in there and they they make their money and they have to learn the the moves and all this stuff. And we've seen that done before dude, in, dude, in dude. previous strippers. The fucking scene, what, what, what really stood out to me though, in breaking down a scene is like something I've never seen. They're, the pole dancing, as far as like the, the art and how they do it, like it's not easy. And like the whole scene of Jennifer Lopez showing Constance Wu all the different, like how to pole dance, like the, the Peter Pan and, yes. and the, all this stuff. Yeah. Dude, it was, um, I, I think it was an incredible scene. Like, like we and didn't we, 50 year old woman. Yes. Yes. Oh my God. Jennifer Lopez is just, honestly, I think like I, first off, Tupper, I, I'm going to Tupperware this movie. I, it, it's absolutely fantastic in my opinion. And I think Jennifer Lopez's performance is so she's good in this. And like, I've always kind of like wondered like, why the fuck are all these guys like going crazy over Jennifer Lopez as far as like, you know, Ben Affleck. I'm talking about like her ex-husbands, like Ben Affleck and who is, who else was she with? Was she? Oh, A-Rod, Diddy, um, uh, Mark Anthony. Yeah. I'm like, why are these guys, I think this movie kind of showed me like why these guys are crazy for her. (laughs) I think, I honestly, I think that there's more to her than just like, as far as like, you know, what we see on the surface. I think oh, oh yeah. you can definitely see like she's very talented and I and um no it, it's not it's not all about like the striptease stuff there's no uh, we we don't get any Jennifer Lopez nudity or and, you know Casas Wu's not fucking you know shaking her you tits You see a lot of ass stuff. though. You do see a lot of ass but it's I there's I don't know there's something about Jennifer Lopez's performance in this that was I was just like oh my god she's she's really really good like really good at this role for some reason like yeah, I haven't she really she oh go ahead yeah, I'm sorry I she really can yeah she really convinced you that she was the the kind of mama bear there you know the person she was, who knows the ropes and, she was the fucking Danny Ocean of this group yeah yeah yeah, and um, you know, it was as I mentioned um before, the first half is very uh just kind of stripper related and then they talk about the crash in two thousand eight, the recession, and how that affected them. And I had no idea. I mean it makes sense, you know. 
the recession happened, so all these rich Wall Street guys are not coming in the strip clubs and throwing tens of thousands at you anymore. Yeah. So then what do you do? You know, and so a lot of these people, you know, they, they have to figure something out. <laughs> they have to pursue other means of, of income. And, you Dude, know, a lot of oh, my God. When she's yeah. talking about like, um, so Ramona got a job in fashion. I was just like, and then they show her fucking folding clothes, folding yeah. clothes in an old navy. That, okay, so that, so that part was the okay. I was thinking, okay, you guys are making more than brain surgeons, as Constance Wu's character says. How the hell are you working at Old Navy a year later? Like, I just don't get that. Yeah, but but at the same time, you know, I, I could see. You know, they were saying that they hit hard times, and there was a period where people aren't wasting money on strip clubs anymore. So yeah. that's when they came up with their scheme. And the second half is more like the Goodfellas, um, the crime movie that you're talking about. You know, right. that's pretty interesting because, you know, I'd never seen that play out in this kind of setting before with women and strippers and, you know, in a modern day setting like that. And I kind of wish they spent a little bit more time on that. It seemed that part seemed a little rushed to me, but but that whole aspect of it was very fascinating. Jake, listen to this. Here's, I'm not going to spoil too much. Here's their scam. They would, they had, they would, they would meet these guys at the bar. They would basically see guys at the bar and they visually would look at them. They would look for a wedding ring. They wanted to know that these guys were, you know, tied down. They also wanted to make sure that these guys had a lot of money. So they weren't looking just at their jackets. They were also looking at like their accessories, like their watches, expensive. Their shoes. their shoes was like a big thing. Yeah. And so like they're looking for that whale. And here's the thing. They're looking for guys that are married because like if these guys, like they get these guys and they get their money off their credit cards. If these guys go to the cops and say, yeah, these strippers took all the money off of my credit card did a cash advance off my credit card. There's trouble at home. <laughs> There's trouble at home. Yeah. So like yeah. what they would do is they would get these guys, they would lure them in. One of the girls would drop, basically it was a combination of ketamine and MDMA. The ketamine was to make them forget everything that happened that night. And the MDMA was going to be the drug that's going to make them happy all night. So they're happy, and then they pass out and forget everything that fucking happened that night. They wake up, and all their money's gone off their credit card or whatever. And, like, this is the scam that they – like, they this one guy, they talk – and this is not spoilers. Like, this is in the trailer. This one guy did it four fucking times. And they took him for a hundred and forty-three thousand fucking dollars. He came back Holy after the shit. after the first time he did it. He came back three more fucking times. <laughs> he came back. He oh, had so three more fucking times. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, they specifically targeted people also that had a shitload of money and also could afford to lose five thousand dollars here and there. Yeah, and make a big stink about it too. You know. Oh well, I guess that's just a loss. You know. I mean, that's that. Those are the kind of guys they were targeting, mm-hmm. and you know the whole wedding ring thing. That's that's pretty genius because you're right. It's like you have this scam going on, but no one who who's married is going to want to make that public. And it was also an ego thing too. They were saying how the guys didn't want to go to the cops saying, "Hey, some strippers drugged me and took my money." You know, <laughs> dude, 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 dude. The whole fucking the the. 
the baking scene. Oh, there's a, there's a couple of scenes in this that are just fucking worth the price of admission. The fucking the baking scene. The girls baking, making, and baking that fucking the ketamine MDMA fucking uh, recipe that they had. That six, right. that sixty forty reference when they're fucking when they're flicking the drugs like the little powder in their face like it's like you're watching like you know like a rom com <laughs> Lucy and Ethel yeah yeah Lucy and <laughs> Ethel with the flower yeah man and and they're doing it with drugs I'm I'm rolling there and then the whole scene where they have to take naked dude into the hospital I'm just like oh my god this dude this is. Jake, this is a fantastic movie. This, like, Jennifer Lopez, hands down, is so good in this. Constance Wu, fantastic. These two are great together. It's also a movie, not only is it about, you know, strippers, but it's also about friendship, which is really cool. And that's the thing, it's like, um, I think this movie does a lot to show you, like, what these women that do this job are going through. A lot of them are mothers. A lot of them are, a lot of them, are trying to get through college. A lot of them, and this is the only way that they feel that they can do it is doing this. And I, some of the stuff that had me cracking up was just like them, the girls back behind, uh, you know, uh, behind the stage, you know, in their dressing rooms. And they're talking about like, yeah, I do this. And all these guys are coming on to me all night and, Rubbing their hard dick against me, blah, blah, blah. The last thing I want to fucking see when I get home is a hard dick, you know? And <laughs> I'm just, I'm laughing that like I'm having, I'm thinking like there's a lot of funny moments in this. And, uh, um, yeah, this movie's, um, a lot of the, uh, supporting cast is filled with known, um, personalities. There's Cardi B and there's Lizzo and all these other people, these, uh, um, outlandish personalities that people are familiar with. And I thought, Cardi B was fantastic in the short amount of time that she had. She was. I mean, She's really yeah. good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, it's a, it's a tough word for me too. Yeah. I thought that I really, I mean, I really thought this was a fantastic movie. Yeah. I thought it was Constant really Wu good. too. Um, I love the fact that, you know, we have an Asian lead in this movie and it's yeah. not an Asian role, you know? Right. I mean, that yeah. could have been anyone, you know, and it wasn't, Hey, let's cast this person because it calls for an Asian person. It's just, you know, very non-stereotypical Asian role too, you you know? They got the best, I think they got the best actor for the role in that. Yeah. Because I thought she had great, like, I thought she had great chemistry with Jennifer Lopez. Like, I was really Uh, into that friendship, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Jake, this is one, I think, I think this is one that you would really like to watch. Yeah, this looks fantastic. Uh, I've seen nothing but um, glowing reviews too from kind of our peers on on Twitter and the Facebooks. So nice. yeah, I, need I think to it's at like out. an eighty nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I, yeah, I'm shocked. Goldfinch comes out twenty percent or whatever the fuck it was. <laughs> like bombs at TIFF, and like Goldfinch was one of those movies. I was like, oh my god, what a cast! Ansel yeah. Elgort, fucking Jeffrey Wright, who I love from Westworld. Nicole Kidman, who I love from everything. She was married to Tom Cruise at one. <laughs> Take that, Rebecca. I love. <laughs> I'm kidding. I. She can't uh, escape yeah. it, even when she's not on. Exactly. I, 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 dude. After I watched the C trailer, I watched it on YouTube. Um, 
it goes right into the Top Gun Maverick trailer. Dude, oh my god. And I, I couldn't stop watching. I can't, I can't stop watching the Top Gun Maverick trailer. It's so good. Oh my god. Can you imagine if you were in the world of sea and you weren't able to see Top Gun? Oh my god, Jake, why are you doing, you're fucking with, why are you doing this to me right now? <laughs> maybe maybe your kids would be able to see it. Oh my! They God. weren't kidnapped by the evil queen, dude. As soon as soon as I hear that that trailer start, you hear like the that dong, you know that sound at the mm-hmm. dong. Oh my! Oh my God! <laughs> oh, oh, I love Top Gun. Love Tom, love Tom Cruise. Huge fan of Tom Cruise. I love, you know, I, I love Tom Cruise. Every incarnation of Cruise doesn't matter. Crazy Cruise don't matter. Jump, jump on a couch, Cruise. Do it. Go ahead. That was a stunt. That was a stunt. He did it. <laughs> there's been a lot of people. I guarantee you, there's been a lot of uh, related deaths to people jumping on couches. I guarantee you, some people have jumped on couches and and died. And Tom, I Cruise- heard he spent four months going to Sears <laughs> and jumping on couches. Uh, I, I was laughing hysterically last week on 300 when I, I forgot who it was who mentioned it. It might have been Brooke or someone yeah. who mentioned that he would have built his own Iron Man suit. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, that was funny. No, yeah, that was Brooke. And I was like, come on, now you're just being, now you're just being silly with this shit. <laughs> Stop it. Stop. Do not besmirch my Tom Cruise. <laughs> I'm g- next cat that I buy. I'm naming him Tom Cruise. I'm telling you, promise. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, that's a promise. My next cat that I that I purchase, I'm na- I'm naming him Tom Cruise. I, I adopt the cat. His name is. He's getting Tom Cruise. Tom Cat Cruise. Tom Cat. Yeah. Tom Cat Cruise. Tom Cat Cruise. <laughs> All right, guys. All right, guys. I'm done with good pop, bad pop. Do you guys have anything that you want to finish on? Did anyone see? Uh, go ahead. I have a couple things I want to bring up, but both very quick. Um, I did something that I haven't done in a long time. I actually picked up the new Stephen King hardback this week. Have you guys seen this at all? Um, um, no. No. Maybe if you tell me, it'll jog my memory because I see a um, lot of stuff. It's called the Institute. No, I haven't. And I, I'm actually really interested in this. Um, I've got the description in my notes. I want to read it to you guys. This definitely feels like Stephen King getting as close to the superhero genre as he's ever been. Um, check this out. In the middle of the night, in a house on a quiet street in suburban Minneapolis, intruders silently murder Luke Ellis's parents and load him into a black SUV. The operation takes less than two minutes, and Luke will wake up at the Institute in a room that looks just like his own, except there's no window, and outside his door are more doors, behind which are other kids with special talents, telekinesis and telepathy, who got to this place the exact same way Luke did. Uh, They are all in the front half of the Institute, and Luke learns that eventually people graduate to the unknown back half. Like the Roach Motel, you check in, but you don't check out. Um, in this most sinister of institutes, the director and her staff are ruthlessly dedicated to extracting from these children the force of their ex- extra normal gifts. There are no scruples here. If you go along, you get tokens for the vending machines. And if you don't, punishment is brutal. As each new victim disappears to the back half, Luke becomes more and more desperate to get out and get help. 
but no one has ever escaped from the Institute. Um, to me, this kind of sounded like bending horror and superhero stuff in the way that New Mutants was kind of trying to do, but like in the, you know, in a Stephen King twist. Um, and just with a big en- ensemble of kids, I don't think he's done anything like that, honestly, since It, maybe? And I, I was just really intrigued by this. I, I just picked it up yesterday. I haven't done anything other than read the blurb on the back. I kind of, standing in the store, I kind of Googled reviews to make sure it wasn't being perceived as a giant stinker yet. And people seem pretty high on this. And, you know, it seems to be like almost a bit of a return to form for kind of classic King hmm. ensemble cast storytelling. And I'm I'm very excited to... Uh, dig my hands into this in the next few days i i can't wait to read it and it sounds really cool yeah yeah i hope it's uh hope it's fantastic um i, was, I heard amazon prime already bought the rights to make either a original movie or television series based off of this everybody's buying up stephen king right now yeah and i mean it, i don't blame him for this one like this yeah. one just seems like such the perfect thing to make into that you know it's it seems like very like tapped into the pulse of the kind of fiction that's just all over the place right now. So I'm excited to see Stephen King's take on it. Mm -hmm. And then just also really briefly, I picked up final fantasy eight remastered HD last week. Um, it's on every system. I got it on the switch. You can get it on Xbox, PC, PlayStation. Um, it is the 20th anniversary of final fantasy eight came out in 1999 and yeah, this is one of my all-time favorite games. I know it's not the popular opinion, but I actually prefer this game over Final Fantasy VII. Um, I've always mm. been a bit confused as to why this game gets dumped on and Final Fantasy VII gets praised. Because in my opinion, this is like the step up, man. The characters stopped looking like Lego figures. There was a more cinematic approach to the whole thing. Um, it just seems like the way they dealt with the magic system was a real turnoff for people and that just, they were done with it. You know, um, I thought the story was way more emotional and cohesive and didn't turn into a unfollowable pile of gunk at the end. Like in my opinion, seven kind of does like, you know, you try to explain to me what happened at the end of seven and I'll try to listen, but I don't think anyone can make any sense out of that. But yeah, this, it's really neat. Um, I, we never thought we were actually going to get Final Fantasy VIII anytime soon. They were caught up in some legal issues with they actually paid for a song to be on the soundtrack when it first came out. And then they had lost the rights to that song. And the composer of the video game music actually incorporated melodies and themes from that song throughout other pieces in the soundtrack. So it wasn't just as easy as we'll just throw the song out and release the game. They thought they were going to have to, you know, completely rearrange a bunch of the composition in the game. Luckily, they settled with the original artist and the game came out sounding exactly like it did 20 years ago. Um, There's been a slight HD upgrade. Uh, Don't be fooled by the remastered HD tag onto the game because, man, that's probably the only disappointing thing about this release is... Yes, they cleaned up the main characters. Everything looks a little bit sharper and clearer. But it's like they kind of picked and choosed what they were going to HD up and what they weren't. And it is very odd looking at times when your your character looks completely remastered and you're standing next to a character they decided not to remaster. 
and it just looks like you're standing next to a giant blur compared to what they did to your character. Um, not that hmm. big of an issue. Um, if this is your first time playing this game, that could come off as very jarring. But for me, this being one of my all-time favorite games, played through it many a time, it just looks like it used to look. Um, it is very confusing to me why they wouldn't just... Um, I'm almost expecting a patch to come out in the next few months where they fix all that up and they make everything HD. Very weird that they decided to just only HD main characters and main bad guys and sum up the backgrounds. That's fucking so, weird. It is weird. I've never seen anything like it where on the same screenshot you're seeing HD and low definition like blended together. And yeah, like I said, that, that is weird. Yeah, it's very jarring. I'll have to send you guys a few screenshots. Hey, it, it, it's really crazy. Jake, um, like, I, I got oh, yeah. hold, go finish. I'm sorry. No, I got go ahead. I I got I got a question for you. Yeah. Do you think that a southern father out there to ironically be funny to his child has ever spanked his son or daughter with a Nintendo Switch? I'm sure it's been brought up. You know, like, you know, you know, you know back you, in my day, we, we didn't play our Switch. We feared the Switch. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, you, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, yeah, like the, the, like the Southern dad is like, grab me a Switch. And like, but you got this, you got this, this, this father. And he's like, to ironically be funny to his child, spanks his child with the actual console. Do you think that that, you think it's, do you think it's, <laughs> I mean, this is a crazy country, so it probably has happened. It's probably on YouTube, isn't it? (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Most likely the father was just like, oh, Breath of the Wild? I'll just play this. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Wow. I am a ridiculous human being. Any, yeah. um, But yeah, Final Fantasy VIII Remastered HD, um, (laughs) 20 bucks. I couldn't pass it up. Like, I had to, I had to grab this one. I've been waiting for this one forever. They've been torturing me because they re-released one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And then they skipped fucking eight and went, you know, nine, ten, eleven. And until we just found out about the whole music rights of it all a few months ago, Uh, we really had no idea uh, why. And it felt like they were just... Fans have for a long time shit on Final Fantasy VIII, and it was kind of saddening to feel like maybe Square was joining in on that. So luckily, that's not the case, dude. I, I'm sorry, like I have nothing against Eight, but I was a I was a huge fan of Seven. Like I, it's the only game that I think I owned on both PC and console that I had to yeah. play and beat both. It was just, it was just that game for me at that time. Oh, and I, so. I, I don't mean to knock Eight. I, Final Fantasy VII is why I bought a PlayStation. Right, yeah. Like, I called it the Final Fantasy VII machine when I first bought it. Dude, I had... it was the only reason I was getting it. Like, I had it... I had it on... Actually, I had it on the PC first, and I was like, oh, my God. Oh, wow. This is available on the fucking PlayStation 2. I'm going to play it on that as well. So, like, I fucking... Yeah, I loved... (laughs) I loved Final Fantasy VII. I have nothing against it. Actually, like... I have nothing against pretty much any of the Final Fantasy games that I've played. Like, I remember playing the original on the fucking NES, you know? So. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's exciting. They just showed footage from the Final Fantasy VII remake at one of those video game expos just the other day. And yeah. Getting, that's early next year, man. I'm getting really excited for that. It's really cool to see that get such a graphic overhaul. 
Fucking A. Yeah. Tristan, what else do you have left, dude? Um, are you guys, um, did you guys ever review it, Chapter 2? No, I, no, I still haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. Oh, I, oh shit. Oh. I, I've, been, I've been so busy, and since we had 300 last week, it just hasn't been a yeah, priority. Yeah, yeah. I, I plan on watching, if it's gonna be in theaters for a while, I plan, honestly, I plan on watching It Chapter 1 again, and then watching It Chapter 2. I need the refresher, so. Yeah. I've heard that that's almost integral. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But um, no. As far as um, who's uh, who's a uh, Beardy Mc uh, Audible right now? There's a lot of uh, shaky McBeardy sounds going on. I don't know if it, that might have been me. I accidentally kicked my car keys a second ago too. Oh, you kick! <laughs> Settle down, Pele. What's going? On? I have like a little bit of RLS, <laughs> and I didn't realize that my car keys were right in front of my leg. <laughs> Why are you causing some van damage to your car keys? <laughs> <laughs> no. I, think, I, 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 I happen to love it. As soon as I kicked the car keys, I kind of like jump panicked, and then I think that's exactly when my beard brushed against the microphone. <laughs> it was like it's like it's like playing mousetrap, where it's a chain reaction. You, 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 yeah. you, you kick the kick the car keys, and then all of a sudden you get you get the, the ball rolls down the freaking. Pipe and I, know, I know. Did you guys hear both parts of that? The car keys and the beard. <laughs> <laughs> that'll be that'll be one for our eagle-eared listeners. <laughs> Johannes is already writing about it on our, on our Wikipedia page. <laughs> Episode three hundred one: the infamous car key beard incident. <laughs> All right, yeah. it chapter two. Go ahead. What up? Oh. I'll, I'll be brief about this, but, um, yeah, yeah I mean, it's, uh, my only criticism of this movie for the most part is just the fact that it's very long and two hours and 47 minutes. <laughs> Every I, single person on episode 300 that we asked about it, that was their yeah. first comment. Here's the funny yeah, thing though. Here's the funny thing though, Jake, is you can take it chapter two and Avengers Endgame and watch them back to back. And it's still shorter than episode fucking 300, and people fucking love that You're shit. You're right. You're right. Yeah, but you can't. But one thing That's I can crazy. say about it, one thing I can say about it, chapter two, though, is it feels like three hours. Like, Endgame is three hours, but it doesn't feel like three hours. I mean, you're engaged during that period of time, but I was looking at my watch quite a bit during this movie, during uh, it, chapter two, and... And I was just thinking, like, really? We have another fucking hour to go? Like, just fucking kill the clown already, you know? <laughs> That's all I'm thinking. <laughs> you know? Um, and, you know, the performances are great. You know what's you know, fucked the- up is is that Tristan had those thoughts watching the Bozo show as a child. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's watching the grand. He's watching the grand prize game, and he's like, "Will somebody kill that fucking clown already?" (laughs) I was thinking that should have been the tagline for the movie, like it too. Will someone kill that fucking clown already? (laughs) But but I can see. I I think Jake. I think you're going to probably appreciate the length because you're such a big Stephen King fan, and I'm sure that this movie was made for people who are very familiar with the book because it had so many scenes in there that I'm sure were ripped right out of the book. And, you know, obviously when you're making a movie or an adaptation, you're trying to truncate things for the film going audience. But I think Muschietti was 
trying to do some fan service here and mm-hmm. adding a lot of stuff that's in the book. A lot, a lot of characters show up and then just disappear and you never hear from them again. And, and it's like, okay, that must have been a thing in the book. You know, there's a scene, an antique scene, antique shop scene um, that goes on a little too long, in my opinion. And I'm thinking, okay, this is probably significant to the oh, book. Oh, isn't that the you way know? it goes, though? It's like yeah. you start yeah. seeing somebody and then she's like, let's go antiquing. And then you're fucking... <laughs> Three hours late. It's like, oh my god, how much of this shit are we gonna look at? Right? Oh, just kill the fucking clown. Kill the fucking clown. Yeah, yeah. And um, it felt very Stephen King. I mean, like, I Jake isn't isn't compromise bullshit in relationships sometimes what we got to compromise for? Yeah, I'm not even gonna Uh, answer this. <laughs> Back to my review. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I answered too much already. I'm that. <laughs> I am not trying to get you in trouble, Jake. I'm sorry. No, uh, Michelle, yeah. you're, Michelle, if you're listening. You're fucking awesome. That's all I'm going to say. All right. Sorry, Jake. I apologize. I'm not, it feels like I was trying to get you in trouble no, there. It was, it was funny. I was laughing <laughs> along with it. Go ahead, Tristan. Yeah. yeah I was, uh, the book, I never read it, um, but I have I've read a number of Stephen King books. And, it's a long-ass like motherfucking book, dude. It's a long-ass long book. fucking movie, though. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll tell you that uh, – it's. I think it would have been better served as like a Netflix series because that's what it felt like. It felt like I was binge watching a show because you know there was just a lot of detail and a lot of things that didn't necessarily serve the major narrative. And it's very well made. I mean, mm. Muschietti. I mean, he's a he's a an A plus filmmaker. I he's mean, gonna, I think he's directing. Shots the, are gorgeous. He's on Flash now, guys. Yeah, yeah, he is. Um, it looks great. One thing that was very distracting to me was the de-aging of the kids. Really? And really? Yeah, you'll wow. see it. When, you'll notice it when you see it. But it's very obvious that they use digital effects to make these kids younger. Mm. And, you know, fucking Finn wow. Wolfhard is like Dukembe Mutombo now. He's like seven feet tall. That's true. So, they, <laughs> so, they, even, so they even have to shrink him down and make oh, him look so younger wild. and baby-faced. And you can tell. Um, the one kid who's in. Do you remember when they started giving him technical fouls for fucking wagging his finger and saying, (laughs) not, do you remember that? No, no, no. Not in my house. Uh Not in my house. Do you remember when they started giving him technical? That was, that was one of the most fun things about watching those fucking games, right? Yeah, that's pussy. Yeah. Okay. That was when he wave his fucking finger. Let him wag his fucking finger, man. That was, that was when he was with the Hawks, right? Right. Oh my God! Yeah. The fucking when he was with the Hawks, I love like yeah. He started off with the Nuggets, and then you had yeah. the one guy who wouldn't stand during the uh, national anthem, and everybody was uh, mad at that guy. He was good. Yeah. He had Tourette's. Did you know that that one player that wouldn't stand during the national anthem had Tourette's? Did you yeah, ever watch no him? Idea. Yeah, he had ticks. I did not know that. Yeah, you, you watched him pl- uh, play. He had ticks going on during the game and stuff like that. But my, it didn't matter. It didn't matter if his face was fucking, if he had like fucking ticks going off. That mother, uh, what was, I can't, Mahmoud Abdul Raouf. Mahmoud Abdul Raouf! I can't believe I fucking yeah, pulled that name. That motherfucker could hit threes like nobody's goddamn business. It didn't matter that he had Tourette's. My God. 
he was fucking, uh, it didn't matter how many ticks he had going on. He was fucking nailing threes like a son of a bitch. Sorry, dude. It chapter two. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I, you know, I haven't seen it chapter two yet, but I gotta like fucking a, I don't think any horror movie should ever be three hours long. I think Muschietti should have made the hard cuts. Like I said, I haven't seen it, but I would gotta imagine there's 45 minutes of of cuts you can make to make this a better, more streamlined movie. I think there's a good hour you could have cut out of that. And, and you know, I, I get it. Like, I get, like, why he's trying to appease the fans because there's, there's so many elements of this book, apparently, that people want it to be um, highlighted in the film. But at the same time, it's like... When you make a three-hour movie, make a three-hour movie because you need to, not just because you're trying to please the people that read the book. Yeah, the story can't fit unless we make it three hours, not just all this extraneous nonsense scenes. Just to, I feel like the popularity of the first movie may have been a bit of the cause and effect here, too, mm. where he felt like, oh, I really got to just cram it all in on the second one. I would have rather he made a two-hour movie and then did the peter jackson thing where we got our extended cut no do yeah, the do home. the fucking do i'm telling you do the fucking tarantino thing that he's doing now where you make the extended edition a netflix series that you break it down into four parts yeah just anything i city a horror movie of all things should never pass two hours i don't give a fuck what it is well it gets to the point where you're desensitized because you're seeing so much fucking scary shit then it stops being scary. that's a great you know? point fucking a horror movie should never be that long like how long are they gonna like keep Pennywise you is like on camera so fucking much he stops being scary yeah yeah it's, wow. yeah 90 minutes to two hours is the sweet spot for horror yeah anything over two hours is just an artist fucking masturbating at that point like Get the fuck out of here. Make the hard cut. <laughs> I'm thinking fucking- <laughs> I'm just thinking about the length of our episodes. <laughs> Come on, Brian. Stop masturbating. Make the hard cut. Stop shitting on Big Dong J. <laughs> Stop bringing up Tom Cruise. <laughs> oh my this is welcome to the House of Cruise. <laughs> now, I mean, I, I think uh, Leftovers has more of a reason to be over three hours than any fucking horror movie. Like, that's just, that's uh, it's just so stupid. Honestly, like, I, dude, I think we've, I think we, we've probably scared more people than It Chapter 2. Oh, okay, definitely, definitely. <laughs> we have the fucking pedigree, that's for sure. And I'm not going to lie, that's the reason I haven't seen the movie yet. It's long. I just don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to see a three-hour fucking horror movie. Well, you know what? I think of haunting the what is it? The haunting of Hill House, which is a what eight-hour TV series. And I think you know when it's a TV series broken down into episodes like that, I can sit with the slowness. You know, I can sit with it and appreciate it. But when you're Dude. in a theater, you got to get to it. Oh my god, the haunting! Yeah, when they're of charging you eight bucks to keep your fucking throat fucking, you know good and not dried out and shit then fucking get me out of there dude yeah, i don't want to i hate having to you yeah. know sip my soda so fucking slow so where i don't have to take a piss dude you all know, you need to do is reach to your right and you'll eventually grab hold of big dong jay's giant <laughs> cock. just just keep reaching right and i mean i don't think brian's wrong in that you you almost need to refresh and so yeah. that's adding another fucking two plus hours on yeah. top of three plus hours yeah and it just gets to a point where i'm like i don't care anymore and it, it's sad because honestly 
the first movie was probably one of my three favorite movies from two years ago. It was. It, you, it was way up there for you, dude. I absolutely fucking loved it. When I revisited it, I loved it even more. Yeah. I, I just, I, I don't think he had the pressure, the expectations for that first half. I feel like that stuff got to him. And now well, we have this giant mess of a movie. But I don't think it was just Muschietti, though. I think it was also um, Warner Brothers because, you know, the kids were so popular. These kids were shoved into this movie when they didn't need to be. And there's like at least half an hour. Mm, of that's Muschietti. I remember him talking about that right away. Oh, it is? Yeah, I remember him yeah. right away explaining that we were going to see more flashbacks with the kids in the second movie. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it's like, you know, the kids had their story. And now it's, you know, now they're adults. And I get it. I hear in the book, even the kids section is the best part of the book you know but still like you know you don't have to rehash the shit that should have been in chapter one no i think it's more jarring if we don't see the kids again i I think the movie should symbolize the end of the age of innocence just like the end of the first movie did and i think it's jarring to go back to the kids like i to me the whole point of the two halves is to okay that part is over and now yeah. they're adults, you know? I thought that's the one thing that the TV series did right. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and at the end of the day, you know, to taste it from me, it's not a bad movie by any standards. But, you know, I feel the length um, just really fucked with it. The, the performances are great. Don't get me wrong. The casting. I heard Bill Hader so. is like... He's, yeah, he's great. He's great. I'm, I'm a, movie. I'm a fan. I'm truly a fan of him. You know what? You know what and sucks? Are you watching Barry? I haven't watched season two. I love. I, I, I want to watch Barry just because of this movie. Now you got to watch Barry. Yeah. Season one was fantastic. I'm ashamed that I haven't watched season two, and I, I want to apologize to one of our listeners, Paul Hart, who is like he got on my ass, not got on my ass, but he was like, <laughs> dude. Have you been watching Barry season two? And I was like, no, I haven't started it yet. And I feel bad because like that's I loved Barry season one. It's fantastic. Yeah. Bill Hader. Fucking goddamn Jake fucking SNL alumni. He was great on SNL. I loved him. Uh, yeah. Him and Kristen Wiig when they did Skeleton Twins. That was a fantastic movie. Bill Hader. I think like the sky's the limit for this guy. I think like uh, you got you got comedians. Like uh, Jim Carrey, who kind of was just like, you know, oh, the, the, the Dumb and Dumber cable guy, Ace Ventura. And Jim Carrey kind of like tried to branch out and do the more serious stuff early on in his career, mind you. And I know some of it worked out. I, I feel like I liked Man on the Moon. Um, but he, Yeah, I mean, for every Truman show, though, there was a, the, the Majestic. Exactly. Exactly. Right. But I think right. like Bill Hader, like everything like this guy touches – I think he's I think he's like the best of kind of both worlds where he can do the dramatic and do the comedy and it and I and he does it in this movie too. I mean, he's wow. great in the comedy and he's fantastic with the drama as well. So mm. he's I think the sky's the limit for this guy. Yeah. I find Hater very inspirational too. Um he put out that big speech about how he deals with his anxiety, anxiety. as an adult yeah. this week and I I that almost brought me to tears. Really? Talk so to me. I didn't even fucking hear about it. Because, like, I... Oh, God. Have you ever had an anxiety attack? Oh, I have. I have. I'll send you the link to this, Brian. <laughs> it's about four and a half minutes where Bill Hader just breaks down how he's dealt with anxiety his whole life from being yeah. a child to even being on SNL. 
And I, it's one of the most, in, it, I'm, it almost makes me start tearing up just talking about it. It's wow. one of the most inspirational things I've seen all year. There was a, yeah. there was a, this, oh, go ahead, Tristan. I'm sorry. Well, well, this guy is on a, um, you know, he was on SNL, which is a freaking live show. Yeah. And I had no yeah. idea that he was battling anxiety. He basically said something like, you know, he felt like he wanted to throw up and have flu symptoms oh. just going on the air. Yeah. And you would never know it based upon um, looking at him performing and doing his work. Mm-hmm. Um, but he said, like, yeah. he would and nervously th- laugh during during sketches. That was him being anxious and, and trying to hide it. Mm. Yeah, and he doesn't sugarcoat it. He doesn't give you this message that everything's going to be better. And I, I just I really appreciated the realness of what he was saying. It, it was very cool. Uh, I, um, it hasn't, it, it's actually for the past few years, it's been okay. I haven't had anxiety like I used to have, but, um, I used to have anxiety attacks so bad that I couldn't even talk to close friends to where like, I would be in my house. This is true. I would be in my house and a close friend would like ring my doorbell just wanting to hang out. And I knew that they were out there and I wouldn't open the door because I was just, I just didn't want to, like, I just, I just wanted to be left alone. I wanted to be in my safe space. I was, I didn't want to leave the house. I wanted to just stay where I was. And so I wouldn't open the door. I would pretend that I wasn't home. Um, Wow. I've done that exact same thing. Like I'm fucking peeking out the window, seeing Uh when they're fucking leaving so I can make noise again. Mm-hmm. And it's not because like you don't like that person because like in all honesty, if like I was in the right headspace, I would love to hang out with that person. I would love to go out and hang out with that. Outfit. But like there's ju- there's just times and they it, it ha- and thank goodness it hasn't happened for a while. I haven't been there in in a while. I've had it happen while I was recording PCL. There's I've had anxiety issues while I've been recording PCL, and that was I'd say about two three years ago is like when that stuff was happening but it's been good the past few years have actually been good to me i haven't had as many anxiety attacks and things like that over the past few years which has been fantastic so it's wonderful yeah it's awesome yeah i'm hoping that they're you always hope that they're gone but there's always like the there's always that chance that they'll come back um i don't know and then i have like there's certain giveaways that i have that are like I feel one's going to come on. And I don't know if it's the same for everybody else, but like you ever had like my eye twitches. I have like when I, Oh my God, my fucking eye twitches. And it's like, I know I'm stressed out. Oh my God. Um, fucking hustlers. Uh, the, 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 the reoccurring dream that Constance Wu has in that movie. Oh, have you had that before? I have that same fucking dream. Oh, I have wow, that. That seems terrifying. I have oh that my same. God. There's Okay. There's a, and this is not a huge spoiler because this is a God's honest thing. I have a reoccurring dream. I have actually, in my lifetime, I have three reoccurring dreams. One reoccurring dream that I have is that my teeth are falling out. I weigh, I have a dream that my teeth are falling out and I wake up and my teeth are fine and I'm like checking my teeth. I have a dream that my teeth are falling out. This, the other recurring dream I won't get into. It's very personal and I've never told anyone about it and I probably will never tell anyone about it. Um, it's not dark or anything like that. It's actually quite innocent, but it's just something personal to me. The third recurring dream is the dream from this where the dream starts 
and I am in, I realize that I'm in the backseat of a car that's driving and there's no driver. Mm, like the uh, Karma Police video. Yeah. And so, like, I have to, in the dream, and sometimes, like, I have to, sometimes I get to the driver's seat and I, I get control and everything's fine, but other times I can, I just can't get up there. But yeah, it's, you know, these, it's terrifying. These self-driving Teslas and shit, fuck that. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not getting in a self-driving car. It's gonna happen, dude. It's gonna happen, and, and, and I, I'm telling you, truck drivers are gonna start losing jobs. Like, did you remember Logan? Do you remember the movie Logan? Yeah. Do you remember yeah. those, do you remember those cattle, those cattle cars that are, They've got cattle in them. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's, right. dude, that's going to happen. Like we're, we're going to see that in our lifetime. We're going to see companies with self-driving vehicles that are, we're going to have Amazon shipping us our stuff in these, you know, I mean, this is going to happen. Like it's unavoidable. Like there's going to be a day where it's like minority report and we're just on Everything is, and we're we're not in control anymore. <laughs> yeah, I see it coming. And I another mean, great Tom take... Cruise movie. <laughs> All right, <laughs> another one. Well, there's so many, yeah. Jake. There's just so many. Like, when does the list stop? You know, like, oh, oh, well, the mummy. Oh, the mummy. Okay. All right, the mummy. I'll give you that. Whatever. I love the two movies he did with Spielberg. I like both Minority Report and War of the Worlds. War of the Worlds was fantastic. Oh my god, I love War uh, of the Worlds. The, the, the Tim Robbins scene, yeah. So good. Oh yeah, I forgot about that scene too. That was fantastic. Well, guys, you want yeah. let's take a break and come back for news. How's it sound? Yeah, that sounds awesome. good. All right, we'll be right back. Guys, I got exciting news. I just, uh, we're going to talk about this in the coming weeks. I just got a text message from our buddy, uh, Ryan Drost of the Star Joe's podcast. I love fucking Ryan. I fucking love Ryan. I love Star Joe's. I'll tell you one thing. Uh, if it wasn't for Star Joe's, pop culture leftovers might not be a podcast right now. There was a time where I was thinking about quitting this show and, uh, Chuck from the Star Joe's podcast sent me randomly just sent me a message one day after I was thinking about quitting. I was thinking like I'm done. I can't do this anymore. And Chuck from Star Joe's sent me a fucking message one time and he was like, I, I've been listening to PCL and I love it. And it's like hearing that from Chuck, like who'd been doing at that point, Chuck and 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 and, and Ryan had been doing Star Joe's for years. And just hearing that this guy, you know, who I looked up to had been listening and enjoying the show 
it kept me going, man. It kept me going. It gave me the fucking, like, I was on E, and he fucking, he put more fuel in the tank and kept this fucking show going. We owe a lot to Star Joe's, Jake. I'm telling you, we fucking yeah. do. I, I can see how that would be inspirational. I mean, it's one thing to hear people that tell us this is their first and only podcast, how great it is, but it's another to hear someone that does the same craft that yeah. we do and yeah. had done it for so much longer and what we consider better, you know, especially at the time. Ryan, to, you know, tell us how much he enjoys the show. It's fantastic. Ryan is starting a Kickstarter for a comic. He's starting a fucking Kickstarter here for a comic that he's been doing. And, uh, it's, uh, he's gonna, it's gonna be possibly, it looks like it's gonna be launching on September 20th. So we are six days away from the launch of Ryan, Ryan Drost from Star Joe's comic. And, um, okay. I'm That's awesome. We'll have to have him on to fucking plug the shit out of it. We'll have him on. I'm going to be talking to him. I'm going to be talking to him in the coming days. He just texted me. He texted me and I said, I got it. <laughs> he, said, I, he told me about this months ago, which was fantastic. And I said, I said, got it. Exclamation point. I'm recording now and I'm slightly inebriated. So remind me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh here at PCL we love if you want to hear more Ryan Drost listen to Star Joe's and uh, also you can listen to our Bumblebee review where uh him and uh Daniel Hepner and Rebecca and myself all talk about the Bumblebee movie and we did that in December of last year and it was a fantastic episode had a lot of great feedback on that one and I'm hoping to get I'm 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 going to talk to Ryan and I'm gonna tell him, I'm gonna tell him, I'm gonna be like, listen, dude, I'll plug the fucking shit. I will big dong J dick the fuck out of your Kickstarter comic. <laughs> you just, I'm, I'm, I want him to come back. I want him to come back this year and I want him to, re, I want him to record The Rise of Skywalker with us. I'm gonna tell him. Oh, that would be awesome. I'm gonna, I, I might force his hand. I might force his we hand. We try to get him on our Star Wars episode every fucking time. We try to, man. I love this guy. I fucking love Ryan. Ryan Drost yeah. from Star Joe's is absolutely fantastic. And, Drost is great. It, it, you know, at the very least, follow Star Joe's on Facebook. Yes. They post fantastic memes absolutely some of the best star wars he-man gi joe transformers memes that i've ever stolen have come from star joe absolutely I fucking love star joe's love everybody associated with star and i'm happy to it's it's been it's been great for me because chuck was gone for a long time and chuck has now come back and done quite a few episodes with them it's been great to hear from chuck so uh let's jump into yeah so more news from uh ryan dross kickstart i'm i'm so happy that our friends that are talented are doing things jake you know what i mean oh yeah <laughs> it's also inspirational it really is dude it really fucking is um let's uh jump into the pop culture leftovers news I got two things for quick news here real quick. South Park has been renewed for three more fucking seasons. Wow. Yeah, wow. It'll never end. I mean. Thank God. It's been great. 23 years. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's crazy. What is it, like 1997 was the first year, right? Was it? Something like that. Um, So three more years of uh, South Park for uh, Comedy Central. Um, you know, seasons have gotten shorter, you know, they've 
dropped down to 10 episodes per season. But uh, I'm just happy to see that it's still something. I've been loving PC Principal and everything they've been doing over the past few years. Um, this one I was really surprised about because I had – I'll be honest with you. This is one of my favorite shows, and I actually just looked – I looked on IMDb just a few weeks ago. I'd probably say about a month ago to see what's going on with this one. Black Jesus is going to be returning to Adult Swim on September 20th after a four-year hiatus. I am oh, wow. fucking <laughs> so hyped for this, dude. I fucking, This is from the creator of uh, The Boondocks. Um, Aaron Magruder. Yeah, dude. Which fucking, is also coming back, right? Which is also coming back, but I don't think he – is he involved? I don't think he is. Oh, really? He's not involved? I don't know, dude. I thought- I don't know. I, I I wouldn't think they'd even do it without his involvement. But I'd have to look into it, dude. I, from what I remember hearing, he might not be involved, but I could be wrong. But I'm sure fucking Poindexter is fucking tweeting me right now. Let me know he is. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Poindexter. You fucking smart fuck with your Google and shit on the fly. But um, Black Jesus returns to uh, Adult Swim on September 20th. This is I, the first two seasons, like... I reviewed them on the show. I fucking loved it. Um, I am a little sad, though, that it's coming back and we're not getting Charlie Murphy, who was such an integral wow. part of the first two seasons. You know, rest in peace, Charlie Murphy. Yes. But, um, yeah, I, I'm really happy. Like, this this show is, like, uh, a lot of really amazing talent has come out of this show. You know, I mean, this is like my first introduction to like Slink Johnson, who I fucking love now. Um, have either one of you guys watched Black Jesus? No, I have not. I saw a couple episodes, but I, I didn't watch it religiously, but I love how you say show that religiously. Always, I love how you hey, say that. Yeah. Yeah. Unintended. But, um, yeah, I definitely wanted to, um, get into it. I, I heard yeah. nothing but good things about it. I highly recommend this one. It's, it's, it's absolutely fantastic. It was one of my favorite fucking shows. Um, I've reviewed it on PCL before and, uh, raved about it multiple times. Comes back next week, guys. You're going to hear my review next week. I'm going to be watching this one. Like I've already, I, I fucking, I do my notes like weeks in advance, like for things that are coming out and fucking you better believe i'm gonna be talking about black jesus season three can't wait for the fucking season premiere um been i've been trying to catch up on my adult swim i've been watching uh here and there i've been watching i've been catching up on mike tyson's mysteries and shit like that so i love that i do yeah. too oh it's so good i've not seen any of the recent seasons but i did watch the first one i've watched uh the most recent season i'm like five episodes deep into it and uh it's fantastic so um jj abrams closes a deal with warner media huge news here bad robot will now make movies shows games and other entertainment content for the company and is said to commence immediately and that deal is going to run through 2024 uh the deal has been valued at 500 million dollars and could be worth more if certain performance related targets are reached Though financial terms of the deal were not formally disclosed. So JJ Abrams has now closed the deal with Warner Media, which means basically, Jake, that we're going to get maybe we're going to get Warner Brothers movies. It also looks like we're going to be getting HBO Max series 
coming from J.J. Abrams as well. And uh, this deal, so he's leaving Paramount. We know that Netflix was after him. I, I, I believe a couple other studios were after him. Well, Apple, Apple actually offered him $500 million and he turned them down because Apple is notorious for wanting people to exclusively work with them. And so J.J. actually turned down the $500 million from Apple and went with Warner Brothers because Warner Brothers is still allowing him to do to work with other studios. Yeah. For instance, you know, he's able to come over and do Star Wars again if they need him. Exactly. You know, under yeah. this new deal. Yeah, Paramount kind of let him do the same thing and they were not happy that he, he did the Force Awakens. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think they were enjoying him doing that though. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Right. So yeah, that's a huge deal. JJ Abrams is going to be with Warner. And um, yeah, bad robot, and I, I think this is—I uh, think this is really good. I think this is going to work out really well for them. I would love to see Abrams and Lindelof team up again for a project. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, that would that would warm my heart. So it'd be cool. I know Lindelof is heavy into uh, doing stuff for HBO. So oh yeah, with the Watchmen new- series coming out. Yeah, and leftovers before that. Absolutely, so, yeah. Feel like he's got a good relationship with them. Now JJ's on that payroll. Maybe we can uh, get the two of them on a project again. Absolutely. God, fucking yeah, two great creators there, dude. Um, are you guys going to be watching the uh, Jurassic World short story coming out on uh, Sunday, which is tomorrow? I did not even know this existed. <laughs> Tristan, have you heard about this? No, not at all. Uh, this is, uh, there's a new live action Jurassic World short film going by the name of Battle at Big Rock. It's going to air on FX this Sunday after they premiere, I believe it's Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. And it's an eight minute short. It's going to go online immediately after it's airing. And directing Colin Trevorrow, uh, Colin Trevorrow has, uh, spoken with, uh, Collider and, uh, he revealed that the story takes place a year after the events of Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Uh, Andre Holland, Natalie Martinez, and child actors Melody Hurd and Pearson Salvador star as a family who have an encounter with two dinosaurs in the Redwood Forest of National Park in Northern California. Trevorrow explains how the short came about. He says, Universal asked if I'd be interested in making a short film, and I didn't give them any time to reconsider. I wrote it with Emily Carmichael, who is co-writing Jurassic World 3. I felt like a first step. It felt like a first step into a larger world after the last film. You have these animals loose in an unfamiliar environment. They're they're disoriented, struggling to adapt. Uh, the first people they ran, they run into are bound to be camping. I wanted to see that. Um, if the end of Fallen Kingdom really happened, you'd see a series of random disconnected incidents that would create a pattern of chaos. I wanted to see one of those incidents. The project was secretly shot in Dublin, Ireland, and focuses on two new dinosaurs to the franchise. A full-size Allosaurus. So, They've had an Allosaurus in the past, but it was a young Allosaurus. It was a baby Allosaurus. So it's, this is going to be a full-size Allosaurus and a beautiful herbivore called a Nasutoceratops. 
Uh, so, uh, this is going to be following tomorrow on FX. They're going to be showing, um, Jurassic World, The Fallen Kingdom. After that wraps, there's going to be an eight minute short with this kind of like tie in film, short film. This is, uh, kind of, this is wild. Yeah, that's crazy. So Trevorrow directed? Trevorrow directed this, yeah. Wow, wow. That that actually makes me kind of pique my interest about it. Well, you see, know, see, without see. that, it would just seem kind of like a ploy to get you to tune in to watch this movie yet again. Well, Trevorrow directed the first movie, and then we got horror director J.A. Boyana, who directed the second film. And so is this, is this just Colin Trevorrow kind of taking back the project at this point and... It, does he feel like we need this in order to like propel his third film? Like, I, I, my guess is because of the way it came about, this was FX thinking outside the box of a way to get bigger numbers on their world premiere, cable premiere of Fallen Kingdom. Okay, especially with this comment about how he, before they could even change their mind, he had pinned and had this thing ready. Like it definitely, hmm. and I think it's a FX. I think it's a very smart move. For me, I, mean, I Jake, I, I like what you're saying. For me, I feel like Colin Trevorrow was always on board to do the second film. Disney had promised that he was going to be the director of the third Star Wars film, and so when that fell out, then he was pushed back into the Jurassic World stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. I don't know, though. In my head, I always, even when the Star Wars thing hadn't fallen through yet, I always thought he was taking, just going to come back for the third one anyway. At least that's what was going on in my head. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean... Like, I never really thought that he completely left the franchise to go do Star Wars. I, I thought they hired the other director to do the second one because he was going to be busy. Yeah. And, I mean, nothing was official, but I just assumed. No, I, I, I'm in agreement with you. I'm just saying, like, this short film seems like he would have done the second one had he... He was working with people on the on the, on the on this third Star Wars movie. Like, I feel like he, instead yeah. of doing that, he would have done the second, I don't think J.A. Boyana would have been doing Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. I think it, like, if there was nothing lined up for him as far as, like, Lucasfilm, he would have been, I think he would have been our director for this entire trilogy of films for, in the, in the Jurassic World universe. I agree. I agree with that 100%. And so I think, like, this, him doing this eight minute short is kind of like the bridge into this next movie and where he's going to be taking, I don't know. It's gotta, I don't, I don't know. Burn his, it's got to burn his britches a bit that he gave up the ability to solely direct this trilogy yeah. for what amounted to basically nothing. You're right. Yeah. yeah, yeah I sure feel bad be for pissed the guy. about that. <laughs> as much as I bag on this franchise, um, I do feel for, Trevorrow for this that's you know that's a shame like so, something's always going to be better if it has the same guiding hand throughout I, I always assume don't hey not all of <laughs> not not all of us back on this franchise some of us <laughs> some Jake I'm I'm sorry I am in the minority but my god 
It's almost like Jurassic World can do no wrong as long as they show me big dinosaurs doing big <laughs> stupid shit. Dude, I eat this shit up. I eat it <laughs> oh, up. No. I eat it up, dude. I'm like, uh, I don't know. I'm like fucking um, Yoshi trying to suck on Big Dong Jay's dick. <laughs> I eat it up. I was expecting one of the new dinosaurs to be Big Dongosaurus. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think Trevor and Mr. Mark not in that dinosaur. Yeah, yeah, I always mm. – man, Brian, it's one of those things where I even – I know how much you love it. And yeah, like, yeah. It like almost hurts me to bag on it. Uh, no, like I, no, no, know. no, no, no. Don't, don't. Like I, I know I know I'm in the minority here. I, I really do. And I get that. And I get why other people don't like it. It's just – there's something well, a about PCL these moment that I always think of from the past is the first time we brought up the Fallen Kingdom trailer. We had Dan West on, yeah, and you loved it. I bagged on it, and I can tell you were re- like reaching out to Dan West for some moral support, <laughs> and then you were just crushed by Dan's <laughs> response to what he thought of the trailer. <laughs> it's like I always think back to that. Like, Man, that did not go as planned. <laughs> <laughs> at, the, at the end of the day it doesn't matter it's all it's all what we like right you know for sure for sure yeah. I, I think i'm a little bit harder on post Jurassic park sequels just because i mean that honestly is like my favorite movie of all time sure yeah guys it looks like I mean, uh that's oh go ahead go ahead tristan i'm sorry buddy no i was just gonna echo what jay was saying is that basically for me the problem with these Jurassic World movies is just because I I hold the original Jurassic Park in such esteem that yeah. it's very hard for me to enjoy these things. Yeah, I get it, guys. I get it. I totally get it. For me, it's just it, it, there's something about the you th- you throwing in Chris Pratt and uh, with the dinosaurs and the motorcycle. <laughs> even even, oh even saying it i know how ridiculous i sound <laughs> but, but i love it man i will um and bright bryce dallas howard bryce dallas howard seriously guys she is just i think she's great i i i think she, and she comes from this sounds fucking she comes from good stock right she does. I mean, she comes. I her father is amazing, and mm-hmm. uh, I I can't wait to see the episodes of the Mandalorian that she directed. I think that uh, I think that Bryce Dallas Howard is a is a is a is a real talent. So, and I I, I just yeah, I'll I, agree with that. I really like her chemistry with uh, Chris Pratt. I really do. I think it's I think it's great. I have a lot of fun. With these new Jurassic World movies, and I'm I'm in the minority. Yeah, it's one of those things. I'm actually proud that everybody hates them, and and that I love them. And uh, oh, I get I get that. that yeah. that's me with Episode One. Yeah, that's totally you with Episode One. You will you will shame people. I've heard you do it. You will shame people into uh, into some sort of twisted Frankenstein appreciation of that goddamn movie. <laughs> I've heard you do it. I've heard you do it. Out on this. <laughs> I've heard you do it. It's fucked yeah. up. 
It's true. You're it's good true. at that. I at least try to get you to concede that episode two is way worse. I know you do. That's your, that's your, that's your claim to fame. That's your, that's your bread and butter. I know you do. It's like, at the end of the day, it's like, all right, so you're never going to admit that you love Jar Jar Binks. You're never going to admit this. So you're never going to admit that. But <laughs> episode one's better than Attack of the Clones. Am I right? And you'll get people to concede on that. I know. I've heard it. Not okay. all, but, but some. I know. So the, the Jurassic World thing's tomorrow. I, I will definitely watch this eight-minute short film. Well, the eight-minute short film, as soon as it premieres on FX tomorrow after Jurassic World, uh, The Fallen Kingdom, it will be available online, so you don't have to watch oh, fantastic it. Fantastic news. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to watch it live on FX. It will be available online. Uh, guys, uh, let's see here. Looks like we're going to be getting our first, this is quick news too. Looks like we're going to be getting our first, uh, trailer for devs, D-E-V-S, devs, um, Alex Garland's new FX series during the New York City Comic Con panel. Um, hopefully it'll be, uh, posted online. Rebecca is actually going to be at New York City Comic Con. So, um, yeah, I saw that. I oh. sent her a message. I, I told her, I think it was yesterday. Hey, Beardy McFucking Loud shit. What the it's, fuck? It's not me this time. I know it's Tristan. Hey. Yeah, it might be shifting. We got Shifty McBeardy <laughs> face going on over there. All right, Gillette, the best a man can shut the fuck up. Let's try that on, okay? All right? All right? Fucking dollar shave. What? I'll give you a dollar if you fucking silence that goddamn, all those fucking follicles on your goddamn face. Um, <laughs> I hate myself. You know, I told Rebecca, I said, uh, I told her, I said, Alex Garland's going to have a fucking panel at New York City Comic Con. Just kind of planting the seed, and she's like, "Oh my god, I'm gonna have to go to that." And I'm like, "Oh my god, that, Rebecca, that's that's why I tell you these things because, like, you you know, you're fucking, you're fucking. I'm speaking the language, and you're fucking, you're hearing this shit, dude. It, Alex Garland's putting on a fucking pan. He's gonna be a fucking a, a, doing a panel at New York Comic Con for his new series on FX Debs. She's gonna be there. So I don't know. I don't know. Like, I'm hoping as soon as the panel happens. That we're going to be able to see, you know, that they'll post the trailer. Because all we've seen I would is, guess they would. I mean, it's a it's a property that no one's familiar with and kind of hard to hype without yeah. showing us a little something. Well, all they've shown us is a couple pictures at this point. We've uh, we've seen, uh, I think it was a picture of uh, Sonoya Mizuno. That's it. That's it. Um, Allison Pills also going to be in this. Carl Glessman, Kaylee Spaney, and Jin Ha. Um, Garland is going to be an executive producer, but he's a, he's directed all the episodes. This is a high tech suspense thriller. It follows a young software engineer who investigates the secretive development division of her employer, which she believes is behind the murder of her boyfriend. So. I've been a big fan of Alex Garland ever since I watched Ex Machina. I was a huge fan of Annihilation. Um, so I can't wait to see what Alex Garland does for this FX series. Speaking of FX, Jake, have you seen the new trailer for fucking American Horror Story? No, but I've seen a lot of the uh, like Facebook ads and posters and stuff. This is the 80s one, right? 
1984. Dude, this, oh my god, I can't believe I'm saying it, but I think I'm gonna be watching American Horror Story again. Yeah, I'll definitely, I, I've always checked out the pilots every season and then kind of decided from there. Yeah, I'm the same. I'll probably just stick to that. I'm the same. News from Deadline. Uh, Paramount is putting a new face on action hit Face Off. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but in uh, 1997, I went to the theater and I watched a movie that was directed by John Woo. And it starred John Travolta and Nicolas Cage. And it was about two guys that were facing off against each other. And they actually had their faces off of their own faces and put on the different bodies. And they played... I don't even know how to just... <laughs> how to explain this movie, Jake. Basically, yeah. there's a surgery that... You see Nicholas face Nicholas Cage's face being taken off of his face and put on the John Travolta's body and John Travolta's face being taken off of his body and put onto Nicholas Cage's body and then they the rest of, it was then they lived each other's lives as the other person with the different faces and shenanigans ensued. And it was John Woo, and so there were some doves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, this, the plot of this movie is kind of legendary for, like, making fun of and, like, future movies and comedy and everything, right? You know, the kind of the legend of this movie has never really died. Yeah. I, I don't know about you, Jake. I haven't, I'll be honest with you, I haven't watched Face Off in a long time, and I'm scared to. Here's, I'm scared to watch it, because I'll be honest with you, when this came out in 1997, I fucking loved awesome. this. I fucking loved it. You loved it too, Tristan. You should watch yeah, it again. Yeah, it it still holds up. It does it holds hold up. up. I watched it like two years ago. Um, it definitely feels a bit more ridiculous watching it now, Dude. but it still holds up, man. John Woo still delivers when it comes to the kinetic action sequences. Um, honestly, the act, this is some of the finest acting between both of those two, in my opinion. Yeah. And I think that holds up. I'm um, Nick Cage playing John Travolta, and John Travolta playing Nick Cage. But how are they going to do this? Fantastic. That that that's 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 awesome. Like I love that shit. I thought it was great. Like the whole dude. Like I fucking like one of the funniest parts in that movie is like the Papa's got a brand new bag part. You know mm -hmm. where you, you know what I'm talking about. You've seen the movie, but how. I feel like they're going to be doing something different with technology here. I feel like at the end of the day, whatever actors that they get, let's say that they get fucking, let's say that they get, who are two big actors right now that they could get to face off against one another? Like they get Chris Hemsworth and shit. I don't know. Chris Hemsworth and some other fucking I'll just, let's use two Chris's. Chris Hemsworth, Chris Pratt, right? Okay. Okay. So they get those two guys. And this is, I, I don't think that's who they're going to cast, guys. I, I really don't. No, I get, I get yeah. what you're saying, though. Are they going to have, at the end of the day, are they going to basically use today's technology that we've been seeing? Like deep fakes, right? Yes. Like, are they going to basically get, like, are they going to just use, like, are they going to take, like, motion capture of, like, Chris Pratt's 
facial expressions and then throw those onto like Chris Hemsworth's face to where it looks like, oh, that's totally Chris Pratt, but that's happening from Chris Hemsworth's face. That is, hmm. I hope they don't. Um, I feel I, like I that's what they're going to do, though. man. I feel like that's I what they're going to do. I agree. Like, like, I agree. like, look at, like, like, I, look at what they're doing with this de-aging shit. Like, look, look at what they're doing with Gemini Man. And I'm not knocking Gemini Man. Gemini Man is one of my most anticipated movies of this year. Like, I, I, I can't wait to see the technology that they're using in Gemini Man. But like, they're flexing a Big dong J dick when it comes to that technology, right? And I feel yeah, like, right. I, I feel like, I feel like that's what it's come down to. I feel like, I feel like now with movies, it's not about like actors pretending and acting to be like another said actor and trying to pull that off. I feel like it's like, let's show off what technology we have now. Like, and I don't know yeah. when this started, that's like, Jake. That's like reserved for biopics anymore, and that's about it. Right. I don't know when this happened. Like, when did this happen? Did this happen? Did this technology stuff happen, like, with The Matrix? Did it start? Did it happen with Life of Pi? Did it happen with the de-aging? Did, is it, it, when did it happen? But Yeah, that's interesting that you say Life of Pi, which is another Ang Lee movie, you know, right. that I do in Gemini, man. Exactly. I, I definitely think. He's always at the forefront of pushing new like technology ideas like that. Agreed. Yeah. Well, this this new face off is going to be. Uh, uh, they've got Warren Oozel is writing the script. Um, he wrote Twenty Two Jump Street, The Cloverfield Paradox, and oh, God. hold on, Jake, hold on, I'm not done yet. He also wrote the uh, upcoming Sonic the Hedgehog movie. <laughs> oh, shit. I almost need your hung up on Skype there. Sonic the Hedgehog also about get also getting a face off treatment before we see him again. It's so true. Jake, Jake, you, Jake, you are, sir, as NBA Jam would put it, you're on fire. You're on fire. <laughs> you are on fire tonight, man. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Calm down. I'm telling you, this is, uh, I, I honestly, I think like this is, uh, you know, I don't agree with Big Dong Jay a lot, but Jake, I'm really digging you this episode. <laughs> yeah, it's Thank like, you, three stars. <laughs> <laughs> you're on fire, motherfucker. Oh my, you're killing it this episode. I'm telling you, like, you know, like, um, you know, the, 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 what's it? It's not a proverb. It's like the, it's, it's uh, one of those things that uh, religious women post on their walls where Jesus is hold the footprints in the sand and, and, uh, J- Jake, you're holding me right now. There's uh, one set of footprints. There were two. There were two set of footprints. I was walking side, we were, I was walking side by side, but then I became a big pusshole and couldn't walk anymore for some fucking reason on a beach. Like, what the fuck? Like, how long have I, I'm not fucking marathon woman, the ultra marathon run, I'm not running woman. It's not like I've been walking for 16 fucking hours, but all of a sudden, like, I couldn't walk anymore. And Jake, you're holding me on that guy. There's one set of footprints in the goddamn sand, Jake. You, you know what? And you know why? Because you're you're the one carrying me now, man. I'm not gonna lie. That metaphor just made me think of stormtroopers and Jawas. <laughs> what? Oh, you gotta explain this to me. I'm not that nerdy. I'm not that nerdy. And I'm drunk. That's what they, the stormtroopers um, fooled their footprints <gasps> in the sand to make it look like 
John. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's right. Parents. That's right. Jesus Christ. Wow. <laughs> Holy Deep Star Wars cut. That is you are one nerdy son of a bitch, dude. <laughs> no argument there. <laughs> wow. Dude, but you're oh my god. Jake, you gotta be just raking in the fucking poontang. <laughs> when, you, when you're busting out knowledge like that. Jesus Christ. Oh, you know it. <laughs> you know, like a giant fly swatter that I have to use. <laughs> Big Don Jake over there. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's not true. That's why we have the jokes. Oh, stop it. <laughs> um, guys, the Toronto International Film Festival was last week. Um, I was curious if you read, if you read this story from, uh, the Hollywood Reporter. I found this very interesting. Uh, it was titled Netflix Amazon Movies Barred from Toronto International Film Fest Industry Screening Venue. Wow, no, I did not know that. That's a big, giant fucking snub. Well, here Sounds we... very elitist. Well, let me... Ex- Is it run by Steven Spielberg? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Isn't it crazy? We got Steven Spielberg on one side, and we got Scorsese making a fucking Netflix film, right? Yeah, which pretty much proves Spielberg needs to fucking get off his high horse well, and here, stop being a fucking prude. Here's the thing. Let me explain this. Like, how many movies do you think that they fucking show at TIFF, right? They show a lot of movies. Honestly, I have no idea. Okay. Cineplex, the the Canadian exhibition giant that runs Scotiabank, told TIFF this year that Amazon and Netflix titles it programmed for a short run in movie theaters or none at all have been barred from its multiplex on Richmond Street that hosts industry and film critics. Exhibitor Cineplex says only TIFF titles that respect, quote, the traditional theatrical model may play on Scotiabank Theater screens. Quote, there are hundreds of fantastic films screaming, screening as part of this year's festival. And with all those options, we ask that our screens feature titles from studios who understand and appreciate the importance of a theatrical release model. And that comes from uh, Cineplex spokesperson Sarah Van Lang and when she was talking to THR. And then she said, uh, we have a strong and long-standing partnership with TIFF and are proud of our role in creating memorable theatrical experiences for festival goers now and for years to come. And here's the thing. TIFF does have they do show a lot of movies and you know i mean joker played it tiff the goldfinch a lot of uh taika watiti's new jojo rabbit played there which i heard i've heard mixed reviews very mixed reviews on that one um i am very much looking forward to it Regardless of what I've heard, but that's probably my second most anticipated movie. My first anticipated mo- movie of the year that I'm still looking forward to. Oh my god, it's a, it's a tough one, but I I am gonna say Knives Out. Ryan Knives Jones, out, yeah. Knives Out is in my five. That's for sure. Knives Out's my number one. My number two is probably The Rise of Skywalker. Number. Three is Joker, and then number four is probably Jojo Rabbit. Um, 
but for as many movies that I think Tiff plays and I hate to say this, I think I kind of agree with them. I it's weird because you're saying there actually is no space for these movies at this point. I think that if these movies are going to be readily available on Netflix so quickly that well, what's I, the point? What's the point? I, I I also think it's a shame though that that Netflix has movies like Roma that wouldn't be able to be played at TIFF, which I think is Roma is definitely deserved of being shown at TIFF. Roma is yeah, one of those high art as anything else. Yeah. And, but on the flip side, I think like when you go to TIFF, it's, if you're, if you're going to TIFF to watch a movie, it's like, I don't feel like you should be watching something that everybody will just be able to watch on Netflix within a few weeks to a month or whatever. I don't know. That's. I, I can see the distinction that you're making. I, I'm um, not agreeing with the Amazon stuff. I think like Amazon, like the Big Sick was an Amazon movie, the Kumail Nanjiani film. Yeah, and it got a proper release. They absolutely. waited quite a bit to put it on Prime. But well, three months, three months. That's, that's, it, today, by today's standards, that's pretty much the same as anything now. Typically, it's I mean, four. It's four. Home video now already. It's typically four. It's typically four months. The first movie that I remember that was released in three months was the Johnny Jet, the Johnny Depp, uh, Willy Wonka movie. It was like the first like big movie that ever got released after three months. But typically, like mm. typically, it's four months before you see a movie that's been released that that's in the theater and then before it gets released on yeah, to yeah. streaming. It's so quick nowadays though. I mean three, four months. I mean Far From Home yeah. comes out next week for Christ's sakes. That's true. Next week? Really? I'm digital. Oh wow. Oh, oh wow. It came out July, right? Yeah. Yeah. Early July. Yeah, so Yeah, we're looking well, at see I don't get the distinction here because, you know, Hustlers premiered at TIFF and a week later, everyone can watch it in the theater. So how is that any different from it? Something appearing at TIFF and then it's available for streaming. I mean, I, I just don't see the distinction. You're right. You know, I mean, you're, I, are they just, yeah, I mean, I just don't get what, what they're going for here. I could understand if they're trying to get a heads up on films that are going to come out later in the, you know, maybe that's their, their model. But, but I just don't see the distinction between streaming and releasing in theaters. It's like, they're all film. Think about think game. about think about the rate that they're coming out with these fucking Netflix films though. And think about like you know, like are you really wanting to premiere the new, you know, Michael Bay Ryan Reynolds movie at TIFF and are you really wanting to premiere like Triple Frontier at TIFF and stuff like that? Like, you know, the Red Sea diving resort at TIFF, like all these Netflix movies that they're just pumping out like it's nothing. But it has, it has to be a quality movie, right? I mean, TIFF only allows movies that people think have a chance of getting some sort of Oscar buzz. And, and you know, you can't release for, um, 
Rim of the World or some shit from Netflix. Oh, yeah, I think at TIFF, obviously. I think but, Roma, Roma's worthy of showing it at TIFF. Well, you know? I, I mean, I saw Roma on the big screen. You know, it, so it was did I. Released in the big screen before Netflix. And, so did I. The Beast of yeah, no, yeah. Beast of No Nation is another one that was also shown in the theater. The Idris Elba film. Right. So. Yeah. 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 I just don't get this elitism where it's like, okay, if it's on a streaming service, we're not going to fuck with it. I don't know. I, mean, I, I guess, I don't know. I mean, part of me, part of me agrees with this. I don't know. I, I, I think that part of me agrees with this. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like, I feel, I feel, hold on. I feel like, I, I sometimes I feel like Netflix is kind of like the McDonald's of entertainment sometimes. I can see that comparison. Sometimes. Yeah. Roma Roma there, was the exception. There's a lot of shit, yeah. Roma was the exception. But I feel like I feel like there's there's studios that have a theatrical model. Like it's not like it's not like we're gonna fucking like it's not like Joker's gonna be fucking like they're gonna have a fucking you know, it's gonna be in the theaters for a couple months and it's all of a sudden it's good, it's just gonna show up on DC Universe. You know? You're gonna see things change, I think. With Netflix, because now they're not the only dog in the in the game. You know they're getting a lot of competition now, and people are going to start weighing streaming services based on the quality of the content that they're releasing. Yeah, but the, so, it doesn't mean that you know, it doesn't H- mean that it doesn't mean that TIFF has to change the way that they do things, though, right? Oh no, ter- and, it, and it also I doesn't does, the-, does the fact that the, the fact that TIFF says like we're not going to fucking let Netflix and Amazon fucking show their movies in our does that does that make a big di- it, it, how much of a difference does that make to to Netflix and Amazon? I feel like I feel like at this point it's it's more important for Netflix and Amazon to feel like they're part. I feel like I feel like Netflix and Amazon need to feel like they got their big boy pants on and that they're making that they're making <laughs> important content. I really do. I feel like that that's what this comes down to. I feel like Netflix and Amazon are trying to cheat, cheat their way into making themselves feel like they're making important stuff. Does, mm. I don't, am I making sense? I feel like, like, I feel like Netflix is trying to find a way just to play their movies into a certain, they're trying to buy up a, any theater chain. That way they can play their movies in there for whatever, however fucking long. That way they can be considered for this kind of shit. And I, I do think that it's kind of a bullshit workaround that they can, they were trying to buy landmark theaters at one time, Jake, just so that, you know what I mean? It's just like, <laughs> yeah. I, I just, I don't know. I, it's not like, it's, I just think all these film festivals, TIFF, you know, um, Venice, all these things, they're basically promotions for the up, Coming award seasons and the upcoming award seasons are all celebration of film. Yeah, it's basically the industry is telling you this is quality filmmaking. This is the art that we should be paying attention to. And even though most of the shit that Netflix releases is crap, they do have their Romas and they do have their beasts and no nations. And yeah. those films shouldn't be excluded. Um, they should be celebrated too. Yeah, I guess. Surprised it- Netflix doesn't just say fuck it and start their own film festival. Yeah, that might you know? be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe maybe be all inclusive for all streaming services. I know that would um, was, that's uh, kind of weird. Like, was, 
hugging your competition like that, but fuck it. It was Paul Newman that started Sundance, right? Yeah. So, I mean, why couldn't Netflix start their own fucking thing? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense, man. Fucking start their own film festival. They got enough money. Yeah, Yeah, and be all-inclusive, you know, invite all the different streaming platforms, have a streaming platform film festival. I'm split on this because I I do think, like, Tristan, I agree with you, dude. There are fucking Romas. There are beasts of no nation, you know, and there there could be an Irishman, you know, as far as, you know, who knows? Like, that could be... Theoretically, I mean, the best movie of the year could come out on a streaming service, and it's going to get no love because of these rules. It's true. It's true. You're absolutely right, dude. I don't know. I'm split on this. Like, part of me is like, part of me is like, I, I'm very traditional as far as like movies. Like, I love to see a movie. I would, if, if I have the choice, I would rather see a movie in the theater than, than watch it at home. That's just me. Like, when I saw Roma, I saw it in the theater. I didn't watch it on my fucking Netflix. I watched it, I fucking, I dropped, I fucking dropped coin to watch that. I supported a local theater. A co, I actually, a fucking, the art theater to watch that movie. I'm glad I did. Same here. And uh, good for you. Um, I mean, I think that's great. I think we... I... Well, Roma was a film that, you know, I probably would have been playing on my phone while I watched it at home, you know? Yeah. And in the theater, yeah. I was locked in. Yeah, I'm the same way, man. I'm, it's, it's one of those things where I get a text message and I'll hit pause and it'll take me out of it. But, like, if I'm in the theater, I'm engaged. Like, I'm there. I'm locked in. Yeah. Um, news from Dark Horizons. John Lithgow has joined the cast of the FX drama pilot Old Man alongside the previously announced Jeff Bridges. While Spider-Man Far From Home director John Watts has been set to helm the pilot and executive produce. Have you guys heard about this fucking show? Not at all. Yeah, same. Uh, it's based on Thomas Perry's best-selling novel, Jeff Bridges plays former CIA operative Dan Chase, who went rogue decades ago and has been living off the grid ever since. When an assassin arrives and tries to take Chase out, the old spy learns that to ensure his future, he now must reconcile his past. Lithgow will play Harold Harper, intelligent and tough with deep reservoirs of both compassion and ruthlessness, uh, called back to service by the FBI and suffering a terrible personal loss. He's hired to hunt down Chase with whom he has a complicated past. John Lithgow, Jeff Bridges in a series. I love how they word this. Uh, Harold Harper. John Lithgow is going to be playing Harold Harper. Harold Harper. Listen to this. He's intelligent and tough. Deep reservoirs of both compassion and ruthlessness. Jake, if somebody said that about you, if somebody, like, so, uh, oh my God, if so, like, uh, uh, God forbid, I'm gonna die one day, but if somebody, like, stood up at my funeral, and they were giving my eulogy, and they were like, oh my God, Brian, a man with deep reservoirs of both compassion and ruthlessness, my corpse, would shed a tear. They've removed at that point. They've probably removed my tear ducts, right? You know what I mean? They they're fucking with organs and they're doing all this other shit during the uh, in the embalming and stuff like that. My corpse finds a way to conjure up one tear, and you see a tear roll down my eye as somebody says that I have deep. Re- 
deep, re- deep reservoirs. Deep reservoirs of Jesus, both, what a compliment. Deep reservoirs of both compassion and ruthlessness. I don't know, man. That's uh that's a whoever wrote that, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I've never heard it quite put like that. I've never heard the word reservoir used in such a manner. <laughs> that's good stuff. <laughs> I'm impressed too, man. Holy shit. Oh my, I feel like I've just fucking uh gone a couple rounds with Big Don J in the sack, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it, and yeah, I'm not necessarily making fun either. I, I think it is, it does paint a picture of the character they're trying to portray. Yeah, fucking. An explanation. I'm telling you, uh, the new Pet Cemetery, I thought John Lithgow was fantastic. I thought John Lithgow was fantastic in the, uh, fucking Rupert Wyatt, uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. John Lithgow, man, fucking great act. John Lithgow and Jeff Bridges are doing an FX series called Old Man. I, Jake, I hadn't even heard about this fucking shit. Yeah, geez, FX has a lot of stuff coming down mm-hmm. the pipeline. It's mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah, Noah Hawley, you know, of course, Legion season three, and that's ending. Is it? Is it? Why <clears throat> landing on FX too? Uh, why the Last Man is going to be on FX? Uh, um. The the show we just talked about, the Alex Garland show. The Alex Garland show, Devs. And then, of course, Fargo season four, when that comes back. Oh, yeah, yeah. I almost forgot about that, the break they've taken. The other Noah Hawley series. So, yeah. Looking for... Holy fuck, man. FX fucking killing it. And, you know. So, yeah, looking for... Tom Cruise. I got some Tom Cruise news from Dark Horizons. Uh, not really Tom Cruise news. We need a Tom Cruise news bumper. We do need a Tom Cruise news. You know, Jake, <laughs> I almost, there's a, uh, there's a Tom Cruise impersonator. He's the, the best, he's the best Tom Cruise impersonator in the world. And, uh, I almost, for episode 300, I almost purchased a gig from him to have him address Rebecca. <laughs> On 300. Oh, that would have been amazing. Uh, you should almost edit this out so we can do that. I know. Day. Maybe I'll do it. I don't know. God, he's he's really fucking good, though. Maybe one day I'll do that. Tom Cruise. This is uh, this is news that broke last week. Uh, fan favorite actress Haley Atwell from uh, Agent Carter, um, and then uh, she was in, most recently in uh, Blinded by the Light. Uh, that. Um, that uh, that new film about uh, what's his name Bruce Springsteen that Bruce Springsteen Bruce music Springsteen hey, yeah. did you watch that Tristan did you no watch? I didn't I've been meaning to see it it's um, a good fucking movie I heard nothing but good things about it it's really fucking good man I've actually what's fucked up is like uh, on my Spotify I'll be playing like 80s rock hits and then every every once in a while they'll fucking play a Bruce Springsteen song and I'll just stop it's not, I've never really been into Springsteen before. And it's like, mm. you know, I like, I like Springsteen, but it's, I've never, it's not like, oh, you know, it's not like, a, you know, I'm a huge Springsteen fan, but like every once in a while, I'll just, stop. you're not throwing your panties at him at the show. I'm not, right? I'm definitely not a Springsteen panty dropper, Tristan. That's, I've never been that guy. But, yeah. She is joining, uh, Haley Atwell is joining the Mission Impossible franchise, uh, with her being linked to Christopher McQuarrie's seventh film in the series. And then she used her social media account and she confirmed that her, 
role involves her serving as the female lead of both the seventh and eighth film in the series. And they're going to be shot back to back from early next year. So Rebecca Ferguson is expected to come back as Ilsa Faust, but the new female lead for the next two films in the Mission Impossible franchise is going to be Haley fucking Atwell. We got Mission Impossible 7, which is going to come out July 23rd of 2021, and then Mission Impossible 8 is expected to begin uh, August 5th of 2022. Back-to-back. They're filming them back-to-back. Uh, Christopher McQuarrie's coming back to do both of these fucking movies. Haley Atwell. Oh, God. Tom Cruise. Jesus, fuck. This is crazy. Great Must news. Be a continuous yeah. story then, right? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, you would. Yeah. You must think that this next one will probably end with the cliffhanger. Or why bother doing it like this? Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I, I love Haley Atwell. Um, this is a big get for her. Um, not, I mean, I know she has notoriety, but this will even make that even more extreme. Um, I, I can't wait to see what kind of chemistry she has with Tom. I, I think this could be real a lot of fun. Oh, it, well, I will admit it's hard for women to have great chemistry with Tom Cruise in movies. It's that's a hard. I thought Rebecca Ferguson did. I thought she was really good. I also thought, uh, um, was it what's her name? Tessa, not Tessa Thompson. Oh my God, what's her name from fucking uh, Westworld? Oh, uh, Tammy Newton. Oh, Tandy Newton. Tandy Newton. Tandy Newton. Was it yeah. Tandy Newton? Was it in Mission Impossible? She was in part three two. or two. two. She yeah. was great with Tom Cruise in two. I know people hate on it all the time, but I, I liked Cruise and Cameron Diaz in Night and Day. I think mm. they had good chemistry. I'm a Night and Day supporter. I'm a Night and Day supporter. I like that movie. Yeah, I thought what made it was the two of those people, the two of those actors, you know? Yeah, I like Diaz. She silently retired from acting. Yeah, yeah, I'd read that. Good for her. Yeah, I loved her. Did you watch Bad Teacher? That was funny shit. It was funny shit. That's one of her last movies, basically. One of her last movies. I loved Bad Teacher. It was really good. Guys, uh, we might be... This news comes from Dark Horizons as well. We might be getting... This looks like... um, Playground is developing a TV series adaptation of James Fenimore Cooper's historical novel series, Leatherstocking Tales. If that means nothing to you, you're like me. <laughs> but the second of the series of five novels is a book called The Last of the Mohicans. Which is a movie I'm sure most of us are familiar with. I remember Last of the Mohicans is a very special movie to me. Um, uh, this movie came out in 1992, starred Daniel Day-Lewis and Madeline Stowe. I saw this one in the theater. Um, this is the last movie that I ever saw with my family and family. I mean, like I've seen movies with my dad and my sister since 1992, but my mom, my mom is a weird creature and my, my mom, my mom is a weird 
creature. Like, <laughs> my mom's weird. And she would agree. Um, but my mom, like, didn't really go out and do a whole lot. This is the last movie we ever saw as a fucking family. The last of the Mohicans. Kind of crazy. So, yeah, 27 fucking years ago, I was, this is the last movie I ever saw with, like, my entire, like, immediate family. And, um, I remember watching this movie and just being blown away. Like, this was my first exposure. I was 14. This was my first exposure to, um, Daniel Day Lewis. And I, last of the Mohicans, Jake, fucking Michael Mann movie, fucking, mm-hmm. like, I don't know, dude. This movie, it blew me the fuck away. I love this. This is a, uh, they're developing a TV series adaptation of, like, this whole historical novel series, which is called The Leather Stocking Tales, which also includes The Last of the Mohicans. And so, Playground is working on a pilot script for the project, which is being set up as an ongoing series, rather than a limited event series affair. The BBC previously adapted the tale into a 1971 serial, which is widely considered the most faithful adaptation of the novel to date. This is going to be set between 1740 and 1806. The stories chronicle life among Native Americans and white pioneers on the New York State French frontier. Uh, New York State, excuse me, New York State frontier and a man known as Hawkeye. The world is on the cusp of change and the struggle between the British and French to take control of the region forms a high-stakes political backdrop. Um, Colin Collender and Melissa Gallant will executive produce while BAFTA Award winner Ed McCarty from Shameless is writing in collaboration with Julie Proudfit. Uh, A team of Native American consultants will lend their expertise to the project doesn't say who's going to it's who's going to be like what network's going to be picking this up i don't believe that i read that no i didn't catch that in there anywhere no oh my i'm in i'm in though it's going to be hard like uh fucking you know uh hawkeye was played by uh daniel day lewis in the last of he get those are going to be hard shoes to fill right Oh, yeah. yeah, I think it'll help that you're getting a bunch of story before you start mm-hmm. um, redoing the story. Yeah, from Last of the Mohicans. I, not uh, that it'll make it seamless, but I think that'll help a little bit. God, Last of Mohicans. Tristan, Last of the Mohicans, great movie, isn't it? You know what? I have never seen it. Oh my! You are missing, <laughs> dude, 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 dude. Tristan, I'm not even going to knock you. I'm, I'm just saying, like. You're in a position now to watch one of the greatest movies ever fucking filmed. Like I am yeah. not kidding you. The Tristan, Tristan, please do yourself a favor and don't leave this earth without watching The Last of the Mohicans. It is You know what? I have a list of movies, you mm-hmm. know, just movies, classic movies movies that everyone talks about that I haven't seen and I'm knocking them out one by one so that's on my list trust me what was the last movie that you knocked out that was on that list <laughs> I was gonna um, ask the same thing Apocalypse Now I had never seen that until really yeah. yeah yeah that's what I need to watch that again but last time I watched that was in my 20s but yeah yeah, yeah that movie did a lot for ceiling fans mm. <laughs> <laughs> um 
definitely watch Last of the Mohicans. Do yourself a huge favor and watch that. I think it is my favorite Daniel Day-Lewis movie. And the guy is talented as fuck. Did he win the, the Oscar that. on that one? Or I know he was nominated, but I'm not sure if he won that year. I don't know if he won that year or not either. No, I, I do not think he did win that year. Yeah, I don't think he did. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. I'm on it. Hey, guess what? Movie Pass is dead today. <laughs> really? Yeah. Today. Huh? Today. No, today. Today is September 14th. Movie Pass news. This is com- this comes from cnbc.com and here's the title of their article. Movie Pass will shut down for good on September 14th. That's today. <laughs> Movie Pass Fuck. was dead to me on September 14th, 2018. Yeah. <laughs> That's when you. No shit. That's I dropped the service to like, a, you know, like over a year ago. I I was a subscriber of Movie Pass before they did the nine ninety nine a month bullshit. Like I was a subscriber for like three or four years before they started that. I was paying thirty bucks a month for Movie Pass, and I was very happy with the service. I could see a different movie every day at the theater. And um movie pass. Really- you seem to really enjoy having the like ability to like store everything you saw too. Like that was yes. a nice handy feature. It too. was nice. Like I could go back and look at the history of like all the different movies that I had watched and and things like. That. I I I enjoyed movie pass as uh, I kind of preferred movie. Pa- I do AMC A list now, but I kind of preferred movie pass because it was nice because I could use movie pass at non-AMC theaters. And one of my favorite theaters to go to was actually a Goodrich theater. I really enjoyed the Goodrich theater. And now when I want to go to the Goodrich theater and sit in like their luxury seats, I have to actually pay for those tickets now, which kind of sucks. But, you know, it's, you know, you know, you, you take the good, you take the bad, and you take both and there you have the facts of life. Thank you, Mrs. Garrett. Oh my god, Mrs. Garrett. Facts. Sorry, go ahead, Jacob. Sorry. Oh no, I, I had nothing. I was laughing. I, I don't know. I was gonna go uh, down a uh, it, facts of life tangent. Yeah, as much as everyone shits on movie, uh, pass, you yeah, know, it, it paved the way for a list and Regal Unlimited and all that because basically, you know, those guys said, "Hey, I see where you guys fucked up. Let's do it better." <laughs> You know, and now yeah. we all win. We get the we get A list, we get Cinemark, we get Regal Unlimited, and and I love A list. I think it's the best thing that's ever happened to to movies for me personally. I think I love A list too. Don't get me wrong, I love A list. I used it today when I saw Hustlers. You know, but I do yeah. miss I do miss the days of like paying. I mean, I was paying ten bucks more a month for fucking. Uh, the movie pass. I was paying thirty bucks a month at move, for movie pass for three years before any. Nobody was talking about movie pass. I was using. I was. I was. I was using movie pass. Nobody was talking about it. Nobody was talking about movie pass until it was. You were the first person to tell me about movie pass. Yeah. Well, the first person to tell me about movie pass was Steve from the League of Geeks. Like he brought it up to me one time, and I was like, "Oh my god, I got to do this!" And so I started doing it, and I fucking loved it, man. I would fucking I. Movie Pass when it first fucking started was a great fucking service. You would I would pay thirty bucks a month. I could see a different movie every fucking day. I just had to wait twenty four hours. 
Yeah. Every fucking day I, I could see a different movie. And that's a great deal. Their customer yeah. service when they first started, Tristan, you could actually talk to a person. It wasn't. Oh shit, they actually answered you? Fuck yeah, dude. It wasn't until they started doing this 999 bullshit where they were just like Subway and they were like, yeah, we'll give you a foot long for fucking five bucks. You know what I mean? Like everybody, everybody's gotta go cheap on shit. It's like. Well, they I'll- grew the seven million subscribers and I think it was like the fastest growing internet but company they, ever. They and, fucked up. And they couldn't handle yeah, it. Yeah, they fucked but you up. you know who had the, who, you know who had worst customer service was fucking Cinemia. Cinemia um, uh, was fantastic yeah. for the first year that I had them. They were fantastic. It was amazing. I paid, I was paying maybe like four bucks a movie, and they, and that included IMAX and 3D and all that shit. Yeah. Um, so Cinemia was fantastic for the first year I had it, and I, I utilized it to the fullest. But then when it started getting more popular, they started pulling a movie phone. I'm sorry, movie pass, and and all of a sudden the app doesn't work. You know, during a, a big weekend. You know, I remember going to a theater and all of a sudden, I remember you know, the too. app is freezing and, and you contact their customer service and they would blame it on you. Uh-huh. Oh, you didn't update your phone. Oh, you need to download the, the latest version of this and that. And you need to fucking dump your phone in fucking water for it to work. I mean, they would blame everything on fucking you <laughs> as to why the app wasn't working. They, so they were just trying to circumvent the fact that they didn't want to pay for your fucking movie. Exactly. Fucking movie pass actually, they, they found out that movie passes lying to people and they were, they were acting, what were they, uh, there was, there was one time where like, they were acting like the system, system was down or something like that. And it was the fact that they didn't want people to be able to watch Mission Impossible. The new, that was the oh yeah, week right. I gave up on movie pass, yeah. Yeah. I was lucky enough that there was, I, the, like, Mission Impossible was down at every theater except for one theater but i had to drive 45 minutes away to go watch it at this theater um what i love about a list though even though i'm paying you know a a little bit more and i what i'm loving about that is that they don't restrict you on whether the movie's imax 3d or 2d it's whatever. Like, whatever you want to watch, you yeah. can watch it. Like, if you want to watch it in IMAX, that's great. If you want to watch it in 3D, that's fantastic. 2D, whatever. We'll do it. doesn't matter. So. That's what I love I about like my you list. You see the same movie over and over again, too. Yes. Yeah. Um, the, they wouldn't it, let you do that with movie pass. They did at one time, Jake. At so one time, time, they I did. There, you could not. At one time, if I wanted to watch The Force Awakens 16 fucking times on MoviePass, I could. It wasn't until they released Endgame, or excuse me, Infinity War. Infinity War. And that, yeah. as soon as Infinity War came out, they were like, we'll only let you watch this shit once. But before that, you had to wait just 24 hours and you can watch whatever the fuck you wanted to. You figured out the workaround around that, right? You just get a different movie and watch it. Yeah, of course. Oh, of course. Of course. Like, yeah, I'm going to go see fucking, you know, uh, uh, the new, the new movie. The new Medea. The new Medea or the new movie (laughs) where the dog, the live action dog is talking to his master about whatever. You know what I mean? I mean, that's the same way I saw R rated movies when I was 14. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's true. Yeah. You just like, I'm going to purchase. Yeah, exactly. You purchase the one ticket and then you just walk into the other theater. Right? 
Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, but overall, you know, I mean, rest in peace, Movie Pass, and I'm Dude. glad that we do have a list and Regal. I'm gonna keep my I'm gonna keep my Movie Pass card as like a relic to the past. I still have my Blockbuster card. Put it next to the Blockbuster card. I'll put it next to my Blockbuster card. Both of them. You know what I mean? I'll have fuck and I'll set up a memorial for them. How's that sound? <laughs> you need to get the Hollywood video card. You can have the trifecta. Oh my! There's a in Champaign, Illinois. There, there was a Hollywood video that went out of business. And Jake, hold on. Listen to this. A liquor store went into its place. All right. Listen. Are you hearing me? Yeah. So yeah. A Hollywood video went out of business, and a liquor store is now there. And so, in order to save money. Um, and not change the sign too much. It's called Hollywood Liquor, and it's the same. <laughs> That's genius. <laughs> I'll send you a picture, dude. Next time I'm ne- next time I'm driving through Champagne, I'll take a picture of Hollywood Liquor and I'll send it to you. It says Hollywood. It's just, it's it's the same Hollywood video sign, but all it says. <laughs> One of the elves won't light up. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Any way to save a buck, am I right? Yeah, man, that shit was so competitive, man. Here in Peoria, fucking Hollywood video and Blockbuster were, like, right next to each other. Oh, I remember that shit, dude. Was that on fucking, uh, was that on, on university. university? Yeah. I remember that shit. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. Fucking, what do we got? You guys want to take a break or do you want to just jump into Marvel News? Yeah, we could take a break. I could use a pee. What are you thinking? What do you think of Tristan? You want to take a break? Take a pee. All right. All right. We're going to piss it up. We're going to be. <laughs> you make it sound so romantic. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, we're going yeah. to. Um... Hey, Big Dunk Jake, we're going to take. What you're known for? <laughs> We're gonna take what you're known for, you big fucking man. Juvenile fucking iTunes name. Jesus Christ. Grow the fuck up, you piece of shit. We're gonna take I'm, a I'm qu- gonna be envious of Big Dong Jake. I know. Big Dong as I take my pee. I know. As soon as I fucking take my fucking like weakling penis out and I'm just like looking at this thing. You know what I mean? It's like when you, when you look at, when you're watching the commercial, and they're show, like you're watching a Red Robin commercial, and they're like, "Oh my god, look at this burger! Oh my god, oh my god, look at that burger! <laughs> look at that burger!" And it's 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 like it's like a burger that they got going on right now. It's a special. It's for a limited time. You're like, "Oh my god, oh my god, that's the flavor that they got going on right now. That's the spice that I want in my life. That's the that's the Angus. That's the fucking cut of Angus that I want. I want that with those spices, and I want that. I want that with that bun. That's got to be in my mouth. You get there, you order it, they give it to you, and you're just like, "What the fuck?" That's my penis in my hand when I'm comparing it to fucking Big Dong Jack. <laughs> you know what I mean? I fuck. I get that burger, and I fucking. T- it's not. It's not. It's not what I wanted. Like like what I saw in the commercial was so much more. It was so much more. And then when I finally got it, I was just like, this what this is what they've been fucking touting on the this is not what like okay, I guess I just learned my lesson. I'm learning my lesson as I'm holding my dick. And I'm thinking Thank about, you, Big Dunk. Thank you, Big Dunk Jay. Jay. For fucking up fucking my self esteem and self esteem, your sex life is ruined. Seriously, everything. You fucking big dick 
fucking horse dong motherfucker with your huge fucking cock <laughs> and your juvenile iTunes fucking name. You fucking piece of shit. You motherfucker. Fuck you and your fucking outspoken bullshit. Fuck you, you fucking piece of shit. Anyway. Hey, guys, let's take a break. <laughs> 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 we'll be right back. Fucking old school. Damn. These beats are so fresh. Snap. Oh. <laughs> hey, we're back. Sounded like we just got a hold there. What was that? <laughs> That's weird, wasn't it? <laughs> weird. Hey, Marvel news. Yeah, da 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 da. Marvel news. All right. So, uh, Hawkeye. Uh, yeah, we're gonna get that uh, series from Disney Plus. They are uh, in talks with uh, Haley Steinfeld uh, to uh, to uh, play uh, Kate Bishop, and uh, we all know her from the Marvel Comics uh, series. When, and uh she took over the mantle of Hawkeye. And uh, so all this is kind of like leading to the rumor that they're going to be starting a Young Avengers movie series. Um She's in talk. She has not 100% signed on. We know she's doing the uh, Apple Plus series over there. Um I, I think like I think it's these talks are serious. I also think that uh, some of the talks that are being involved are the fact that uh, the movie deal. I, I, I think like I think like Renner, Renner's deservedly, and he's he's an in my opinion. Not I don't know. I, I don't know. Is it, it Renner? Is Renner, Renner's not an A list actor, but he thinks he is. He thinks he is. I, I, Hurt Locker, dude, after Hurt Locker, the fucking sky was the limit for this guy, right? Correct. Hurt Locker was, yeah, he was A list at one point. Yeah, yeah. And I think, like, I think Haley Steinfeld is, like, I, I think she's, I think she's movie worthy. I think, like, that's part of, like, this whole maybe, like, discussion is the fact that Haley Steinfeld is maybe trying to work out some sort of, like, a movie deal. Um, when it comes to this Disney Plus, I think these things are going to go hand in hand. That eventually we're gonna, hopefully, hopefully we'll see a Young Avengers film here out of this. Yeah, I mean, I I can't stand Haley Steinfeld. I hope this shit falls what, through. Uh, what the really? fuck, Jake? That's bullshit. What the fuck, dude? She was in True Grit. She was fucking fantastic. She was fucking fantastic in. Uh, the Bumblebee. Uh, the Bumblebee I, movie. I don't get the love for Bumblebee. You're That's fucking over my head. You're fucking crazy. And she was great in the age of seventeen. You're fucking ridiculous. It's that's fucking that's a fucking ridiculous take. I don't understand that at all. I just, I mean, it, sometimes just actors, just I don't know. I just don't get it. It rubs me the wrong way. I just how what what rubbed you the wrong way about her performance in True Grit, her performance in The Age of Seventeen, her performance in Bumblebee. What rubbed you the wrong way? I just don't. And I just don't get it. I mean, I don't see the charisma. I don't see the appeal. It, it just. I don't know. It's not for me. You're out of your mind. You're out of your mind. No, that's fine. I know. I'm. 
on a small island on this one. Yeah, but yeah, one hundred percent. One hundred percent. I hope she. Finds have you seen the age of seventeen? No, I have not. Okay, seen that. have you three, seen? That's the one. I okay. have seen True Grit. I and and, and she was, and uh, you know, she was nominated for that one. Terrible performance. Am I right? I mean, it's it didn't to- do much for horrible. me. Yeah, it's terrible, dude. I don't get that. I don't. I, didn't, I, I mean, I'm not saying it's terrible. Like, I, I don't necessarily think she's a terrible actress. I just don't have a personal. I just something about it doesn't do anything for me. Oh man, that's, that's not a fan. That's bizarre. Tristan, make some sense out of this because I'm all I'm hearing right now. I feel like I feel like Jake is just he's he's barfing into my mouth at the same time that he's pissing down my back. <laughs> I, I feel like well, there's a lot you of pay for that shit, dude. <laughs> And sucking your toes, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I, I don't know. Jake and a also couple, extra. Jake, Jake and some, Jake and some buddies are going to town on my toes right now, man. <laughs> it's it, it's not, it's not fun until there's three, until there's three people involved. As long as one of those people aren't, as long as one of those people aren't Haley Steinfeld and her shitty, her shitty. You're you're out of your mind. You're out of your mind. I mean, I guess. I mean, probably, but I don't know. It's just one of those things. Every now and again, there's just certain actors where it just take me out of something, and I, I'm uh, just not the biggest fan. I was and really I, I, to this day, I don't get the Bumblebee thing. It just felt like more Michael Bay shit to me. Oh, my God. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, I, I felt Bumblebee was just a, a completely different world in those films. Yeah, um, agree. But yeah, set in think- the same world. Yeah, it was. Oh, I get mean, the fuck out of here! It, fe- dude, it set like the most half-assed apology I've ever seen, but yet everyone took it. You're out of your, you're out of your fucking mind. And me being a huge Transformers fan, had Ryan Drost, had Daniel Hepner, guys that we've all grown up on fucking Transformers. We all would agree with the problems of the Bayformers films, yet we all fucking loved Bumblebee. It had all the fucking heart, dude. You're out your fucking mind with this one i love you jake but i'm not gonna i'm not gonna fuck i can't even sit here and fucking listen to this shit (laughs) i'm sorry i just i didn't get it man i like the as far as the classic transformer stuffs go and the cybertron stuff go it just felt like such a small part of the movie that i don't know i just didn't do much for me the story wasn't anything original Haley steinfeld was in it Oh, Haley, oh, and Haley Steinfeld was in it. She's so terrible. She's so terrible. She, what a horrible actress. Oh, my God. I'm excited God. about it. I'm not, I, I, I'm not saying she's a horrible actress. I'm saying I dislike her. There's a distinction. I dislike you right now. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I get it, though, Jake. I mean, there's certain actors that people love and i just don't get it myself so maybe don't agree with this don't agree with this motherfucker (laughs) (laughs) but everyone has that one actress where you're just like i don't get it you know sure you know yeah but anyways i mean I'm, i'm excited about the news and and i i think she's tremendous i felt watching bumblebee like she is someone to look out for. I think she's going to be a force for years to come. And the fact that Marvel was able to tie her down for this show. Uh, okay. I you know, like the fun. fact that you address like, like everybody has that one actor, but yeah. like if you could 
kind of like, I don't know, expound on that and say Jake's fucking crazy for that one actor to be fucking Haley Steinfeld. <laughs> that would be appreciated. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, maybe maybe Jake's triggered by something. I mean, does she remind you of someone that you hate? Yeah, Jake. Yeah, yeah I don't know what hey, it is. Jake, show I'm me on mean. the show me on the doll where Haley Steinfeld touched you. What the fuck? It, it definitely, it definitely started with all her shitty pop music being shoved in my face. Oh, so I, so I don't, I'm not I've even. I've never heard that. I've I, never heard exactly. I'm not even familiar. Oh, no, okay. Well. See, that makes sense. Why you have zero percent disdain for her. Uh, yeah, I have, I have, I'm not even familiar with that shit. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's how she was introduced to me by having, having to turn the fucking station or adjust my Spotify playlist every time they tried to force that shit on me. Uh, were, were you annoyed by her uh, voice in Spider-Verse? She was great um, as fucking Gwen. No, I wasn't, I wasn't annoyed she by She was it. fucking amazing as Gwen Stacy. Yeah. Mm, I mean, yeah. It, it wasn't. I didn't think it was bad again, but it, it wasn't like I didn't walk away from the movie thinking what a great vocal performance that was either. Oh, man. Oh, my God. I mean, I thought about like the things that really blew me away as far as vocal performance. I almost I like almost Nick cage. I almost started a, a, a fucking Haley Steinfeld cult, Jake. <laughs> Seriously, I think you have to listen to the to the music to be able to be in that cold. I don't know, man. I think honestly, at the end of the day, after I listen to the music, I might be drinking the punch and fucking being sent off into the afterlife. Like I, I that's like that's like a, a big as big a fan as I am of Haley Steinfeld at this moment, Jay. The, so, the, the Young Avengers um, is that something that you think people are actually going to be excited about or? You think it's going to be something like, you know, the general public looking at it like, okay, baby Avengers, I can sit this one out. Oh, God. Yeah, Avengers Jr.? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you guys know. That's a good point. I mean, they haven't gotten, there hasn't been a Marvel franchise that audiences seem to not want to join in on yet, y you know? Young Avengers sounds to me like the team up film for the streaming service. That's oh, what it sounds God. like it would be. Young Avengers to me sounds like an am amazing comic book run that I had a blast with. So, yeah. you know. I oh, yeah. It's one of my favorite runs of all time. What was it? Alan Heinberg did yeah. that? Yeah. But yeah. I just feel that I know, you know, the comic fans under appreciate it and understand the importance of it, but the general public, it's like you go from Endgame and then all of a sudden, hey, Young Avengers, you know? I just feel that the general public is going to look at that as being a step down um, as opposed, you know, if it's going to be the, the major event film of the summer, you know, if it comes out in February or drops in November or something, I can see that working. But, you know, I feel that people are going to feel that this movie is a bit of a, a watered down version of the, the previous event films. I think that's a valid, com not complaint, but fear. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think... Honestly, I think we kind of roll as comic fans when they decided they were going to do that comic. I think we rolled our eyes at that, too, until like reading that first issue. And, you know, they kind of wowed us with some of the twist in that first issues that hooked us all in. I mean, You're, maybe the movie can take the same approach. Dude, you were yeah. sucking the Jake, Jake, you were sucking the dick of the new mutants movie. And now we got Haley Steinfeld possibly playing Kate Bishop in a Matt Fraction inspired slash Hawkeye series. And you're just like, 
I mean, I I saw the New Mutants trailer. I was interested by it. I don't I don't necessarily think I was sucking its dick. Dude, just, you know, seriously, you were sucking the big dong yeah. J dick of that <laughs> fucking movie, bro. Yeah, I just I thought it was an interesting genre. Choice. You had a tonsillectomy going on. Felt in it. Seriously. So it looked good. It didn't have Haley Steinfeld in it, so it looked good. Shut the fuck up. Dude, she is good. She is fantastic. I love Haley yeah. Steinfeld. Yeah, I, I and yeah, I okay. <laughs> you're you're nuts. Agree. You're nuts. You are out of your goddamn I mind. Be. I will agree that I'm probably nuts about Haley Steinfeld, but I for the life of me can't understand why Bumblebee is so beloved. Oh god. Bumblebee was oh my god, that's the movie that made all the wrongs of the Bayformers movie, right? Dude, we had the fucking director of Kubo and the Two Strings involved into that one. We had a lot of the nostalgia from the 80s movies, and we had a lot of heart being brought into that film. It was just, it was a more personal story. It wasn't an end-of-the-world type scenario. And uh, it was just a, a fun fucking movie. I... I just, I had, a, as a Transformers fan, I had a blast with it. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. So, anyway. Um, DC News. Uh, did you guys hear that uh, the fact that Mahersha Ali is going to be playing Blade, it might have cost him the role of Commissioner Gordon? In the Batman film with Robert Pattinson? Did you guys hear about this? No, no, but he made the right about choice. Him. Yeah. Marshall Lee was previously the top choice for Matt Reeves to play Commissioner. This comes from uh, Collider's Jeff Snyder. And I got this news from Screen Rant. And they said that Ali and Reeves reportedly met about working together. It is now believed that this will not come to pass. The role Gordon will be a supporting one and now and Ali now has his own superhero franchise to headline in the near future. I don't know about you, but there's like there's as far as I know and 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 I I've, I've heard this there's no deal that I think it's I think it's scheduling at this point. There's no deal that keeps these actors from playing uh, DC characters if they're in a Marvel movie. Well, I mean, look, no. Taika Waititi, he's in in Marvel and DC simultaneously, too. Yeah. And so is, I mean, we have Jeff uh, James Gunn directing two freaking movies at the same time. I think, yeah. I, I think there's no deal that keeps people from participating in both universes and i feel the scheduling is also bs because we're not going to see a blade film for at least three or four years oh god yeah well that's the thing it's like as soon as they wrap though with fucking the batman like when are they gonna i i can't believe when are we gonna see that movie though tristan the matt reese batman it feels like that's the same timeline (laughs) Well, the, well, the other well, thing they're, they're actually working on um, Matt Reeves now, right? And yeah, that's actually in production. And that's... I think Mahershala Ali just freaking signed on the dotted line to be available to play Blade. I mean, they probably just figured this out a month ago, right before Comic Con. And the thing and... is, it's like 
you know, like how many of these Batman movies are they going to make? And then also like how many Blade movies do they have? I can't believe that they're just going to have one Robert Pattinson Batman movie. Well, that's never the plan, I assume. And then they're not just going to have like one Blade movie. So how, you know, this guy's got to. But what, what the, what major role would Commissioner Gordon play in these movies to where he wouldn't be able to do another film, you know, with Marvel at the same time. Well, think about, yeah, well, hold on. Lawrence Fishburne, right? He played Giant Man, right? He is Perry White. And he's Perry White. Why can't he fucking be, you know what I mean? Like, why can't fucking Mahershala Ali be Commissioner Gordon and, yeah. Dude. I don't know. That's fucked up. It's fucked up. I don't know. I, uh, I think... Yeah, Matt Reeves' Batman has not begun filming yet. No. It, like it got pushed back again, potentially. Oh, did it? I thought it was pushed back sometime this fall. They said it was supposedly going to be late fall filming, but they're now saying that it might be early 2020 when it starts filming. Interesting. Interesting. Huh. So that's from Screen Rant. This is uh, the DC universe is kind of fucked up because, like, J.K. Simmons was Commissioner Gordon. (laughs) That was weird. I'm glad that that's over with. (laughs) But they're in a bind right now because they have successful characters from that Justice League movie. We have a successful Wonder Woman. We have a very successful Aquaman. Yeah. And it's like you can't just shit on them and dump them and reboot completely. Yeah. I mean, they got lucky with Wonder Woman. That that first Wonder Woman movie is so disconnected from all that other stuff. I think that it can still just be its own thing. Oh, it's, it's just because it was a period piece, but it was still it's still clearly the same Wonder Woman that we were introduced to in Batman v you know that we saw in Batman v Superman uh, with Zack Snyder. Like, yeah, Zach- but we've got another period piece coming for the sequel, and you know. I, I think they can. There's plenty of material to mine without ever having to run into the Zack Snyder. It stuff doesn't sound again. like. Well, from what we've heard from Patty Jenkins, is she's saying like these first two are going to be, you know, in the set in the past. But like, it doesn't sound like the third one will be. It sounds like it'll be. Uh, I also like. Let's not leave out Shazam. I know she's Shazam has its detractors, but I think overall most people really loved that Shazam movie and me being one of them. Yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I just yeah. I feel like um outside of the movies that have them all in it together, they all even Shazam, they all feel so separate from each other. Well, that's that's that it's not going to be too hard to It's the way it should have fucking been because they don't have oh, a yeah. Kevin Feige to fucking bring a whole universe together. They forced this universe together, and I've always thought that until like Kevin Feige's don't grow on fucking trees. And that's the thing here is I felt like these universes have always been more successful when they felt very separate. Wonder Woman, of course, yes, it was a period piece that took place in World War One. And yes, that movie was great. Shazam really didn't have like the connectivity except for like the mid credit scene, I guess, when you saw like, you know, Superman show up, but it wasn't Henry Cavill, which they wanted to get him, but of course there was like some bullshit excuse about scheduling or whatever. I think it comes down to like them not knowing the direction that they're going to go with Superman going forward in the universe. Um, you know, but anyway, that's, 
that's another thing. I don't know. I uh, let's talk. Yeah, it almost seems yeah. like DC needs a fucking crisis movie just to no, get this shit straight. Don't do or it. Or they can just play the Fox X Men route and just act like. Oh, we didn't do that. Yeah. We're just going to start all over. Exactly. Again. That's, I'm with you, yeah. Tristan. Like, I That's think. That's the way to do. That, exactly. Exactly. Like, you know, we got the Muschietti doing the, the Flash movie. I was really looking forward to it when it was, uh, you know, Jonathan Francis Daly. Oh, there's a bunch of iterations of it I was really looking forward to. Yeah, well, I was looking forward to the uh, Chris Lord Miller version. I was looking, <laughs> I was looking forward to the, uh, uh Rick Fumiyawa version, uh, version, virgin. <laughs> I was I was looking forward to the Rick Fumiyawa version. No, the version, you know, the Rick Fumiyawa. He was the second director brought on, the director from Dope, and now he's gone. So there was another version I was looking forward to. Oh, to, not the um, Seth Lord of Seth Miller, Graham right? Smith version. No, it was. Um, oh God, why am I blanking on this director? The the Castaway director, the fucking. Um, Robert Zemeckis version. Oh, Zemeckis was? Yeah, the, Zemeckis oh, was right. rumored. Yeah, you're yeah. absolutely right. Um, yeah, it's crazy. We've speculated that if uh, Joaquin Phoenix's Joker takes off, that Warner Brothers will want to have him come back and play that role going forward. Um, that doesn't mean that Phoenix will want to come back, and I, I think... I've always thought of Phoenix as kind of like a one movie kind of guy, one and done. Has he ever done a sequel? Not that I, not that I've known of. And uh, I think this is kind of like why Marvel couldn't lock him down for Doctor Strange. You know, like he wasn't ready to commit to like multiple films and be a part yeah. of a whole universe. Anyway, Todd Phillips, he was talking to Variety about the possibility of Phoenix's Joker meeting up with Robert Pattinson's Batman. And here's what Todd Phillips said. Here's his quote. No, definitely not. <laughs> so apparently there was confusion about this. This comes from Screen Rant. They were talking about Phillips' statements. Uh, and they said that uh, it's not going to happen. But the statement comes in the wake of a mysteriously redacted comment from Robert Pattinson during a separate interview one that reportedly included a spoiler and was tied directly to Phoenix's version of the Joker. The comment, as well as a suspected connection to Batman v Superman, fueled much speculation on social media over the last week. Um, so, yeah, there apparently, like, there is a, this mis- miscommunication. Uh, Robert Pattinson kind of, like, fueled this miscommunication that there could be, like, this whole meetup between the two Todd Phillips is saying this is a one and done movie. It's not going to happen. So yeah, don't expect well, that to happen at the end of the day. It's not up to Todd Phillips. It's going to be up to Warner brothers, you know? So if Joker, which is getting so much hype and people are speculating, it's going to get a best picture. Nom. If it's that popular and successful, they're going to do everything they freaking can to shove him into the the greater universe. I don't think it matters. I don't think it matters. I don't think it matters if it, I think I think it will get a best picture nom. I also think it's going to get a best actor nom. Yeah. But I don't think those, it those those are even more reasons why he wouldn't come back too. Exactly. I think well, like, well, I know that I know that Phoenix would probably not do it, but I but I guarantee you that Warner Brothers is going to want him back. Oh, you know? no 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 no. Yeah. That's that without question. 
Without question. You are 100% right. Warner Brothers is going to fucking... When this movie... You'll never see Jared Leto as Joker again if this movie is as successful as people predict it to be. I agree. I agree. 100%. Leto's fucking... He's fucking... He's a he's a vampire. He's Morbius right now, right? Yeah. That's. What, I also here's I also learned some other things about uh, this. Remember the rumor the rumor about Leonardo DiCaprio being considered for the uh, Joker role? Yes. Todd Phillips said never true. That was never even considered. He was never even considered as uh, the Joker, which I find interesting. Uh, the Joker won uh, when it premiered at the Venice Film Festival. It won the Gold Lion Award that they hand out to the best movie, and it received an eight-minute standing ovation. Yeah. Yeah. Must, must be good. <laughs> it wasn't as well-received at TIFF, though. There's a lot of people that walked out of TIFF that didn't like it. The score dropped. It went from an 85% in August... And last time I looked, it was at a 77% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, did it drop that it much? It did drop. It did drop. But I, it could have gone up by now. But it's, it was last time I checked, it was at a 77% after TIFF. But, yeah, it, like it was, it was a fan. It was a critic favorite. It was a critic darling at fucking Venice Film Festival. Yeah, I can't wait to see it and judge it for myself. Absolutely. Hey, guys, uh, Suicide Squad news. Games Gun recently answered a fan. There was a rumor that Zatanna was going to be in the Suicide Squad. And he said, uh, James Gunn responded to a fan on Twitter. He said, I have nothing against Zatanna, but I have no idea where this some of this stuff comes from. I never even thought of including her in the Suicide Squad nor many of the other characters I keep hearing are in the film. I can't comment on every rumor, but just know many aren't true. I'm uh, I'm a little bummed by this. Um, Zatanna is... Yeah, I mean, I think there's a better showcase for, for such a great character than this movie. Jake, come on, hold on. Can I just throw... Let me just... Let me throw this out there. Zatanna is my favorite female DC character. And the possibility of James Gunn being the one that ushers her into the universe? Yeah. I mean, I hear what you're saying, but, I mean, this is the same week we saw a poster with, like, 20 fucking names on it. I don't think it would be a good introduction showcase for Santana. I, oh, I know. It's going to have time for that. Dark, let's do the, the Justice League Dark, and then you'll throw in Zatanna. I get it. I fucking get it. Or even but just like, in a Batman movie or something. I just feel like there's a better place for what you want in here. I get that you're not going to get James Gunn many other places. That's what I want. I want I, – I fucking – dude, if I want somebody to usher in fucking Zatanna, if – dude, me being a Zatanna fan, if I hear James Gunn is going to be the one to usher her in, I'm just like, oh, my God, she's getting the Zoe Zoltana's treatment and we're going to fucking get – you know, everybody loves Gamora. And I would want, I would feel so comfortable having fucking Zatanna ushered into the DC universe by James Gunn. That's, 
that's just me being a fan of James Gunn and Zatanna. And I agree. I'm a fan of both things, but it's the third element that makes me glad it's not happening. And that's that it's a Suicide Squad movie with already 20 plus people in it. Let's, uh, right? Know, well, I mean, given the fact that I didn't know how many people they were going to have in the goddamn movie to begin with, you know, it's not like they said, all right, guys, we got 20 spots to fill. The rumor, the, the, the rumor to begin with, if I'm just going back to the original rumor that Zatanna is going to be introduced into the James Gunn Suicide Squad movie, I'm excited. Sure. I 100% agree with that. Before the new knowledge we got, I would completely agree with what you're saying. But now, knowing what we know, I'm kind of glad it's not just one more thing in this movie. Yeah. All right. I'm just saying I would, um, I would feel as a, I, you know, I don't know. It's, uh, some of these characters, we don't even know who the fuck some of these people are playing. We got Peter Capaldi in Suicide Squad. We don't even know who he's playing. He, all he, he revealed that his character is bald. So (laughs) we've got Peter Capaldi playing Peter Cabaldi. I don't even. Oh, we don't man. even. We don't even know who the fuck. What the fuck character he's playing? So there's like, you know, there's still some mystery going on here. I'm just, oh, a ton Jake, of it. I fuck Jake. All I'm saying is like Zatan. I love Zatanna. She's my favorite fucking female DC character. And there was a rumor out there. And as a fan of fucking Zatanna, who else would you feel comfortable ushering this character into the universe other than James Gunn? Me, I, I I want James Gunn to to fucking bring her into the DC universe as a fan, and so the fact that he's not like makes me think like, are we ever going to get a proper Zatanna? Um, you know, going for like uh, at one time, uh, Guillermo del Toro was working on a Justice League Dark, and that had. That didn't happen, so it's like, no. I, yeah, I would love to see Guillermo del Toro's version of of uh, Zatanna. I think that that would be incredible after like seeing what he did, you know, what he's done with his films and his love for the Universal Monsters, and then taking like his love for the Universal Monsters and then putting that into like, you know, Swamp Thing and fucking Constantine and Zatanna and Animal Man and all that stuff. Yeah, it just. I I mean I get what you're saying. I I, I just want I, I want great are. I want great treatment of characters I love. Like I don't yeah. you know like like uh, back to New Mutants. Like I want great treatment of Magic. I love her. Magic is my favorite female Marvel character. She's my favorite mutant. So yeah, yeah. I hear you. I and I I agree with you to the point that the character is probably going to be introduced outside of a Batman movie. I mean, Batman movies don't have time to deal with anything but the same six characters over and over again, so Zantana will never have room there. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they ever do something with the character where she will be introduced. I think eventually they will do something with the character. I, I think really the character do. is a little bit of a cult favorite among people. I hope so. I really hope so. And that's what, well, see, that's the thing. Like, isn't that what James Gunn does? Yeah, I, and honestly, I thought I would make you feel better by talking about this, not like make you feel worse. I mean, no, I just, it's like it's like I saw what James Gunn. 
Listen, I saw what James Gunn did for Rocket Raccoon. I saw what he did for Groot, you know, uh, Star-Lord, Gamora, Drax. And like, dude, I want, I want that for Zatanna. I want other, I want other people to see what makes this character so special. And that's what James Gunn has done for those characters in the Marvel movies. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, yeah, I'm not saying that the formula isn't good. I'm just saying I'm a little bit okay with it now that I kind of have a little bit more of a grasp on what this movie might be. Well, I just wish he would have made fucking room for her instead of, you know, you know, the, the aforementioned 20 fucking other people that are in this fucking movie. He's, uh, yeah, he's cast. It looks like he's got John Cena. In this movie, Taika Waititi's got a role in this film. Storm Reid from A Wrinkle in Time. Uh, Stephen uh, Algy. And, like I said, Peter Capaldi. Pete Davidson has also Yeah, one got, of my current favorite comedians. Oh, I fucking love Pete Davidson. Pete Davidson, he's one of... Yeah, yeah, Tristan, you know, you talk, you're talking about comedy and, like, you know, things that you shouldn't, you know, like com- comedians saying things that, like, upset people and stuff like that. Pete Davidson will make 9-11 jokes. His fucking father was a fireman. 11 yeah. His fucking father was a fireman that fucking died during 9-11. Fucking- yeah, I felt really bad for Pete Davidson this week. Um, that poster came out, I believe, on September 12th. I may be wrong, but right around there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we all know what Pete deals with every year on 9-11. Yeah. And his name was trending on Twitter because all these douchebag fans were flipping out because he was going to be in the Suicide Squad movie. And they had to make sure their voice was heard about how much they disliked him and how he was going to ruin the movie and oh. what a bunch of shit it was that he was going to be in it. Fuck and I was God. like, Jesus, fuck, man. Leave the, this poor fucking guy. Yeah. Ah. Uh. I think I think he's going to really be unleashed, though. Um, you're going to see what he's capable of once he's off of SNL, because I think, you know, he kind of holds back a bit because he has to maintain that SNL status. Oh, I think but he's a really talented guy. Dude, he's fucking. I agree. He, well, he's 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 done some things on SNL that I can't believe Lorne Michaels has let him gotten away with. So. He's in some other big movie coming up real soon too. I, I'm drawing a blank as to what it is. Oh, I can't. Rem- I watched him in a movie recently. I can't remember what it was. Oh, he was in that um, that movie with Taraji P Henson, right? Yeah. What um, what what what, uh, what women want? What women want? Oh, he was good in that. He yeah, he uh, he, yeah. uh, he played the um, he played the was he a closet he, gay he's guy? A closeted. Uh, yeah, the closeted gay guy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God, he was so good. He was so fucking yeah. hilarious in that. Um, mm-hmm. what have we got here? What do what have we got here? Oh, that's right. He, um, Judd Apatow is writing and directing a movie that's centered around Pete Davidson, scheduled to come out in 2020, called Staten Island. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Because fucking Pete Davidson hates Staten Island. Yeah, so he does. Yeah, Judd Apatow said he came up with the idea specifically for Pete Davidson, and that if Pete Davidson couldn't or wouldn't do it, he would just move on to another project. Yeah. Star Wars news. Let's move on to the, yeah, Pete Davidson. What I was I listening to him on Rogan or fucking? He, he's on Stern a lot. I listened to him on either Rogan or Marin, and 
I haven't listened to him on Stern. But yeah, he fucking... There's a part of him that hates Staten Island because of his childhood. It's a... It's a weird thing to listen to because, like, I know... You know, I'm a big fan of Impractical Jokers. I'm a big fan of, like, Tell Him Steve Dave, which is a podcast I listen to that stars Brian Quinn, who's one of the Impractical Jokers, and he's from Staten Island, and he loves Staten Island. So, and Brian Quinn, ironically, was a firefighter at one time. So, but, um, Star Wars news. I got a lot of Star Wars news that I want to talk about this week. Bill Burr was talking about his role in The Mandalorian. This is confirmed. This is a rumor for a long time. Mm. But uh, Bill Burr is 100% going to be a part of The Mandalorian. He was on a podcast recently. And it was on episode 143 of the H3 podcast. And at the 12 minute 25 second mark he talked about uh the uh some of the aspects of the show and the cast and the technology behind the upcoming show um he said that he met uh john favreau through his relationship with vince vaughn vince vaughn is a producer on bill burr's animated show f is for family and bill burr was not ready to take on a role on this show because he's not a huge Star Wars fan, but his wife convinced him to take the part. He really didn't get into his character at all. His character is uh, going to be an action figure, though. They scanned him as reference for the action figure. So, yeah, Bill Burr, we talked about his fucking amazing Netflix special earlier. Uh, it's confirmed yeah. he's going to be in uh, The Mandalorian. Jake, November 12th, dude, we're going to be talking about the first Star Wars fucking live-action TV series ever. Yeah, that's wild. Um, that'll be a fun episode. Cannot fucking wait, dude. I cannot fucking... Guys... Rise of Skywalker news. Do you want me to get into some fucking uh, spoilers for the Rise of Skywalker? Yeah, I, I'm actually I've been pretty on the pulse of these Rise of the Skywalker spoilers the last few weeks. I've had like I've had people reach out to me recently saying, Brian, do you have do you have spoilers for the Rise of Skywalker? And I've been happy to offer these up because uh, of course I. Have spoilers for the rise of Skywalker. Um, I've got some news here from Inverse, and uh, Inverse, uh, not so much a spoiler, but they're saying that the uh, the third Rise of Skywalker trailer is the most violent that we've ever seen from any of the entire sequels trilogy, and uh, they're whole point in saying this is that it's the uh, the BBFC's main purpose, the British Board of Film Classification, says that this is the most violent trailer that we're ever going to see. And their main purpose is to quantify the perceived maturity level of film content. More plainly, they're sort of like the British version of the MPAA that rates movies in the U.S. as rated R or PG-13 or pg by the BBFC's own standards, every single trailer previously released for The Rise of Skywalker, along with every trailer for The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi, was rated PG. This upcoming trailer, which is being called Trailer C, 
is rated 12A. Based on what we can expect from Star Wars, this is probably for violence, dangerous behavior, or threat and horror. There's no way for us to know what's in the trailer, but somebody over at the BBFC certainly thinks it's the most gnarly Star Wars trailer they've ever seen in a long time. We do know that it runs two minutes and 16 seconds. It's the longest trailer yet for The Rise of Skywalker, longer than the longest Force Awakens trailer, but shorter than the longest Last Jedi trailer. So, yeah, it's apparently this third trailer that we're going to get for The Rise of Skywalker is going to be pretty violent as far as Star Wars is concerned. Yeah, well, I mean, it was uh, what Leia's theme on the first trailer was a little you know, lacking in action and violence. So I could see them really taking it home with this one. Ramp it up. Um, yeah. If we have to look at previous releases of the final trailer, I think the other one, last Jedi and force awakens came out around what October. Yeah. Yeah. Or so. So yeah, that's, that's about right. Yeah. So I think it's Monday night football. We're going to see it. Uh, so is someone going to finally lose an appendage in, in this Star Wars trilogy? Wait, Ankar uh, Plot did, right? Oh, no, he didn't oh, do it on screen. Not yeah, on yeah, screen. Yeah, this didn't happen on screen. We've had yeah. no appendage loss in this trilogy. Are you sure? Oh, I mean, not that I can think of. Gotta, not coming, I mean, I can name one from all the other six movies. Oh, my God. I got to go back and watch them now. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah, there's um, nothing in The Last Jedi, so, yeah. A piece of merchandise for The Rise of Skywalker leaked on Reddit. Uh, I saw this on the Star Wars Leaks subreddit. This is from uh, user, uh, uh, the Redditor, Brus25, B-R-U-S-25. And it's a Sith Trooper shirt. And it refers to Kylo Ren's army that we've heard about. Kylo Ren's army in The Rise of Skywalker, and it's called the 105th Battalion. So think about that, and think about the fact that Vader's... Think about Vader's 501st. It's just backwards. So Vader's 501st Legion and Kylo Ren's 105th Battalion. Hmm. Just wanted to no, that's, throw, that's a neat little Easter egg. I, yeah, just wanted to throw that out there. Um, making Star Wars, yeah, but the T-shirt's pretty fucking cool. So, makingstarwars.net has had a ton of Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker rumors over the past couple of weeks. I wanted to get into them. There's a rumor about reshoots and some spoilers about a confrontation with a monster. And raise these are spoilers possibly for the Rise of Skywalker people. So if you're sensitive to spoilers, I don't know. Just uh, yeah. Hey, it's the end of PCL. Have a good night. Have a good night. Get the fuck out of here. Uh, there's a confrontation about with a new with a monster and raise new powers in Episode uh, Nine. These rumors come from sources that are newer, but have been proven in the realm of possible. By the D23 special look. Further secret reshoots have been happening for a few weeks. George Lucas has always been a consultant on the film, so the rumors it has to do with 
the production being in trouble doesn't ring accurate. The source says Ray and crew do get attacked by a sandworm alien, which reveals an inexplicable new superpower Ray possesses, the power to heal or even rejuvenate life. The heroes battle the creature and almost kill the worm, and then she uses her powers to repair or heal or even bring it back to life. Jake, 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 does it sound like Ray is the fucking offspring of Palpatine, the same guy who's talking about bringing shit back to life, dude? What the fuck? Yeah, how fucking jealous is fucking undead Anakin Skywalker going to be? Oh my god, Jake, when I read <laughs> when I read more rumors from this and how m- much more she compares to Palpatine, it drives my brain crazy. Um, Real quick before you go on, just to talk about the reshoots for one second. I, you know, people are freaking out about that shit like they always do, but it's pretty well known that J.J. Abrams has done late reshoots for every fucking movie he's ever made. I'm not worried about reshoots. Oh, I know you're not. But, I mean, this is this is J.J. Abrams. I mean, he does this every single time. Yeah. I don't think this is by any means any indication of yeah. problems or, you know, Disney interference. I mean, this is the same thing happened with Force Awakens. Same thing happened for fucking Super 8, for fuck's sake. Like, this is J.J. Abrams. Oh, Super 8 was so good. Super 8 was so fucking God, good. God, it was so good. Yeah. Um. Ray. Sorry to make you lose your train no, of thought. I just fine. The, the reshoot fucking complaining people really grind my teeth, man. No, it's it's here's the thing. Well, reshoots are pretty standard now. I mean, it's yeah. like I people, know. I mean, every most films now just kind of you leave don't room for reshoots. You don't know what you have. Like you can film whatever you have. You don't know what you have until you edit to edit it together, and then yeah. when you watch it, you're just like, listen. Here's the thing. Scorsese and Quentin Tarantino are two of the worst at this because like, honestly, Scorsese has come out and said like, I don't think I would ever put out a movie. I don't think I've ever would have put out a movie unless the studio forced me to. It's like, because he is such a perfectionist. Yeah, they'll reshoot and re-edit until the fucking deadline. Yes, exactly. And you're absolutely right, Brian. You don't know what you have until you sit down and yeah. watch and edit and a lot of times what you discover is that you just need these scenes that connect point A to point B. It, right. It's almost you don't realize what you're missing until you see a final Exactly. Edit. Exactly. Yeah, and what you read on the script in the script in the paper, you know, is always going to be a little different than what you actually Not realize. all of us can satisfy our lover on the first go around like Big Dong J. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. Some He's of never us have to reshoot. Exactly. Some of us are like, "Oh my god, I just can't go in with my big dong. Sometimes I gotta fuck it. Maybe I gotta go down on her for a little bit. You know what I mean? I gotta go down on her for a little bit. You know, flick the bean with my tongue, do my thing, you know, and then fucking, and then go in for the kill with my big dong J. 
That's what you know. Not all of us. Not all of us have a big fucking huge penis and a fucking juvenile fucking iTunes screen name to fucking sit back on. You know what I mean? You no, fucking, no. you fucking thirteen year old piece of shit. Fuck you, motherfucker, and your fucking juvenile ass motherfucking screen name on iTunes. You motherfucker, call me the fuck out. How the fuck? I would never fucking have my fucking fucking iTunes name be Big Dong. Bry, big dong bry, grow the fuck up, you fuck, <laughs> fuck you, you motherfucker. Anyway, uh, I just checked, and that Twitter handle is available. All right, uh, but uh, let's move on here. So, yeah, reshoots. I don't understand. Like, you don't really understand until, like what you have until you kind of like watch it, and that's kind of like just with anybody. I, I would say, like, even like a. Uh, uh, an author writing a book, like at the end of it, they're like, "Oh my god, I could go back and I could add this or or take this out and make this better." Or it could be something as simple as an actor improvising a scene, and you're like, "Okay, right. that gives me an idea. I need to go back and do something else in the beginning." I mean, it's, it's yeah, it can be all kinds of stuff, so or maybe many. a visual effect does not come out the way that you wanted it to, and so or, you know, it, it can be all kinds are, of yeah. things. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, we'll do we'll do this podcast for six hours, and then twenty minutes after we'll, we wrap, we we're like, oh, how did we forget to talk about whatever? It's the fuck, true. You know? It's true. There's so many times where I'm like, I can't believe that I forgot to to mention that. There's been so many things that I forgot last, to mention. On last episode. time I was on the show with you guys and Neil, we went through the whole episode, and then I was thinking, oh shit, we didn't even talk about the last episode of Game of Thrones. Yeah. <laughs> oh my. The God. week before that. How did you feel? Like we had like episode. Three 300, which I hope was, I hope you had a great time on, Tristan. I really yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. Um, Tristan, uh, fucking Johannes was just like, what a combo. Tristan and Neil, he loved that combo. And like, it, it, it did work. Like, I, Jake, I don't know about you. Like, I love, like, bringing, like, all these different voices together on, like, an episode and seeing, like, what we get out of these episode it's i've i've enjoyed this over the past six and a half we're going on seven fucking years here shortly dude it's crazy yeah, yeah crazy. it is crazy we've been around longer than disney star wars movies <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That's yeah. true um more spoilers here possibly from making star wars ray and kylo have a struggle over a ship and during that struggle ray uses lightning from her fingertips for the first time on accident and it destroys the ship. What else do we need <laughs> to make us think that she might be a manifestation, a child created from Palpatine? It's like a Jeff Foxworthy bit. You you, you might be an Emperor Spawn if... <laughs> <laughs> Lightning comes out your fingertips. Yeah, I mean, right. I think I think that's I think that's pretty spot on. I whether it happens the way that you described, Brian, I I'm pretty certain we're going to see some force lightning coming out of her fingers. And you know what? There's actually I think it was John Boyega. He uh, posted a photo of his hands burnt up. Really? I think it's on his Instagram. Yeah, they were singed, and and he posted a photo of this, and he said that JJ gave him permission to post it, and people are freaking out about that. Um, so yeah, there's going to be some force lightning coming from somewhere. Oh my god. 
Oh my god. There's the thing. It's like, ha- have you heard the rumors of Poe, po- uh, excuse me, Finn possibly being force sensitive? Like, we've heard about it for years. I think that that's where JJ was going with it. Um, because there's a scene in The Force Awakens where I think all the, the Hosnian system gets destroyed and they, they pan to Finn and he kind of senses it. And I always thought that meant something. And just the whole mystery behind it, you know, the fact that he just was the stormtrooper that got enlightened and wanted to leave and found Ray. When, know, yeah. Yeah. When did that ever happen before? Like, when did we ever hear the story about, like, well, well, I know, well, like, the, the, the so, whole thing, the whole theme of episode seven is the force awakening. There's a, a yeah, awakening yeah. in the force. And all of a sudden, the stormtrooper just wakes up and, wants to fight against the uh yeah, first order. I, I guess so, we could say like yeah. we we did see some of the old clone troopers detract, you know what I mean, defect, yeah. defect. Oh yeah, like fucking General Rex and shit. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. If we want to get technical. Yeah. Yeah, it happens and I think in the Mandalorian there's some detractors too or, or no, we saw it in Well, World and War. the the Force right. Awakens novel kind of painted like the hiring process is not the best too. Like you were going to get people questioning the tactics just based on the newer hiring process, kind of, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Did you ever? I didn't read the the Last Jedi novel. I, no, I never did I've either. I, yeah. To it. Yeah. I've got it on Audible. I just haven't got around to it. I haven't read it. Either. Um, here's this is check this out. Here's here's a spoiler for the end of the film from making Star Wars. The end of the film has Ray at the Lars homestead. Whoa! What the fuck was that? This, uh... Did you just ignite a lightsaber? <laughs> was that on my end? I yeah, think I'm so. Sure, I was on mute. It had to be. I have them. Um, there are I, there are cars I can hear outside. I heard something pop like a backfire. Yeah. Or I thought you were watching uh, uh, Days of Thunder. <laughs> with Michael Rooker and Tom Cruise. You hear that, Rebecca? <laughs> anyway, uh, the end of... Uh, Jake, I miss Rebecca on this episode. She's fantastic, isn't she? Oh, yeah, Rebecca's great. She's so good. Oh, yeah. The end of the film has Ray at the Lars homestead where Luke Skywalker grew up. Hold on. I'm going to continue with this. Did you guys hear what I just fucking said? Yeah, yeah, and to me that falls in line with stuff we've heard from J.J., how this is going to be not just a closer to the new trilogy, but a closer to all nine movies. So this makes sense to me. The end of the film has Ray at the Lars homestead where Luke Skywalker grew up. A local sees Ray and comments, they haven't seen anyone near this place in a long time. And the local woman asks Ray's name, to which she answers, Ray. Ray Skywalker. Discuss. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't know if I buy that part of it all yet. It's plausible. I mean, I, I don't know how she would be related to them, but I feel there's more of a Palpatine relationship than I Luke. do too. I do too. I, I, I yeah, feel this- like if in the comics, Palpatine. You know, it's been revealed that Palpatine was the one that impregnated Shmi. With with Vader, I've always felt like palp. There's this. I feel like there's this Palpatine connection with with Ray. Yeah, I agree. And the stuff I've read, like the making Star Wars spoilers I've read, have 
said that this new movie doesn't contradict who Ray's parents are or were, but more adds to the lore of what happened to them Hmm. and why Ray ends up on Jakku. It it still claims that her parents were, were low lives. It's just, there's this other element that was added to the whole story that they were like potentially trying to hide her and were murdered and, I agree. I'm sure you've read the same stuff. I have read the exact same stuff and I 100% agree. Like I, you know, I know Jason reports like what he hears and blah, blah, blah. But like at the end of the day, like I know Jason and the guys over at making star wars.net believe that there's a connection between Palpatine and Ray. Yeah. And those guys don't report, they don't report any nonsense. I, one thing I really love about Ward and making star wars is it, there has to be at least a shred of belief that this is possibly true before they'll even report on it. Sure. I know he holds sure. back a lot of he stuff does. that he doesn't he report does. on. He totally does. You'll hear about that all the time. Like, oh, we heard about this months ago, but we didn't say anything because of this, that, and that. Uh, I, yeah, 100%. 100%. So, and I, I, that made me smile when I heard Ward bring that up because one one thing i was scared about and i know a lot of other people were scared about was that we were going to walk back all this last jedi stuff and the more i'm hearing the more it sounds like that we're not necessarily walking it back but kind of adding layers to it and i actually like and prefer that method third fucking trailer you guys ready yeah, I'm super excited. Ready for it. Yeah. I, I, that, that second trailer, I hate it when trailers do the nostalgia thing. It wasn't even a trailer, right? It was a it was special a, a look fe- or some bullshit. Featurette, like that. maybe? Yeah, it had a name. It was like D23 oh, yeah. special look oh, or some special, shit. A special look or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like the first half of it is like nothing but shit you've already seen. I and know. I, yeah. I hate that shit. You don't need to fucking show me anything to get me no, they were just, nostalgic they, motherfucker. They were, getting the, they, they were getting the people at D23 all like hot and horny, right? Yeah, I just don't, I don't even get it. Like we are hot and horny. You do not need to fucking get me wet with episode four scenes anymore. <laughs> like we're there. Just <laughs> stick it in. Yeah. No foreplay. They just come at us with your big dung. Yeah, give me your big dong, Jay. Jesus yeah, it's been, Christ. It's been like five years of foreplay. We don't need it anymore, right? Like that shit played for episode seven, and I understood why they would do it there. Yeah. But it feels out of place here for episode nine. I guess it goes back to more of the JJ is wrapping up the Dude, whole series and not just these two movies. You could not be more right. It felt weird when I was like, when I first clicked on it to watch it, I was like, oh, God. Why am I watching this shit? I've seen this shit so many fucking times. Like, why am I watching this shit? Just get to the new stuff, all right? Yeah, it was was detracting from the new stuff. Like, I just, like, I love the art of trailer cutting. And it was already, like, a blown project when they do, like, half of it of that shit. Speaking of blown projects, Big Dong Jay. Am I right? <laughs> I thought we were going to talk about the Deuce again. <laughs> the Deuce. Oh, what a great show! What a f- David Simon, you're killing it on the third season. Just, just finish strong, like Big Dumb Jay. You know, I wanted to thank Tristan. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode. Have you had fun? Is it fun? Had fun, yeah. Is it as fun? Al- Is it really fun? Yeah. Is it? It's fun. It's, it's so, fun. It's fun connecting with you guys. Trust one, me. It is. One of the things that I always worry about, Jake, is uh, is is at the end of the day, if 
if not our entire like listenership has had a good time, it's the fact that just the one person that's joined us, if they've had a good time on the episode. I always worry about that because I feel like Tristan has taken hours out of his schedule, like hours out of his life, and he's put it into this show. And I'm like, oh, my God, has this been an experience that he's enjoyed? Or has this just been like, has this <laughs> been a torturous moment for him? Has this been like spending, you know, uh, minutes with Big Dong Jay? In his, <laughs> you know, I mean. Oh, yeah, you're right. I mean, yeah. almost 48 hours after every episode, you know, we, we have the conversation where you're like, do you think fill in the blank hates us now after that know. episode? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I always, I always hope that, uh, that, uh, that you have, that you have fun. Cause like, that's, I want people to have, you know, like, I don't give a fuck. Honestly, I don't give a fuck. If, like, if people listening right now didn't have a good time, it's like, whatever, whatever. I don't give a shit. Whatever. Unsubscribe. I, I, I assume anyone coming back, what is this, your third or fourth episode now? Tristan? Or do you know? You yeah. Count? It's, um, okay. It's yeah, up it's there. The, aside from 200 and 300, it's my fourth. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, at this point, you know he's having a good time. Who's going to, unless you're like a self-masochist. Dude, I don't know. Dude, I don't know. It's like, seriously, like a lot of marriages start off great, right? And then it's like, it's like all of a sudden, like you find out years later, it's like, I felt like this for a long time. Shit hasn't been working out. I felt like this. You just didn't notice. There, the signs were there. <laughs> and the signs might be there tonight with Tristan. And and we're not picking them up, Jake. It's because you're getting lax. You're getting relaxed in this relationship with Tristan. And you're just thinking like, oh, we got this shit on fucking lock, dude. And then cruise all, control. Dude, exactly. We're not on <laughs> cruise control no, trust with Tristan. You, Brian, I would, I would say no if I didn't want to be here. All right. Thank you, Me Too movement. Anyway, you know, like. <laughs> no means no. <laughs> Sorry, Tristan, you still have to be on the episode. <laughs> what, what, what I'm, but I, you know, so I don't know, Jake. He could be lying to us right now. Like, yeah, I had a good time. There's no fucking way he's lying. If he's lying, then I, I want this guy to teach me how to play poker better. <laughs> I, I, you know what? I don't give a fuck if Tristan's lying or not. I, Tristan, I always like having you on the episode. How's that sound? Oh, yeah, I love being here too. So awesome, feelings mutual. So we will. There you have, go. You, this is not the last that you're going to hear of Tristan Brown. He's fucking fantastic. We're going to have you back on. Maybe we'll have like a fucking. We'll do like a whole like Tristan and Neil thing where we have you. Hey, I, I, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I I don't get to talk to the other uh, uh, guest hosts yeah. too often. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I would I would love to connect with the other how, guys. How was your 300 experience? Like, how was that? Was that was that fun? Oh, it was so much fun, yeah. Yeah. Just it's cool, man. I don't know. It's something about the whole, you know, group of six, seven, eight people Dude. kind of shooting the shit that there's I'll made it a little different. That's what C two E two is like. Parties. That's what that's what C two E two is like. it's not it's not like I'm I'm it's not like you know, you ever watch like what's like those old fucking like TV shows where you see like the old operator and she's got like that fucking cable and she plugs it into that hole and then then she's able to connect this call to that call like the old operators back in the day. Um, C2E2 were all there in person. 
and we can all talk to each other and all hang out and be people. And like, that's the thing. It's like, we got people like Big Dong J that think I'm a huge asshole. But I guarantee you, like, if Big Dong J was sitting with me at C2E2 and we're hanging out, it's going to be hard for Big Dong J to think I'm a huge fucking cock because, like, we're all having a great time at C2E2. We're all having fun. And, you know, it's like, yeah, I I play kind of like this guy on here. And, yeah, it's a part of me. That's there's the, the It's definitely a part of me. But there's also this part of me that really gets a kick out of hanging out with, like, new people and getting to know new people and and meeting you. And that's the thing about C2E2, Jake, is, like, there's no – there's no, we don't have to worry about a Skype connection. We don't have to worry about this, dude. It's like I can turn to my left, and there's fucking Rebecca. I can turn to my right, and there's Brooke Doherty. I can drop my fucking <laughs> glass on the ground. Jesus. Oh, that was you? That was fucking me, dude. I'm glad that that's I thought ep- Big Dong J just unzipped his pants. <laughs> he just turned to the left a little bit. He, he sneezed. And then <laughs> he sneezed. He, no, exactly. Big Dong J. Jesus Christ. Dude. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, that's, that's the magic of C2E2 is like, we can all just kind of fucking, uh, talk to each other we're all there and like some of the dude those fucking like the pictures of the leftover army like when like we're all together and like it's it's incredible jake the jake i'm not gonna lie i can't sit here and fucking lie and tell you that that that's not jake that what that what this podcast has done is not fucking cool. That's fucking cool, dude. That there's yeah, fucking, I agree. There's like, there are people that, that, and I didn't say this on 300, but like, there's people that never would have known each other, that never would have met, that never would have been friends had it not been for us doing this fucking stupid shit every week that we fucking do. So, like, you know, it doesn't matter what happens. From like now until whenever, there are friendships that are formed that, that, you know, we had a hand in. You know what I mean? It's cool. It's cool. Yeah, it's fucking awesome. And there's memory every time we go to CTV2, there's memories I'll never lose. Like, it's, yes. there's always yeah. some wild stories and some wild fun. And absolutely, you should definitely be part of that one year. Definitely be part of it. And have a good time. You know what, Jake? Let's, we're going to wrap this up. I want to thank Tristan. Tristan, thank you so much. I'm glad that you joined us on 300. And I was thrilled to have you on the uh, post-episode 300, 301. We're in the 300s, Jake. We're in the 300s, man. That's yeah, it's crazy. Thing. All right. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was a great time. Oh, we're going to have you back. We'll have you back yeah. as long as you I'm, come back. I know. Yeah. Just like all good leftovers say in the doggy bags, thank you for your patronage. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. See ya. Peace out, everybody. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a T-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that.
already like seven million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat but it's all been done before we don't want to be a copycat we're the leftovers picking up the scraps dropped by the cool kids it, it, it's a trap